Hello fellow homebrewers, JP here, and I want to introduce to you the brand new Brewbuilt X1 Conical Series available at More Beer. More Beer sells the highest standard in homebrewing equipment, and the Brewbuilt Conicals are just that. They're made from mere polished 304 stainless steel, and they come with loads of features that you and I have been looking for. They have a full 2-inch bottom dump valve, which will eliminate your clogging issues, while the sturdy base includes four reinforced legs, just like those big pro tanks do. More Beer also carries the Brewbuilt line of options and add-ons like casters, pressure kits, and even external glycol chillers. So you can find out more about the new Brewbuilt X1 Conical Unitanks by going over to morebeer.com for detailed videos on the entire line of Brewbuilt Conicals. You can trust Brewbuilt with your next fermentation, and you can trust More Beer to find the right conical for you. Brewbuilt at morebeer.com. Today's Sunday session is proudly brought to you by More Beer at www.morebeer.com. I poured it in my mouth and it just wasn't going down. My first beer was an IPA, the best IPA I've ever drank. Mostly because I brewed it. If you have a scale that is good for measuring cocaine, you're probably good for measuring hops on cocaine. You're scaring me. <laughs> I think the information is awesome and the audio sucks. Make some sugary water, throw some yeast in there. And you're going to drink good beer. Yeah, and it's, it's going to be good. Beer. It's fine. <laughs> have a show for you. <laughs> we do have a show. There's nobody yeah. here, though. No. That's well, we didn't say it was going to be a good show. Yeah. <laughs> no, it'll be a, a great show. show. Watch this. This is the best show we've ever done. With nobody here. Just a streamlined skeleton crew. It's a three-man show. It's almost like a... Morning radio! <laughs> I was thinking lunch meet. Oh. It's, we just, it's me and you and, and some idiot guest that shows up. <laughs> That's you, Moss. Oh, thank yeah. you. Well, yeah. Hey, Virtual Tasty is here. Oh, yes. Even if the actual man isn't. Perfect. That's all anybody anybody needs anyway. Yeah, that's true. Well, virtual tasty. Yeah. You know, what hit us was, uh, I bet you that that we could do almost the exact same show with virtual tasty. Yeah. And people, if I hadn't mentioned that he's not actually here. No one would know. Yeah. I mean, because he doesn't, until it gets to like, I direct a specific brewing question to him anyway. Not a peep, you know, just an occasional. James Brown. That's yeah. it. That's all you need to do. Well, a- actually, this is the most he's ever said on any one show. <laughs> I think this is the most, without answering a straight brewing question. So, this is better. At least in the first segment, that's true. <laughs> yeah, or the second. Yeah. So, yeah. what happened to the show is the Lagunitas Beer Circus is what happened. 
well, you know, McDole's no longer a home brewer. He's a commercial brewer now. <laughs> so you got to get all the free beer you can. Well, but it's not just uh, tasty. Actually, several no. things happen to the staff. Uh, Beaver uh, is in uh, North Carolina or something. North Carolina. Uh, her, her and Sam are... Uh, is that the uh, street name for North Carolina? I think so. Or you it? just made that up? I think it's North Cackalacka. Is it? I think. That's what they say in the hip-hop songs? <laughs> in in those songs that they rhyme together. <laughs> Uh, so Bebo's out, and Susie's in, but it, it, I'm not sure about this, but if I know Susie, she was also at the Lagunitas Beer Circus. Um, I've never been to that, by the way, because I'm an idiot, and every year I book a Sunday show. Uh, with the like, you know, no. it's not just that I'm an idiot. That's part of it. Uh, it's it's also that Lagunitas is kind of like us, and that is that they book everything last minute. I think, and so I don't when I do the schedule at the beginning of the year, and I look at what events are coming up. I, yeah. I I learned that about a year ago to go ahead and look at the events and plan our you know Monday shows around that too. And anyway, I always miss the beer circus, and I've never been either. It I looks actually, like a lot of fun. It looks like my kind of event. Yeah, uh, you know. I didn't even know it was going to be uh, around until yesterday. As a matter of fact, I overheard two people talking about. It. I was like, oh, it's, I, that would be cool to go to. I suppose. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Tasty always goes, and I'm pretty sure that that's where Susie went to. Because now Susie says she's coming in, but but she's late, and I haven't heard from Tasty. He told me last week he's going, but that he'll he'll be here to report on the. Uh, oh. uh which pretty much just sounds like you know. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Oh, the girl were girls, and I got a lot of hugs, and I have and to go. Yeah. I got a lot of beer, and I gave out cookies. That's my story about beer circus. And I have to go. So, did you have a good time, Tasty? Yeah. And I mean, was. There had to be some some good beer, right? Yeah. Great. Is there anything else you could tell us about uh, your experience there? You're going to Jazz Brown, right? And that's it. And that's yeah. how it goes with our Lagunitas Circus uh, report every year. Right. Yeah. <laughs> but that's his chance to be an on-site reporter. Uh, right. To give us the word on the street. I just like how he tells me, you know, I, I'm going to the circus, yeah. but it's so that I can report on, the, course, uh, you know, right. on the show. And, like, and oh, you get to right. meet me. <laughs> Right. So, I'm hoping he shows up because I still want his annual report. Right. Even though we just did the same content, I still want it. You know, there's something about it. It's endearing to me when Tasty attempts to be an on-the-street reporter. Right. Yeah. Right. So, we'll see what happens. Uh, If nothing else, uh, Susie at least did contact me and say that that she'll be here. Doc uh, is sick. Uh, throwing up all day. Oh man! He blames bad Mexican food. He would, and uh, and there you have it. Nathan is in Hawaii, which isn't really all that metal if you think about it. Hawaii is not a metal place to be. <laughs> yeah, Doc Martens and sand don't mix. <laughs> right. Neither do pale skin and sand. Exactly. Uh, I think it was one of the uh, either the Maui Beer Fest or the Kona Beer Fest. I forget which one. I think the Maui, mm. uh, and I think Nicole was going to it. And so Nathan tagged along. You know? I would too. Yeah. yeah, he's probably golfing, <laughs> surfing. <laughs> See Nate surfing in his Doc Martens and board shorts. Yes, yes, I can. As a matter of fact, a long sleeve bad religion shirt. Yeah, if he falls, if he falls, he sinks. He's drowning. <laughs> he just, he's right so, to the bottom. Oh, uh, he's probably real red right now. Been there for a couple of days. He's probably really red. So, despite all that, it's no big deal. We got a fantastic show planned for you. Weasel Boy Brewing Company from Zanesville, Ohio is coming in the studio. We're going to talk to uh, owner couple Jay and Lori Wentz. And uh, 
Weasel Boy's been around for a little while. They were the first uh, brewery since Prohibition in Zanesville, Ohio, and they've got a really interesting story. I'm going to talk to them. Uh, apparently, now he's got a, a great homebrew background, and in particular, uh, he's damn good at building recipes. We're going to learn about a beer that he, it was his first recipe, I think, that he made. And it turns out it's won several medals, and it's won medals at GABF, and it's still one of his uh, most award-winning beers. And it's a, his first recipe that he made as a homebrewer. So we're going to talk to him about recipe building, which I have to say I'm I'm interested in again. Really? Homebrewing? The recipe building part of it. And, uh. I'll, and I'll tell you what, you know, I got interested in it. I was interested in it like every other new homebrewer mm-hmm. when I started brewing because you, you see all these ingredients and you, you go, oh, I, I want to put that in. I put, and, you know, you put a hundred things into a pale ale. <laughs> yeah. And I did that. And when I made several shitty beers that way, I got real hooked on, on recipes. And I'm still a big fan of recipes because I'm of the Jamil school of thought, which is that your process and particularly your fermentation is the real uh, part of, of, of ending up with good beer. Right. And that any monkey can, can make good recipes. That being said, I must be less than a monkey because I don't feel like I can make a good recipe. I don't feel like I can sit down right now, and I and I know a bit about ingredients. I, I know about the ones I like in beers. I, I know about different hops. I, I do talk about the ingredients in beers quite a bit when I'm sitting down and, and tasting beers mm-hmm. with guys like Tasty and, and Jamil and things like that. But I still don't think I know the fundamentals of building a good recipe. So I still, I'll go to, I'll go to Brewing Classic Styles every time, you know. Well, I think, I mean, first, I think the, the term good is very, very subjective, you know well, what's good to you is what is maybe not be maybe be not. No, maybe, that's not true. What's good to me is good. Maybe not be good to me. That's good, not true. Right? No. I mean, if that's true, then right. you don't know what good is. <laughs> <laughs> Either you do or you don't. Yeah. No, I, I see. Yeah. You, and but, you're right. But and, but I I think yeah, any monkey can make a a recipe. Yeah. But not a good recipe. It is hard to make a good recipe. I mean, you know, you 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 you. you Say Jamil's name. He worked really hard and brewed every week, right, to make good recipes. Yeah. So it it is. So give yourself a little more credit than that to, well, to want to dive into that and try again because it takes time, man. I but I, like everything else, I just want the I want the shortcut, and so right, I'm hoping is, that just brew evil twin clones <laughs> all the time. It's fine. Right. You'll be good. Well, and that's what It'll I mean. Teach you a lot. For example, you know, I, I'm I'm going to be brewing again here pretty soon because I'm I'm really enjoying it, and I got. The equipment all set up, and I'm just I'm kind of yeah. ready to go. But I will go right back to brewing classic styles or another friend that I trust recipe, and and just brew that because I'm not ready to do any recipe building. What, what about when you cook? Do you improvise when you cook, or you no. follow the recipes? No, I follow recipes for that too. I'm that kind of I I'm very good at following directions. <laughs> I would I would tell you to next time you brew, just you've done enough friend recipes. Yeah, try one on your own. Um, just do it. Just a pale Not ale. next time. I would. And the only reason I'll tell you why not next time, I still haven't figured out the stupid efficiency problems I'm having let's, with, with let's my thing. Br- let's brew but. together next time. Or at least tell me when you're going to start, like, sparging. Right. And then I'll, I want to I see your process, because I can solve it for you. I know I can. It's but, very, very simple. But I really like my brew days right now. Oh. But maybe not for the whole one. I'll leave. <laughs> Once you start adding yeah. hops, I'm like, yeah, I got a thing, thing, and then you'll be like, yeah, you got a, a thing, and, and we'll part ways. Well, I, I would like that, at, but I'm not sure I, I'm going to take on your challenge to, to do my own recipe just yet. I might get another few batches under my belt here, and then, but... You're afraid. But this show is a good preface for that, because we're going to talk about recipe building with Jay. 
uh, I think he's a good guy for me to get some information from. And you too, triple eight four zero one beer. If you want to phone in later when he comes in and uh, or when he's on the on the phone, of course. Um, and we'll talk recipe building with him and some of their award winning beers too. And I'm telling you, the guy's got an interesting story. The other thing we got going on for you tonight is we're going to be giving away Firestone Walker Invitational Beer Fest tickets. We're inviting you to an invitational. I got a pair of tickets to give away, just like last year. The Brewing Network will be there. We're going to be doing our thing, interviewing. This festival is just something else. And last year was its first festival, which makes this one, I don't know if you knew this, its second annual. (laughs) That's how that works. You think so? Yeah. Uh, so it's the second annual Firestone Walker Invitational Brewfest, and it's called that because Matt Brennelson, the brewmaster, specifically invites the brewers he wants to be there. Now, you might say, well, every festival has that, but Matt has rules. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so the rules are, for one, Matt's such a friendly guy and such a knowledgeable guy and such an award-winning guy in the industry that every he's friends with just tons of brewers, and so they all want to be at his festival. But they're all not allowed at his festival. And he picks out the best ones for the year, and he invites them. But you have to show up as a brewer if you want to pour your beer. So last year, uh, we had McKellar from... uh, McKellar. Some other stupid country. I don't know. Uh, Denmark Denmark. or Norway or Sweden or something like that. Denmark. He's Denmark. McKell is his name. Yep. And... Ted McKell. In order for him to pour at the fest, <laughs> he had to come out here and attend the fest. And he did, yeah. and we got to interview him. Yeah. And so that's kind of Matt's deal. If if you're invited and you can't make it, well, you're off the list, buddy. And he moves on to the next person on the list. So you get to meet all these wonderful brewers. The other rule is you got to bring something rare. you got to bring the goods. I mean, Dark Lord was poured last year. Yeah. Now, that's something that is pretty rare and people stand in line for. You're not right. going to see that at a beer festival. You no. see it at the Firestone Fest. And you can stand in line for it if you want. I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised to find out uh, Pliny, what's it called? Pliny the Midget or something? What's the one that's real rare? It's it's Pliny the Dying is what it is, I think. <laughs> From Russian River, yeah. that one that everyone wants. Yeah. Uh, he should have one called Pliny the Midget, I think. <laughs> Pliny the Baby. <laughs> Pliny the Baby. That's the next in the, uh, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then, and then finally, he can finish the series, like you said, with Pliny the Dead, <laughs> Pliny, Pliny the, the Infirmed, yeah, Pliny the, the Ghost. Yeah. Uh, anyhow, you're going to find a whole bunch of rare uh, beers there, and it's been sold out uh, for quite some time. We got two yeah. tickets for you. Here's the deal: later on, we're going to have Matt Brennelson on the telephone. You're going to call in triple eight four zero one beer. Not now. We'll tell you when. It's going to be right around the seven thirty slot. Ooh. And you're going to tell us what can we do to you at the festival to earn the tickets. No penetration, so don't get excited. Yeah, we're not going to violate yeah. you uh, sexually. <laughs> right. Maybe mentally. <laughs> but you might, you know, you might, you're going to have to think of some ideas. You're going to have to go out on a limb here. Yeah, you'll be uh, shamed. I mean, I don't know. Uh, let JP sign your forehead. Oh, yeah. uh, you know, shirtless hop, paint a hop grenade on your chest. Yeah. You got to earn these two tickets. They're the hottest tickets in California right now. They are. And we want to hear how you're going to earn them. Actually, come to think of it, that might work to your tremendous advantage if you had no shirt and some, you know, 
goldenpalace.com, like the boxers used to, just paint it on your body. You'll get way more attention for whatever it is you do to yourself than you right. would with some stupid brewery t-shirt. That's a good point. You're going to make, uh, you're going to get tickets and you might get more attention. You know it. If that's but your thing. But this is for my special, uh, club, brewery club that I'm part of my local brewery and it's $800 a month and it allows me access to <laughs> four pints of beer at their special tastings. So fuck you, Scott. Are you talking about a t-shirt? Yeah, it's my yeah. special t-shirt that no one else has unless you can spend money to wait in line for beers too, fuckers. <laughs> so, two tickets to win. Uh, the phrase that pays! <laughs> all you gotta do is tell us, <laughs> what can we do to you to earn your two tickets to the Firestone Walker Beer Festival? And hopefully, your respect. That's right. Yeah. Let's see. <laughs> And you hoped we were going to be, hey, just, okay, uh, just be calling number seven and g- give us the p- the phrase that pays and you get two tickets to the Firestone Walker Bill Fest. No, you got to let us humiliate you in some way. Caller 95,000, go ahead, please. <laughs> yeah, uh, that's the deal. Pay attention. Uh, if you don't want to listen to us between now and then, I don't care. That's fine by me. Sign up for Twitter. You're going to get a notice when we're taking phone calls and we got Matt B on. Yeah, follow us at Brewing Network. Um, also, you have to be able to go to the fest. It's June 1st in Paso Robles. Paso Robles. California. Yes, please. Good so call. So don't be you know, some douche from Vermont and then try to sell the tickets online because you're not going to make it. Like You have to, well, you have to be able to, to go. Yeah, the, you know... Part of our planning, us us making you do douchebaggery, I think, has, has eliminated some of this possibility. I'm not mailing you these tickets, okay? Right. You're going to show up, let us do the humiliating thing to you before you enter the gates, and then you get your tickets. So there's no need to participate in this game if you're going to take the two and scalp them, because yeah. you're not going to have any tickets. Or if you think you might be able to go... Because if you can't go, and then then the, the two you days before the event, two of our listeners yeah. out of a out of a out of an entry, yeah, insider, right? What? Uh, so you got to be able to go, and you got to tell us what we can do to you. Yes, please. That's coming up right around seven thirty tonight. A couple other announcements. Uh, More beer has its own contest going on. You can enter to win the. Uh, the short course, the Siebel Advanced Intense Homebrewing Course over at the Siebel Institute of Technology. It's taught by uh, guys like Ray Daniels and Chris White and Chris Graham. Uh, it's a whole stellar lineup of people giving you the intense, advanced uh, homebrewing course. I have a feeling they could even teach me how to brew uh, a pretty damn good beer. It's a great course. It's been going on for years, and you get a chance to win tickets. Just go over to morebeer.com right now. They're our show sponsor for this session and every session, and enter a product review. You can go to any product, uh, you know, preferably one that you've purchased and and are you know could actually speak knowledgeably about and uh, post a review and then you're entered for a chance to win uh, tickets to the Siebel homebrew class yeah don't I, don't mess around too much with reviews you know be, be honest and it, it's got to be a product of use right because there it's it makes a huge impact if if a product has bad reviews people are so much less likely to buy it it's this new front that no one you know saw coming but now oh, if yeah. you see the bad yelp review it's like 80 90 percent it can cut in your business it's insane yeah i i read reviews before i buy anything now. everyone does same with the restaurants and everything and and people will say well, those Yelp reviews, they don't count. People are, are just dicks, and, and they don't know what they're talking about. And and you're right to some degree. 
But once you know how to read the reviews, once you know how to do just take an average, you know which ones are just like, oh, I, I didn't get my water glass filled after three minutes. It, you just weed that stuff out. You can tell the good reviews. So I think you're right, Moscow. Go give a real review because yeah. uh, people pay attention to this stuff. Yeah, big time. And it, can, it really affects the bottom line of the people putting out those products and services. And if you write a bogus review and you know you're cutting into their business for no reason. It for no reason at all. Plus, they're trying to give you tickets to the Siebel. Uh, yeah. You know, also, yeah, don't blow smoke either, you know? Don't write a great review on something you haven't used either. Just use it, write a review. Yeah. Well, that would be real Chinese of you. I don't understand that. I understand it either, but some old guy said instead of Jewy, and I think it's funny, because it makes no sense to me. He just said it to you? Yeah, well, to some, I overheard a conversation about someone being cheap equated to being Chinese, <laughs> and I think it's such a, like, a non-sequitur. I mean, you could be saying, why are you being so Norse, dude? <laughs> Right. Or why are you being said so Uzbekistani? It makes no sense to me at all, so I like it now. Okay. Maybe it's real racist and I shouldn't. I'll just say Greek and then I can say, well, I am one, so it's fine. And then you're allowed to say anything once yeah. you say that. Yeah. All right, speaking of tickets, BNA 8 tickets are still available. It's yeah. our 8th anniversary party. We're doing it out in Philadelphia. You can go to the Brewing Network, philly.eventbrite.com right now and get your tickets. They're only 45 bucks, and you're going to get a little food out of that. They're doing hors d'oeuvres. You're going to get beer from 30 different breweries uh, in the Philadelphia and beyond uh, area. And you're good to meet me. Tasty will be there. Uh, we're also going to do uh, live music from the Trophy Fire, uh, the BN band is going to play yeah getting the band back together bro yeah jp's real happy about that i am excited about it that's one person in the band <laughs> that's happy that was a couple about the reunion yeah. uh get your tickets now come hang out with us it's wednesday june 26th uh, it kicks off the national homebrewers conference you don't have to attend the homebrewers conference if you're a listener in the philly area and you just want to come <laughs> party with us come do it uh, shuttles will go uh, to and from the conference hotel all night everything's taken care of it's probably going to be the uh most easygoing and uh, you'll feel the most taken care of of any anniversary party we've ever done yeah and it's at a great venue um which is called world cafe live and it's a basically a a music venue with a a mezzanine and a couple bars and there's going to be a vip dinner going on all sorts of good stuff go over to rad beer the brewing network philly.eventbrite.com yeah little scheduling update. Next week, we're doing our first ever, as if it wasn't complicated enough, uh, next week, we're doing our first ever Tuesday show. Yeah! They're going to be real happy about that. People are going to be stoked. The good news is there's now a show schedule on the homepage. It's at the bottom left. You go check it out, and and it's listed there as a Tuesday show. And here's why. It was the difference between no show and a Tuesday show. It's Memorial Day weekend, everybody. You got to go take the weekend off. You got to go do something. You got to go have fun with your friends and your family and barbecue something. Hell, get drunk. I don't know. Uh, but that's what we're going to do also. And uh, it was kind of a, a something where he looked at it and said, well, we don't want to not do a show. So what are y'all doing Tuesday? <laughs> I don't know. Fuck it. Let's do a show. So we're doing a show on, it's Tuesday. What is that, the 28th now or something? Who even knows? Um, I don't even think that's a real day. Let me look at it here. Make sure I know. Yeah, it's the 28th now. So it's Tuesday session. We're going to get mixed. People are going to be like, oh, that's perfect. I have Wednesday off. Good for you, two people. And then everyone else, Tuesday, first Monday, and now Thursday. Oh, God. Well, next thing you know, it'll go all the way back around, and we'll get back to Sunday eventually. That's true. Yeah, eventually. Susie, 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 Susie. Susie made it in. With uh, what uh, what are those drink the bobo drink or whatever? It's hot as balls outside. I need some balls in my mouth. Wow. What, is, what does that have to do with the drink? The drink has... 
The drinks have balls in it. Oh. What the hell are those things called? Tapioca balls? Or yeah. boba? Oh, boba. Thank you very much. I don't even know. Boba. Is it an Asian thing? Yeah, it's super Asian. Tapioca is disgusting. It's super Asian, just yeah. like Susie. Right. All right. Uh, what super else do we got? Asian. Hop grenade warheads. Those are our uh, double walled vacuum insulated something or other stainless steel uh, hop grenade growlers. They're available in the BN store. I I heard that a brewery somewhere tweeted that BN people can go get their warheads filled at their brewery. Oh, really? That's great. Yeah. You, uh, do you want to know the name? Sure. I, for, I forget. Let me... Is there is there like laws about that? Are you not allowed? There to... is, but maybe they have an approved label to stick on the vessel and because well, well, it's state by state. But yeah. These, so these guys are in, in Vermont. Grateful Hands Brewing. Uh huh. And they said you can fill our warhead. Yep. For twenty uh, percent off. Wow, wow. Look at that. It's pretty crazy. So a couple fills, and you've already paid off the warhead. Couple two tree. Couple of two tree. You can't afford not to get one. Yeah, they're awesome. They're really badass. How can you afford not to get one? <laughs> all right, shop on Amazon. It helps us out. Just click the Amazon link right on our homepage, then do all your shopping as normal. Uh, iPhone and Android apps. You want to listen on the go? Just search BN Mobile in your favorite uh, app store. Watch all this live on justin.tv slash brewing network. Subscribe and join the BN Army, uh, and it enters you for a chance to win $100. It's a gift certificate to our wonderful sponsor, More Beer. And we draw a name each month. The more you donate, the more chances you have to win. And um, it's a lot of money we give out. That's $1,200 yeah. a year that we give out uh, in Worth the uh, in product. Yeah. yeah. So uh, sign up and become a recurring donor. You know, the other thing you get out of that is you get first access to all of our uh, ticket sales and uh, new items. Uh, that email goes out uh, always a few days before the public email. So a good way to stay informed. All right. Uh, find out all this and more over on Twitter and Facebook. Yeah. Uh, Facebook. Yeah. So tired of Facebook. By the way, so when, did, <laughs> when did Facebook become the place to communicate with the dead? Uh, have you noticed this? It's now the. Oh, yeah. Here's what you can be. It's now. It's God. <laughs> Facebook is God because here's what you do. Um, this is how it goes. Dad, <laughs> you died a year ago today. And I just want to say I've, I've missed you every day. And I've thought about you every day, and I just wanted you to know that not a day has passed since you died a year ago <laughs> On that, I, that I haven't thought about you. And that's it. And that's the end yeah. of the post. But it's in the first person... And it's on Facebook. And it gets like 49 likes. So and I didn't know like that this Zucker douche actually had, had the ability to communicate with the dead, but apparently it's written into the code. You didn't know that? everybody's doing it, and it's the new way to speak with dead people. It's yeah. the sixth sense. It's... it's what people used to do is they would get some roses or flowers and they would go to the gravestone. Sure, you talk to the body. It's the lazy man's way out. Or the thing yeah. of ashes. Right. Or to your religion. I mean, if you feel like there's a spirit that can be heard, <laughs> do you, is Facebook the, the channel to get there? I, yeah. It's driving me insane. And I, I feel bad for the people at the same time because I understand that they just need an outlet. They're, they're trying to, to vent an emotion. But it boggles my mind that speaking in the first person to the dead person on Facebook is the way to do it. I don't, I can't. I, th- I think what you need to do is you need to separate out. If So if you're dead, then your page gets moved. 
And then that's where you communicate. It's a dead buck. Yeah. Why can't there be dead buck? I don't know. I even understand leaving the dead people's page open so that you can go back and like look at the photos (laughs) and read the comments when they're like, but don't post on it to them. They're not. He's not reading the page from from wherever he is. Like I can understand. Hey, hey, God, hang on a second. I got to check my Facebook page and see who wrote to me this week before you send me. You know, either down or (laughs) continue on through these things. Hey, Satan, when you're done analyzing me with that horn of yours, I got to go to my Facebook page and see if anybody misses me. Maybe that's maybe that's. You're, you're the version of hell now. It's like there's a level of hell <laughs> where you can't get a good internet connection, and it just yeah. you, you see the the top thing Facebook come on. You're like, oh, I'm gonna, and the pictures never load. And, yeah, and then you have to reboot for it, eternity. It used to be that you could haunt your family in their home, and now yeah. you can only watch over them on Facebook. Well, I think Facebook does that for you, and this is this leads lends credence to what you're saying. Is uh, we all remember Bill Brand, a famous beer writer, the yeah. super nice guy. Every once in a while, I'll get a, a a thing reminding me that I haven't interacted with William Brand, and, <laughs> and I'm like, like, "Yeah, I, you know, I, I know, and there's a reason." Sure, <laughs> but Facebook, I mean, the the program doesn't know no, but, exactly. But see, now that's the example that I understand. Like, leave the page up, and then the, those of us can go look at photos and and read old. Th- I, that's fine, but I I just I don't know when it became the way to speak with the dead, and and yeah. also. Aren't these private thoughts? Yeah, that's that's what I was about to <laughs> say. There's right. no such thing as a private thought anymore. But but that doesn't but have there, to be. But that's the not true. It's, and and it's that's just it's not true. There are private thoughts, and and that's one of them. Or it's one to share with your family. Yeah. Or it's one that you do in the in when you're alone in in you're kneeling down or you're in front of a, I don't know what you people do, Susie. It's a Buddha or something. <laughs> Uh, but you don't. I think but, it's a large tapioca ball. Is that what it is? Yeah. But I, I, I just I don't get it. And look, I know a lot of dead people. Sure I've never do. once written to them on Facebook. No, well, because I don't think I have anyway. I could be wrong. Maybe you make a comment when they first die or something like that. I mean, that I understand. Like when um, I think when I notify Meister, people. Yeah, well, when Meister passed away, you know, a few people left a note on his wall, like, "Hey, dude, we totally miss you." But that's more for the family, right? To know that he had a lot of friends and we're all thinking about him, right? But then, don't keep writing on his wall because he's not there. Thirty years ago today, Dad, you left our world. And I still have the same horse-drawn carriage that you left. I just wanted you to know. That now I'm thinking this thought and it's processing on face thought. Because you can hear me say it on Facebook, but you can't see me doing it. That, I, I, that's just the way the spirit world works now. Right. So I needed to tell you I still garden every day because of you, Dad. <laughs> Do you think there's any super stubborn ghosts like me? Like, I'm not doing the Facebook. I'm going to go haunt the house. I'm old school. And, and when you do, every time they go on Facebook, you make the browser crash. Yeah. You want to talk to me? Talk to me! I'm right, right. here! <laughs> Fuckers. Yeah. Oh, I'll try Google Chrome then. It must not be working. <laughs> what is the statute of limitations for someone like Meister? I mean, is that page still up? Oh, well, yeah. Wait a second. Yes? No, there, there's, still a, there's still a difference. It, there's between, and, and forgive me if I'm getting my tenses wrong, but there's a difference between doing it in the first person and just making a comment. Now, I think it's fine to say, I miss my dad today. Right. Or I miss whatever. Well, then you're just making a comment. It's a, it's a status. It's what you're... You just can't say, I miss you, Dad. And I think the statute of limitations is the moment they die. You don't do it on Facebook. I don't know. Do what you want. I'm not trying to insult anybody. I know that you're in an emotional moment. I guess it bothers me more when a lot of time has passed. 
and then you speak. You're not speaking to me. It's not a status update because you're not speaking to me. You're addressing the dead person. I think it's different if you're writing on that dead person's wall, like a year ago today you died and I miss you, so that way the community can read into it. It's different if you make it your own status update, and that's what bothers the hell out of me. Like, really, if the dead person's going to do something while they're dead, they're not going to check your status. Right. (laughs) That's my point! That's what I'm saying. It bothers me almost as much as the anniversary wishes. (laughs) Seven years years ago ago today, today, I married my best friend. Tell that person! Why don't you tell the person you've never said it to that person the way you just said it to me and i don't give a shit yeah or start a blog (laughs) (laughs) write them a letter but don't do it when you know when there's more important things to complain about on facebook like how long you sat in traffic (laughs) because everyone gives a shit about that too what i love uh my friend's mom posts a lot of like the infographics or the base infographic but it's like a picture of a rose all dewy and it says like yeah you know this rose is for someone in heaven. Share if you want to give them one too. <laughs> and I'm going, first of all, that's impossible. You can't hand something to heaven. I that love... is breaking so many astral planes, it's not even funny. <laughs> you can't do it. I love my sister. Share if you love your yeah, sister. If you have too. a sibling you love, share you. this also. Fuck you. No, I don't want. And there's like 400,000 shares. Can you imagine that there's people there that they go, well, shit, if I don't do this, I don't love my sister. Yes, there are. It's this, it, And actually, I read an article about, about pages that do that, where they people just set up random pages, and they, they do it like a junk sign-up list, where if you, if you share a link on their page or you like their page, they have your information. Yeah. Then they turn around and flip that page to a company or a product. Because a bunch, and they have a bunch they, of fans. Yeah, and then they buy that page, and then your stuff is sold, and you don't even know it because you're liking Daphne's word of the day fucking <laughs> image of a two doves flying in the air about how you miss your brother and you're because you're retarded basically, and you have you don't you need someone else to tell you your emotions. I'm actually a member of Daphne's uh, word of the day. She's cool. I checked her out. Okay. Well, sorry to get off. I just this this dead person thing. It's, I just, did that happen recently, or did? You, I just I see it all yeah. the time, and I and yeah. I and it suddenly occurred to me that we don't we don't pray anymore. We don't talk, we talk to the dead on Facebook. That's what it is. You should also check on your friends. You should get new friends and family because it seems like everybody around you is dying. <laughs> I'm going to quit and I, yeah. go move far away from you. It's true. There yeah. are. It's a lot of a lot of dead. You know, it's death is just part of life, JP. You know? Yeah, it's the end of it's the end part. <laughs> yeah, it's where you go to Facebook. Right. Death is where you you become part of the Facebook server. And that's how people can communicate. We all get assimilated at the end. <laughs> that's we finally discovered the key to the afterlife. It's Zuckerberg, right? Uh, more like Zuckerberg. All right. Uh, send feedback over to feedback at thebrewingnetwork.com. I'm sure we'll get. I'm sure we'll get some this week. You are so insensitive. My grandma died, and I talked to her, and it gives me solace. Blobber's cat died, and he says we're being insensitive. <laughs> Well, tell Blubber to make a page I'm not, for his cat. I'm not being insensitive. We'll I'm it. being more sensitive than you because I'm telling you that the person you're speaking to is me, not the <laughs> dead cat. And yeah. the, the cat, I'm the one who hears you. You don't know that. And I do you know don't you're not the care. Dead cat? Uh, <laughs> Susie has a real good point. How do you know you're not the dead cat? You're right. Sometimes I think that this is all just a dream and I'm actually a dead cat. You might be. <laughs> all right. Uh, send show ideas over to Scott at the Brewing Network. Uh, dot com. Do we have a Twitter game? 
We do have a Twitter game. Twitter game is brought to you tonight by Keystone Homebrew Supply. Go over to KeystoneHomebrew.com and check them out. You know, they're a great sponsor of ours. And they're the ones, uh, aren't you going to go see them when we go to Philly? Yeah, I think JP and I are going to go take some pictures and make nice with the staff and have some fun. Yeah, there you go. Keystone, right there in in Pennsylvania. That'd be cool. What a great Harrisburg. All right. Check them out. What's our Twitter game tonight? Uh, well, uh, before the show, you and I were uh, were talking about the old Iron Sheik of WWF fame. Oh, yeah. Reading his tweets on Twitter, which is always a gas. Uh, does anybody else besides me remember the Iron Sheik's famous move? Anybody? You're the, the, the Iron Sheik? Yeah. yeah. Like a Middle East S-H-E-I-K yeah. Sheik? Oh, you don't know who the Iron Sheik no, is at all. No. So many young people. If you have to ask twice, you don't know room. who it is. So many young people. Uh, Susie, you don't know who the Iron Sheik is either? I knew who he is. I can't remember the move. Can I give it, or is it part of your game? No, it's not part of my game. It's the camel clutch. He used, to, he used to get the, the the opponent laying on his belly face down, and he would, as, as I described Wasn't it, it like it's a not, crab? he would mount him from yeah. behind and pull up his chin toward yeah. him. So you're, you're, my brother used to do it to me when I was about seven, and it wasn't fun. It was a yeah. it was an effective move. I'm sure you respect. The, uh, the camel clutch. Yeah. Anyway, go ahead, please. Uh, well, it got me thinking about WWF and, and how I was all into that because I was a boy with a wiener. Uh, so I want to know what WWF wrestler would you have a beer with and why? Oh, Now, note, I'm not saying WWE or TNT or Raw. So they or, have to be original. They have to be a WWF. Like the Ultimate Warrior. Yeah, the Ultimate Warrior. The or Superfly Snooka. Jimmy the Superfly Snooka. Yep. Yeah, hell yeah. Yeah. I went to... Uh, earthquake. Did, did you ever go to a live one? Oh, yeah, I did. Yeah. <laughs> so did I. What a douchebag. I looked... Yeah. You knew it was over. Oh, it's like the it's like the like the Boston crab thing, oh, but yeah. he puts he, Scott's planning out. He, he puts his arms, their arms up on his knees, ah, so your yeah. arms are like this. Yeah, and so it's even worse. It, it's it, it's you know it's the original tap out is what it, you know the, all of these. <laughs> you can't tap out because your arms are with the fucking beer, dude. <laughs> you got to tap out with your wiener. Uh, <laughs> I'm so, tapping out. I'm tapping. Damn it! Beautiful back suplex right there by the Iron Sheik. Like I said, nobody does it any better than him. Turns McDonald over. <laughs> nobody, by the way, nobody else does it at all. <laughs> right, because <laughs> it wasn't know, like a common move. Often imitated, never duplicated. Oh, no, wait, no, never imitated. Nobody does it better than the Iron Sheik. Well, that's kind of easy. All right, so what is it? Name your who, who you want to have a beer with most? Yeah, what WWF wrestler would you like to have a beer with and why? All right, and then the Brewcasters will give their favorite, which I guess is just me and you, JP, because yeah. we're the only ones old I enough. I can give mine right no. now if you want. Yeah, who do you want? Hacksaw Jim Duggan. Oh, he Hell was yeah. a badass. Yeah. Uh, can I get to go, too? Yeah. I'd go with the body. The body. Oh, Jesse Ventura. Oh, yeah. He was my hero for the longest time, too, because he became like a politician He's and a governor, or yeah. was a governor. He's fucking crazy now, by the way. <laughs> I know. He's super conspiracy theorist. I'm forgetting the name. Who is the guy with the parrot? That's the guy I want. Oh, the Coco Beware, dog. Coco Beware! <laughs> yeah! So, just and for clarification... <laughs> We're giving it all away now. <laughs> Just for clarification, are we talking WWF up yes. until like the '90s, or like one of the old school uh, casts, like when they changed? As their long name? as it's WWF, yes. Okay, as long as it's WWF. Yeah. All right, cool. All right. Who is the Slim Jim's guy? Snap Ultimate Warrior. Jim. Ultimate Warrior. Uh, yeah. No, I'm sorry, Randy no, Savage. Macho Randy Man. Savage. Mach- yeah. Oh I, yeah. I like him. That's true. Oh yeah, brother. 
<laughs> All right, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, Weasel Boy Brewing Company from Zanesville, Ohio, joins the program. Hang in there. It's the session. I wonder if Tasty's alive. We'll be right back. Listening to the Brewcasters. Brewcasters on the Brewing Network. Since the first time the Brewing Network microphones turned on, more beer was behind it. More Beer sponsors the programming on the BN because, like you, they love brewing. And like the Brewing Network, they love sharing their knowledge. MoreBeer.com isn't just a website to place your next equipment or ingredient order. MoreBeer.com also gives you access to free beer information that will make you a better brewer. Go to MoreBeer.com and click into the Learning Center. You'll find podcasts, technical facts, video tutorials, and more, including access to The Buzz, more beer social network of more than 5,000 members. And some of them might even be crazier about beer than you are. Get over to morebeer.com today and take advantage of the buzz, the forum, the learning center, and make sure you're signed up to receive the newest More Beer catalog. More Beer, bringing you absolutely everything for beer making. Hi, I'm Jamel Zanishef, and in addition to my work on the Brewing Network, I write the style profile column in every issue of Brew Your Own magazine. Hi, I'm Sean Paxton, and when I'm not prepping for the Home Brewed Chef on the Brewing Network, you can find me writing articles on how to cook with your home brew for Brew Your Own magazine. Greetings, cretins. This is John Palmer, and when I'm not writing for Brew Your Own, I'm reading it. John Palmer, Sean Paxton, Jamil Zanishev. If you love listening to them on the Brewing Network, you'll love reading their articles, tips, and recipes in the pages of Brew Your Own magazine. Join Jamil, John, and Sean eight times a year in Brew Your Own. And when you subscribe to BYO on the Brewing Network website, half of your subscription price goes right back to the BN to support great beer and food programming. So sign up for Brew Your Own magazine through the BN website today so you can listen and read. Read your way to better homebrew. Hey, listen, our lawyer said that we had to do this for one hour, and after this, we don't have to talk to each other for three more months. And then the next meeting. Come on, let's get out of here. I'm supposed to have more lines. I'm the professional. Hey, it's Sully. And I'm Nico. And we opened the 21st Amendment nine years ago at 563 2nd Street in San Francisco, just two blocks from Giants Park, to make great beer and have a great time doing it. That's right, because to us, the 21st Amendment is more than just the right to make beer. It's the right to experiment, to be innovative, and just do things differently. And so now, we're putting our craft beer in cans. That's right, cans. You can find our world-famous Hell or High Watermelon Wheat Beer and Brew Free or Die IPA throughout California and Alaska. And now it's also available on draft at select accounts in the Bay Area. So next time you're at your local neighborhood pub or good beer store, be sure to ask for 21st Amendment in cans. Because everyone likes it in a can. Tasty Crack Cans. Tasty Crack Cans. A vial of White Labs yeast is the key to your best beer. 
When you open a vial of White Labs yeast, you're giving your beer its best chance for a perfect fermentation. In addition to their already incredible variety of yeasts, White Labs is proud to announce WLP 90, San Diego's super yeast, now available year-round. WLP 90 is super clean, super fast fermenting, with low esters and has a neutral flavor and aroma profile. It's alcohol tolerant and highly flocculent. For more of the latest White Labs news, click over to whitelabs.com, where you can read reviews of yeast, learn in the lab section, and join the customer club. And if you should find yourself in San Diego, White Labs has a brand new training facility for craft brewers and home brewers alike. Whitelabs.com. Discover yeast, nutrients, enzymes, and more for commercial breweries, home brewers, and homebrew stores. White Labs. It's all in the vial. For nearly 15 years, homebrewers have been served by one place in Michigan where you can buy yourself a serial killer grain mill. Adventures in homebrewing. Did you try all those great Michigan beers at the National Homebrewers Conference in San Diego or Seattle? Adventures in homebrewing delivered. Did you see a great false bottom in your buddy's cooler or brew kettle? Adventures in homebrewing delivered that. And did you see that great custom-built brew stand? Yep, Adventures in homebrewing delivered. Since 1999, Adventures in homebrewing in Taylor, Michigan, Ann Arbor, Michigan, and online at homebrewing.org has been serving home brewers across the globe. Check out their innovative 2.5 gallon keg with metal handles, great homebrew kits, and the fully adjustable Serial Killer Grain Mill. Visit them in Philly for the 2013 National Homebrewers Conference. Not going to make it? Check out all the fun of adventures in homebrewing at homebrewing.org. For a limited time, coupon code BNETWORK will slam 10% off your order. Bam! Adventures in homebrewing. Join the adventure at the Great Lakes Home for homebrewing supplies online at homebrewing.org. And don't forget coupon code BNETWORK for a limited time. Join the adventure Today. This Sit down next to it, grab yourself a paper towel, and watch those yeast have sex. You're listening to the Blue Network. program good show got planned for you today don't forget we're giving away firestone walker invitational beer fest tickets a little later in the program but right now we've got weasel boy brewing on the line and we're talking to both jay and Lori wins from weasel boy hey guys welcome to the program how's it going it's going great thanks for being with us good to be here zanesville ohio i've never been there no? Oh, uh, I have. <laughs> How long have you been in Zanesville, Jay? You from there? Yeah, I was uh, born and raised here. <clears throat> okay. Beautiful. And do I have, is this information correct that you are the first brewery in Zanesville since Prohibition? Yeah, that's correct. That's great, man. But my guess is it made it a pain in the ass to open a brewery there. <laughs> oh, no, it wasn't too bad, really. Uh the state wasn't hard to deal with. I mean, it, it really, it was just uh, kind of going through the normal licensing snafus and stuff with federal and state local issues were really uh, minimal, quite honestly. I think uh, some people were ready for it. Okay. Oh, you got lucky. We've definitely talked to some guests before that were the, you know, the first craft brewery to come on board, and uh, it just sounds like a nightmare every time. Yeah, I think it depends on the mood of the local 
government people, whatever. Uh, you know, if, if you got people that think alcohol's bad or whatever. Yeah, of course. Yeah, what, what was really remarkable when I talked to uh, Jay a few days ago is how uh, easy the process was for him. He said just with timing and money and the state cooperating and et cetera, it just kind of worked. It all fell into place. There wasn't a lot of nightmarish red tape, uh, and that's rare, isn't it? Well, I think a lot of it had to do with planning. We've run across a few people that have tried to open small breweries um, in various states. Actually, we've talked to people at national homebrew conferences, and we've talked to people via email, and people have called, and uh, as, as well a lot of Ohio breweries. And I think a lot of people just don't realize what really needs to go into doing the research to know what you need to do to kind of avoid all those pitfalls and delays. And we had the help of a lot of really great professional brewers kind of helping us stay out of trouble so to speak that definitely helps now you've got quite a a homebrew history and we always like to dive into this first to get to know our brewers um you are a homebrewer for years before you started a brewery yeah definitely uh that's what you know fueled the fires to get involved in the venture what did you what was your job back then when you were just a homebrewer i've worked for a long long time in a wholesale bakery uh we baked Hamburger buns, basically, for different uh, retail outlets, uh, fast food restaurants, things like that. So I was a production supervisor in that role. So it was kind of cool. I had a lot of background in large-scale processing equipment, actually a lot larger than we deal with in our seven-barrel brew house. Oh, really? Transitioning into that equipment. Oh, what just happened? Uh Uh-oh. Did we lose him? I think we dropped him. Sounds like the computer shut down. And it's a Skype issue, and it's telling me to hold on while we try to get him. But there he is. Hey, Jay, we're back. back. There we go. Uh, so we lost you just at that the equipment you were working with in the bakery was actually much larger than your brewing equipment even. Yeah, yeah, it was uh, a lot larger. We were dealing with uh, tanks and things as far as like uh, yeast slurry tanks and flour hoppers and things like that that were hundreds of thousands of pounds or thousands of gallons so a lot of the same stuff though you know pumps triclover cip all that kind of stuff got it and you had to be familiar with with yeast in in the bakery as well we definitely you know managed yeast in in the in the bakery uh obviously quite different strains but we did use a uh a uh a cream yeast that we made into a brew slurry so it ended up being kind of almost like pitching uh, brewer's yeast as far as the consistency of it got it and did you ex- have you experimented with uh baker's yeast in in beer at all no i really haven't i haven't been in the mood to uh, make some of the case that bad yeah <laughs> i know well and i asked that too kind of knowing just from reading homebrew forums and things like that it it used to come up quite a bit uh, where people would ask, you know, what about using bread yeast and baker's yeast? Let's give it a try. And let's not. The results were always terrible. Yes. That, that I read, and yeah. I, didn't, I never tried it myself. Which, which, is, is, which is why there's be- bread yeast right. and why there's beer yeast. <laughs> what What is the difference between the two? Flavors. Oh, it's, it's really a kind of a lot like uh, the difference between different brewing strains. It's basically just a different strain of a, of a you know, of a similar, similar genus. Uh, so they're just you know yeasts that aren't appropriate for for beer as far as flavor and things like that. There are also different strains of bread yeast that bakeries use. So um, it wasn't quite as varied, I, I believe, as it is in brewing. But there were a, a number of different yeasts you could use depending on what type of things you were doing, whether it was loaf bread or, or, or buns or sweet goods or things like that. Of course, a lot of sweet goods are chemically leavened. So okay, and just because I'm I'm curious, 
what form did you get the yeast in? Uh, liquid, dry? Did you have to propagate? Did you repitch? You know, to any of these kind of normal brewing stuff? Uh, basically, what they did is uh, we would get uh, a regular semi tank truck full of uh, a thick cream yeast slurry, pump it into a storage vessel, <laughs> hold it in the low 40s, and then we would draw off of that into uh, a prop tank with water, um, sugar, and let it go through a fermentation process, and then it would be cooled down and stored, and that's where it would draw off to and run into the to the uh, the bread. Got as it. far as like the, the the mixer, actually, so that's cool. It is cool. I never yeah. thought, even when I was reading my notes about you, Jay, I hadn't thought about the tie-in with uh, just even even the use of of yeast and some fermentation, actually. Yeah. Yeah, fermentation is real important in bread for flavor, just as it is in beer. So, and, you know, that's that's a, a definite consideration. Got it. Now, how long were you a home brewer before you became a, a pro? I started home brewing in 1995, uh, fairly casually at first, and then around 2000, late 2000, early 2001. Uh, Lori made a gift of uh, a very basic all-grain system, one of the plastic bucket systems, and started really getting involved in it and got really serious then. And then, Lori, what, you started, like, 2004, right? Yeah, I didn't brew as, as heavily as Jay, and we had a little bit of a different style of brewing, I would say, at home. I did extract only, and he was doing all-grain. and um, So, yeah. She was a kitchen sink brewer, and I was a recipe follower, so okay, was, we had two different approaches. Sure. So, Lori has my school of thought. Is they <laughs> throw it all in there. It's going to be fine. It's going to be good. There's such great ingredients. How could it not be good? Exactly. Whatever's in your kitchen goes in your food. Whatever's in your kitchen goes in your beer. <laughs> right. Uh, well, and now you say you were just doing extract, but, but Jay, so were you up until that point where you got the all grain, too. Yeah, I was doing extract about the first five years, extract plus plus grains, uh, mm-hmm. basically just following other recipes, uh, looking through some of the books available, uh, getting recipes from the homebrew shop that I was buying stuff from out of Columbus. And, uh, yeah, then when, when all grain there, that's when I started getting into recipe formulation and, and uh, started competing and things like that. So what got you, I was talking about this at kind of at the beginning of the show, and, and I've talked about it before with new brewers and, and recipe formulation. What got you into to doing recipe, recipe formulation at that point in time? I, I feel like most of us do it at the beginning because we don't know shit and we, we think it's fantastic. There's all these ingredients. Let's throw them together. But the more we know, I started doing less recipe building. But you, uh, you know, you see what I'm getting at? What got you into doing your own recipe? Uh, I think it was all about uh, control and making exactly what I wanted. So if I would brew a stout recipe and it was too roasty or too bitter or not roasty enough or not chocolatey enough, uh, you know, I wanted to make it exactly what I wanted to drink. Not you know every day or or at least a lot. I wasn't you know I didn't care what you wanted to drink. I wanted to brew what I wanted to drink, and if you <laughs> right. liked it, that was great. Love it. And were there? It sounds like you. So you you might take a, a preformed recipe and, and then alter it uh, to your taste. Oh, I we did that, or I should say, I did that early on, and when I first started getting into the all grain. Uh, but really, I started writing recipes right away, and then it was just pretty much 
I, I really didn't brew anybody else's recipe for a long, long time. Okay. Although, although you know, I will admit openly now, because there's some guys out there maybe listening that'll spot me on this, I've, <laughs> I've brought a couple of homebrewers recipes for a couple of our beers in the brewery over the years. So. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, it's it's been a fun collaboration. Uh, I, honestly, I, I would never been for shit at brewing an IPA, and I needed some help. So um, I had a couple guys that you people are all probably aware of. They're high-ranking BJCP people and have organized um, regional locations and things like that. Okay. So I, I definitely you know fell back on some other guys, and then a couple other guys have started breweries and are doing very well that way as well. And I, I you know had homebrew collaboration with those, and we used those recipes as a base, and then adjusted for our our actual you know location with what grains we were using and yeast strain and things like that. Well, that's awesome. There's nothing wrong with that. No, not at all. What about uh, you know? And I, I want to transition into the the pro world too, but but still as a homebrewer and you start doing your own recipes, were there any particular resources that uh, that really helped you? Any books? Any people uh, that helped you learn? Well, this is about two thousand. Keep in mind, so not as much information out there then as there is now. But the, the two big sources were just for very basic um, knowledge and, and really getting the fundamentals and nuts and bolts of it. Uh, the Papazian book was was really helpful in a real a real low key, laid back, relaxed style. And then when I really started to do the recipe formulation, designing great beers by Ray Daniels was was the tool I used. There you go. Such okay. a good book. That's yeah. a great book. Uh, yeah, I keep harassing him to do an update, but I think he's too busy with Cicerone and all kinds of stuff these days. Yeah, I think he probably left the Brewers Association just to avoid having to do an update. <laughs> <laughs> what would you like to see out of an update? Well, it'd be fun to see the more modern um, approaches to some of the styles and see some of the expanded styles as well that, that weren't around then that are now. Because um, a lot of that stuff's based on commercial recipes but also a lot of that information was based on winners of like the 1995 i think it was 1995 um national homebrew competition you know beers that won okay or went to second round out of those competitions so you know obviously a lot of views have you know slid a little bit to the left or the right as far as you know what we're doing in those styles now and things like that um I think it'd be interesting to see the differences of what people were using then to make, say, uh, uh, you know, a medal-winning IPA and what they're doing now. I think it would be shocked. Oh yeah. Do you think that would be the biggest change, the IPA category? I think IPA category would definitely be the biggest one. You know, then uh, I think some of the as far as I'm, I'm kind of a stout guy, and I don't see a lot of really interesting things happening in stouts. I think the styles and the, and the, the sub styles are really holding. To what they've always been, as far as all the way from dry to imperial, but you know, in, in the hoppy beers, the American pale ales, I think pale ale and, and IPAs, and just all those things that are really pushing the, the hop centric side of things are what's really exploding, and people are just you know really rethinking about how they're doing things. Sure. All right. Well, let's talk uh, quickly about a beer that we have in front of us as we transition into how the Weasel Boy Brewing came to be. What do we What do we pour first here, Moscow? It's the uh, Plaid Ferret uh, Scottish Ale, and uh, Jay was nice enough to uh, hand bottle some of his stuff and send it out here. And it, you'll be happy to know, Jay, that it uh, is in very good shape. Delightful. It is. Yeah. That's good to hear. This is an awesome Scottish Ale. You, so you don't bottle the at Weasel Boy. It's just uh, a draft uh, brewery? Yeah, we're draft only. We service draft accounts um, within about an hour radius of our, our brewery. Uh, it's small small amount right now but that's kind of the side of the business is growing more than even the pub is 
Mm. Uh, so yeah, no no bottling or canning at even in uh, the the business plan long range. That's just not something we're looking at doing at all at this point. Okay. Yeah, I love this really nice toasty bready malt character just right in the mid palate. It's amazing. It is. This yeah. is a wonderful Scottish ale, Jay. It's awesome. That's the flavor that's hard to pin down for me, I think, when people make Scottish ales, that kind of toasty, nutty kind of thing going on. Okay. It's rad. It's right there. That's it's perfect. That beer, that's actually one of the beers we collaborated with a home brewer of high regard on a few years ago, and, and he always brewed it as a 60, and mm-hmm. I want to say, I don't even really remember how many NHC medals he won with that beer, uh, gold, silver, bronze over the years. I know he won quite a few. Uh, but when we were talking, he said, "Just you know, this is what I do." Because we were we were discussing what I was doing and what he was doing, and I was mostly doing exports, and he was doing the lights. So basically, took his recipe, modified it a little bit, changed the yeast, changed a couple of uh, the grains as far as what maltsters they were from, and uh, went from there. I mean, it's a, it's a fairly, I guess, for a sixty, it's kind of a complex beer i think it's five five grains or four grains and some flaked barley or something like that and uh but it's just uh you know low gravity it's uh, it's got a lot of flavor we do a longer boil it develops some caramel in there i think that mm. helps also with getting that you know nice malty roundness to it the bittering level is absurdly low i think what is uh, this? I sent you a I sent you a Celsius on that. What did I put on that? It's got a eleven calculated IBU on that or I'm, something. I'm going to pull it up. Forgive me. Give me two seconds. <laughs> and when you say a longer boil, uh, how how long is that? Well, we have a small direct fired kettle that's really really aggressive. So a long boil for us would be seventy five minutes. Wow. Okay. And we get quite a bit of boil off on that, but we also develop a lot of um, melanoids and things like that that I think really come through on that beer. Oh yeah. Uh, I mean, the, the depth of those flavors, you know, JP here was mentioning the, the breadiness uh, as well as the roastiness, and both of those, I think, are found in, in the melanoidins that you've developed in this beer. And we, we cheat a little bit as far as trying to get some of those right off the bat. Um, you know, a lot of Scottishes are three-grain recipes. You make me pale, maybe some people throw in a little crystal and then a little roast. Mm-hmm. Um, we, use, we use pale. We use uh, actually almost an equivalent to a special B. Okay. And then we use um, some flaked barley. We use uh, roasted barley, and then we also use pale chocolate. Oh, okay. Well, there you go. I think the pale chocolate and that special B is a good combination right there. And that rolls off a little bit on the on the the roasty side, because sometimes to try to get the color you want, depending on what you know strength of a Scottish you're brewing, sometimes if you depending on what roasted barley you're using again, too. But sometimes the roasted barley will give you a little too much roastiness, and uh, you don't get quite as much, I think, depth or complexity. It comes off a little more, you know, two- or three-dimensional as opposed to more more complex. Okay. What was it that we were wondering a second ago? The Play-Doh? IBUs. IBUs. IB, oh, uh, uh, 11. Oh, yeah. yeah okay. Wow. Uh, I think this. I think the, the original recipe actually, believe it or not, has the 60 was a 5 IBU beer, so... Wow. It just, it just works. I don't know why, but it does. It does. It's not mm-hmm. unbalanced. I mean, it's it's clearly on the malt side, and it's a little right. sweeter, but but it's not unbalanced. I mean, No, you get you do get perceived bitterness from the, um, I, I don't know, maybe it's from the, the toasty kind of deeper caramel melanoidins going on. I don't, I, mm. I, I don't know, but there is kind of a, 
a balance there, right? Yeah, I think I think the roastiness, this is hints of roastiness in those in those deep malt um, kind of in, uh, intangibles really do help round off with, with the hops. It, they kind of play in concert with it, and it doesn't come across like you say. It really doesn't come across finished finished sweet. It's just kind of sweet, slightly sweet through the through the body of the beer, and then right, you know, it finishes up pretty clean for the most part. I agree a hundred percent, and yeah. that I think is also what makes it so enjoyable because if it stayed as sweet as it tastes while it's on your palate, well, then you get kind of a sweet, you know. You get a sweet beer that you don't want another one of. See, this is the beer yeah. that I want commercially, locally. Available this is all the time. I yeah. would drink everywhere I went. Yeah. I don't want an IPA. I want this. Yeah. <laughs> I agree. All the time. I completely agree. I, I can't argue with that, actually. It's pretty damn good. Give me another one, Scott. <laughs> Here you go. I only sent you two. <laughs> right. Well, I guess JP gets one of them. We yeah. shared the first one. Jay, if you had any idea how infrequently uh, Jip asks for refills of guest beer, you'd be you'd be very happy with yourself. Yeah. We'd like to call him discerning, but he's actually just a dick. <laughs> <laughs> it was basically Chuck and Nut Pills and this. And this, right. This is the only two things I drink. That's true. Okay. Well, this really, it's a its a wonderful beer. Well I like done. To torture myself and enjoy things I can't have. I dislike that. <laughs> right. He apparently agrees with a lot of folks in Ohio because it's one of our best-selling beers. I can see oh, why. Yeah. Okay. And what is the, if you could summarize it a little, uh, what is the Ohio craft beer scene like? Are there a lot of breweries? You know, actually, it's exploding right now. Uh, I think when we opened just almost six years ago, we were like the 43rd brewery in the state. You know, we're a pretty populous state with three major metro areas okay. and a couple other large ones. Yeah. And I think right now that number's like starting to approach 80 or 90, and it's just like a lot of other places. It's just like there are so many opening and so many in planning right now. We're having a hard time keeping track of wow. who they are and where they're at. Well, that's okay. That's good and there's name. a lot of great quality here. I mean, there's some great stuff in Columbus. Of course, out of Cleveland, most of you guys have probably heard of Great Lakes. Yep, um, and Great Lakes makes some pretty solid stuff uh, out of Akron. There's Thirsty Dog and Hoppin' Frog. Both those guys uh, have get, have got great reputations. Hoppin' Frogs done well at GABF over the past five years. Yeah, I've had their beer. Yeah, so the, I think the quality in Ohio, Fatheads. I know you guys know Fatheads, obviously yeah. from yep. their hoppy beers. Matt's a great brewer. Yes. So yeah, I mean, I think the beer is solid in Ohio, and I think we've you know got a lot of upside too. Is, is is there a style? You know, this one's your bestseller, and I know it's not always easy to generalize, but it's it's fairly easy to say that California, the West Coast, is a hop coast and, and, and fairly hop forward. Is there a certain style of beer you think that that does better in Ohio? Yeah, I, I really think that really IPAs and you know strong American pales are are what it's all about here too, as far okay. as what the biggest sellers for most people are. Um, the exceptions would be some some people like Great Lakes who have long established beers that are their flagships like Dortmund or uh, Edmund Fitzgerald. Uh, but you know guys like Fatheads with Headhunter and Columbus Brewing Company up in Columbus, they have a whole line of really hop centric beers that are excellently made and really really good. Uh, yeah. So I think that's probably again I think IPAs are probably your number one craft beer in in most markets. Sure, I, I would say as far as sales. Okay. All right, so backtracking just a little bit, the two of you are home brewers. You've been doing it for several years. At what point do you decide to go pro, and whose stupid idea is it? 
That's what I want to know. Whose stupid idea is it? Was that the question? <laughs> and I only well, say that because... Let, let, let's have the stupid half of the, uh, <laughs> half of the answer to the question. Oh, uh, oh uh, no. I, I now we know who it was. I kicked hard enough, and uh, uh, Jay accepted my, my challenge, so... Um, that's how it happened. Really? So you just you said, "Hey, I, I think we're good at this. We should we should move to the next level." No, I think I said, "Hey, you're good at this, yeah. and <laughs> why don't you take me along with you for the ride?" Got it. Uh, I, I was I was reluctant to do it commercially, not because I didn't think it would be cool. You know, we all think it'd be cool to be a commercial brewer, sure. especially when we're home brewers and we really don't know any better. Uh, but. A couple, couple things, I think, you know, I had a, a really good job that paid really well, uh, great benefits, good security. And number two, uh, I didn't want to not like brewing anymore, so I was right. really concerned that if it became a job where I'm worrying about, you know, the economics of it and running a business, am I not going to enjoy this as much anymore? Uh, well, we found out really that that's not the case. absolutely love what we're doing. And, you know, the, the transition then with those concerns – that's how we formulate our whole business plan with uh, the transition from our jobs into full-time brewing. And um, I worked at the bakery another five plus years after the brewery opened. So a lot of long long weeks, but you know, that, that allowed the brewery to to, uh, propagate and perpetuate itself, put all the funds back in, not have to worry about making a living off of it. And then when it was time, then it was a step out with a, a degree of comfort and, and not get too excited about, you know, failing the next day because we don't need money. So right. Well, clearly, after all this time, it's not a stupid idea at all, uh, <laughs> and that you guys have done uh, fantastic. You must have started uh, fairly small, I, I would think, to to be able to keep both jobs. Well, we were, you know we started the first six months just brewing while we were finishing out the building out of our tap room. Okay. Uh, and but then we. Uh, you know, once we opened the bar itself, then it was, you know, I think we started out three days a week open, then we expand to four days a week, and we're still only open five days a week. Uh, Zanesville is a, a smaller city, about 25,000. It's not known to be extremely progressive in its worldly tastes and food and beer and things like that, but it's it's really coming around. So I think we hit the, we hit the town at the right time. A lot of people were looking for something like us, and that helped us also kind of start in slower and then pick up steam but you know it was still a lot of work i mean there the last couple of years we we're brewing 400 plus barrels which isn't huge but on a seven barrel system you're brewing you know three times every two weeks you're doing all the other seller work you're you're running a pub you're delivering you're making sales calls you're doing accounting so that on top of both of us working 40 hour jobs it was you know pretty stressful yeah that's rough that's a lot more work than i want to ever do <laughs> says the guy building a pond. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Lori, what was that? I was going to say, it's still pretty stressful for the stupid half of the business. <laughs> oh, Justin's oh. never going to live this day. still has to work full time, but if you guys would come out and drink some more of our beer, I maybe would. I could get out of my job. <laughs> so, so you're still working your other job, Lori? Yeah, I, yeah. I'm not sure when I'll be able to get out. We, we're kind of taking things slow and... You know, like Jay said, just want to make sure that, you know, it's it's the right time. 
Well, you both are very smart, and I can tell that by the way you've done it. And honestly, that's where the, the stupid question comes from, because most of the people we have on here that talk about, well, I was a home brewer, and I, and I want to go for it, and they just talk about this period of time that was miserable, and that they did stop liking brewing, and, and that yeah. uh, they just had this, this such a struggle that they many times will say, I don't. I, I don't want to say we often hear that people regret it because that wouldn't be true. But we just hear about this period that maybe you guys are at the tail end of that is just so difficult, or they get yeah. real cynical. Yeah, about the beer. Yeah, industry. it's it's interesting because we had a lot of professional brewers try to discourage us a little bit, really, um, from opening the brew pub. Um, starting the brewery, and it was interesting because I think they know how hard it is, and so you know right. they want to make sure that you're willing to sacrifice a little bit. Um, I think when you start a business, any type of business, whether it's brewing or baking or you know public relations, whatever, I think you have to be ready for a lot of long hours and yeah. and be willing to learn a lot because it's, you know, Jay and I will tell people when they come in the pub and say, wow, you're so successful. Aren't you proud to be such good business people? We'll be the first to tell you that we think we're just about two of the worst business people <laughs> in the world. Somehow we make it work. I don't know. Right. Well, you're your harshest critic, and, and that might be part of your success, certainly in the quality of the beer and, and maybe how you do business. I think I'm, I'm, I'm gathering that there's a part of the two of your personality that has contributed to this, too, and I think it's patience. There aren't many people that we've had on the show that have, for one, kept their other jobs for that long of a time. It's been, you know, five to six years. And, and and there aren't many, I think, that that really stick it out and, 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 and go the safe route. That's kind of all or nothing. Let's just go for it and we'll be fine later. But you two have been very thoughtful about it, it sounds like, and have been able to wait it out. Well, safe is hard, I think, for a lot of people because... Even for some established breweries right now, and I think we're seeing some trends across the country of some some pullback on on some breweries because they've overstepped their um, their britches, so to speak. Yeah, you know, all of a sudden in the beginning, yeah, it's attractive. Let's go to let's go to uh, Illinois, let's go to Michigan, let's go to South Carolina, let's go to Georgia, and you haven't even touched your backyard yet. And all of a sudden, you start to blow up at home, and all of a sudden, you can't make enough beer to ship other places, and all of a sudden, you're pulling out of a market. And there are other reasons for that as well, but that's one of the reasons a couple of people have had to pull back because they just can't supply demand. Sure. And you know, don't get me wrong, we're nowhere near that. But at the same time, you know, we can probably peak out at about 800 barrels right now, and that's brewing the wheels off this place. Okay. And if if we were doing that, you know, that would be you know great in one way and miserable in another. But you know, we we've been very very careful not to take on more clients. Uh, especially our draft accounts, then we can supply because then nothing makes them angry. And if they call up and say, no, I'm sorry, we don't have that this week or whatever. And right. So, you know, we try to make sure that we always have the beer. We try to make sure that we always have our, we have our year round staples and we always have seasons and rotationals. So we always have those five beers for everybody to have, but then we always have a couple more at least. So it's difficult maintaining that without overstepping your bounds on a seven barrel brew house. And, you know, at the same time, Another thing about being patient is, you know, do I want to drop, you know, a small amount of money in at the beginning and start this slow, or do I want to drop a huge amount of money in and have a, a massive overhead? Yeah. 
that's really threatening, plus trying to support myself. So, it, it, yeah, I mean, it, we were really cautious about it, and I think that uh, works with our personalities and what we wanted to do. We're a little more conservative and safe as far as, you know, jumping into new things like that. Yeah. Uh, so it really worked well for us. I think it has, and I and I like to see it because we don't often hear that that story. We we yeah. do hear about small startups and things like that, but but really the the, the progress that you guys have made over time is uh, it sounds healthy. I think is what I'm getting at. You sound like two healthy people who didn't want to just jump overboard. You didn't want to ruin your hobby. You didn't want to put too much at risk. You didn't want to do all these things. So so you just did it without risking any of that stuff. I think that's a pretty smart move. That's a, there's a conversation in the chat going on specifically about that. Why don't we hear more about these kind of yeah. these breweries that they start small and they grow organically? I think entrepreneurship often yeah. sounds unhealthy and risky. And mm-hmm. it is. Lori, you pointed that out. But, but it doesn't have to be all or nothing all the time. No, and at the same time... It's not as exciting if we're not, you know, if we do this mere meteoric growth like, like you know, Dogfish Head. Right. Um, you know, that's that's sexy and, 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 and popular and everything like that. You know, it's kind of like, you know, you, you're just jumping into the spotlight. You want to be a rock star, so to speak, in brewing. And I think that's the way a lot of people think about it. They don't think about, you know, this is really, this is, this is my life. This is my job. This is something I'm going to retire from. I've got to have an exit strategy. I've got to have all this. Yeah. So, it's uh, yeah, it's something that gets forgotten in the glamour if you can call it glamour, because brewing is really not very glamorous. Uh, <laughs> right. But in the glamour of being a brewer, you know, uh, people think, you know, brewery, you know, awards, medals, people know who I am. You're the brewmaster, things like that. They forget about all the all the other parts that really can scare the hell out of you if you, if you go too fast and right. you know, jump high. Yeah. I feel like a third business that you guys need, because clearly you need something else to do, is a, a mentorship program. Consultation. For, because this yeah. is, it's fantastic advice. Well, and the, you, you did the opposite of what was done to you, which is you wouldn't try and talk people out of I'm curious how that went. When someone was trying to say, well, this isn't, you, you guys shouldn't really be starting a brewery. How, how did that go? Were they overt about it or were they subtle? Some were pretty straightforward about it. Um, which, you know, all feedback is good feedback, right? I mean, you sure. know, you just need to talk to those folks and kind of see where they're at and, and you know, what some of the issues that they have are or were at the time. Right. And in their defense, too, they started these things when it was a yeah. lot harder to do it. And when there were, you know, one, one of the people that talked to us about this that was really supportive of us, but at the same time very discouraging because I think he wanted to see how serious we were. Hmm. Uh, he started this thing, you know... He, in, when there were like three breweries in Columbus and, and probably, you know, 15 and not even 15, there were probably 10 breweries in the state. So this wasn't a big, you know, growing, you know, industry like it is right now. This was kind of underground, you know, high risk and, and most were associated with rest, you know, restaurants that had to be successful to make it all work. I see. And, and it's interesting, too, because we have a lot of folks that approach us and you know, ask us for advice on opening a brewery and, you know, want to talk to us about what we've learned and, and what things we, what mistakes we've made and what we can share with them. And, yeah. you know, I mean, we're always open and honest and, and, you know, try to be cautious with them as well and, you know, steer them in the right direction. But, you know, that's difficult too, because everybody has a different business model and a different idea of who they are and what they want to do. So, yeah. you know, it, it's difficult giving advice, I guess. I bet. And we all come in excited about that new idea we have, and yeah. uh, that puts the blinders on. I'll create on. one more firestorm here, probably on chat and everything, because I love to do this. Do it. <laughs> um, the, the single 
biggest piece of advice we give anybody who asks us about starting a brewery, and one of the first questions we ask is, uh, what size system are you looking at? Anybody that says less than seven barrels, we basically do the same thing our mentors told us. We tell them they're stupid. Um, <laughs> right. Now, you know, there are a lot of successful nanos out there, but the sustainability of a nano model is really difficult because you can't make any beer. And if you get successful, you're out of capacity before you even open the door. Right. Yeah. And, you know... So we started seven barrels, and I wish we'd started ten. And you know, we every successful nano we've known, I think, in the United States, with the exception of one that is purposely a nano because they're a sister operation to another successful brewery, um, they're out of capacity in in not not months or years usually, but sometimes weeks and you know a right. few months, and they're looking for new equipment. So you know, I guess don't waste money on a half barrel or a one barrel system when you can buy a, a seven for not a whole lot more and at least make some beer and then you can always brew the wheels off a seven and double batch into a 15 or triple batch into a 20 or whatever so you know like i say there are people out there with business models right now all over the country who will be listening to this and saying well we're going to do a nano damn it and we're going to be successful and you may be but it's a lot more work because what's your time worth i can brew once for every time you brew seven you know right uh, and it's it's uh, it's a lot of work. You know, if I can just add a clarifier to that, that I I didn't understand this part of the business either until uh, Jamil from Heretic was talking to me about it. But in most entrepreneur endeavors, to sell out of your product is what you want to do. You know, you want so much, and and everybody buys it up, and then they're waiting for more. It's on demand. That works one way in in a lot of things. In beer, it's a little bit different, and mostly that's because uh, tap handle space and shelf space, for that matter, is uh, it's very competitive. And if people that's, love your product, a, and, and yeah, then huge point right there. Yeah, and then the, th- the third point is all those craft brew drinkers out there. They're like bees on flowers, man. They're fickle. Yeah, they might love this product, but if it's not available, they're happy to drink another one. Exactly. And the bar owner or the store space is happy to bring in the next brewer when you when they call you and said, I, I need another keg and I need another case, and you say, I'm tapped out. Well, you're done, buddy. Thanks for nothing. Yeah. You know? It's tough to get back in. And I hadn't really thought about that as, as you know being a real problem, so I think that's kind of to your point where, you, sure, you, you want to brew to capacity, but you got to be able to fulfill your accounts. You know. Yep. So anyway, that's a, that's a good bit of advice I think that you're giving out there. Uh, well, listen, guys, I got more to talk to you about. I got to take a quick break. I do want to try. Uh, we've got a couple more beers from you, including a, a multiple award-winning Russian Imperial Stout that you sent us, and uh, I'd like to taste that and, and come back and talk to you guys about it. 2012 okay. GABF Gold. Is that right? Yep. Awesome. All right. Can you hang in there for just a couple minutes while we take a break? Yep, no problem. All right, we got Weasel Boy Brewing on the line with us here, and uh, we're going to get some good information. We already are, if you're looking to start some stuff up. Uh, But we'll talk about more recipe formulation as well as the award-winning Russian Imperial Stout. Hang in there. It's the session, and we'll be right back. Listening to the Brewcasters. Brewcasters on the Brewing Network. Hi, 
I'm Jason Harris, the proud owner here at Keystone Homebrew Supply. We're thrilled to be entering our 20th year of supplying this great industry. And to show you, the Brewing Network Army, how much we appreciate your support, we're offering you 10% off your first order on our website, keystonehomebrew.com. Just use coupon code BNARMY at checkout, and I'll get your order out the same day. My goal at Keystone Homebrew Supply has always been to have a complete supply of everything a brewer could want. When you place your order online or when you come into our store, it's our goal to have everything on your list and more. One aspect of KeystoneHomebrew.com that we're really excited about is the ability to fulfill customers' exact grain bills. Do you hate to wait? Keystone Homebrew Supply can get your precious yeast and hops to you within just one day if you live between Connecticut and Virginia and within two days east of the Mississippi. KeystoneHomebrew.com I'm Jason Harris and I approve this message. There's an app on the iPhone for just about everything, including beer, apps for finding a pint of beer, apps that look like you're drinking a pint of beer, and now there's an app for brewing a pint of beer. Introducing BrewPal, the most all-inclusive beer brewing app for professionals and hobbyists that fits in your pocket and goes wherever you do. Recipe formulation that can be imported and exported with a customizable database. Mash and sparge calculations, yeast pitching rates, carbonation tables, and more. Available right now for less coin than a pound of grain. See BrewPal in action at brewpal.info and download it for your iPhone at a special introductory price right now. BrewPal, all the brewing software you need right in your pocket. Williams Brewing is your online resource for prompt delivery of quality home brewing supplies. Since 1979, Williams Brewing has offered the finest equipment and freshest ingredients and the best customer service in the business. Cut hours off your brewing sessions by using one of their 11 varieties of famous Williams malt extract. Their new SnapLock stainless steel camlock fittings will make connecting your pump or heat exchanger quick and easy. Or check out their exclusive paintball tank-based draft beer equipment. They even have their own line of precision hydrometers. Go to williamsbrewing.com to browse their vast selection. That's williamsbrewing.com. Orders placed by 4 p.m. Pacific Time weekdays ship the same day. Brewing is easy. The Williams way. Ten, huh? Getting tired of that same old handcrafted beverages day after day? Are you looking for something with more diversity than your normal beer? Fellow BN Army member Michael Fairbrother, owner of Moonlight Meadery, is reviving an entire beverage category. Mead! The meads at Moonlight Meadery are all handcrafted from the finest honey on the market and are perfect for any occasion, like weddings, baby showers, or... Excuse me? Mead is not your average girly drink, mister, and Moonlight Meads can be enjoyed anytime, anywhere. Football games with the guys. Yeah. Barbecues with the guys. Yeah. Operating power tools with the guys. Yeah. Um, actually, sir, that's really dangerous. Good point, son. Next time you have something to celebrate or are just looking for a new tasting experience, pick up a bottle of mead from Moonlight Meadery. Now in 21 states, making over 60 varieties of mead from dry, semi-sweet to sweet. Break out of that craft beer low. Grab a bottle of Moonlight Mead. Can't find some? Then ask. No, make that demand some. Yeah! 
Hey, my brewing brothers and sisters, this is Jamel Zanisha, and I love a bold, hoppy beer, one that spits resin in your face and makes you cry, Uncle. There are a lot of great hoppy beers out there, but at Heretic, we want to make something as bold, dank, and resiny as possible. We use hops at every chance we get, including multiple dry hop additions. The result is Heretic Evil Cousin. This light golden, 8% Imperial IPA has an easy malt character that helps take the edge off the massive bittering, but it takes a back seat to the in-your-face hop character. We make sure this beer finishes dry so the hops can jump out and slam me in the taste buds. If you can't get enough hoppy goodness, Evil Cousin is your cup of tea. Cheers. What'd you get? More brewing ingredients? Yep. You know what I love about Brewmaster's Warehouse? The $6.99 shipping. Well, yeah, but... Oh, the in-store classes for beginning brewers. Yeah, that's cool, but... Oh, oh, the brew builder. Creating and saving your recipes online is... Awesome! No, I'm... Yes, but... The cheese-making supplies. No. Oh, the wine-making supplies. Oh, the distilling equipment and liquor flavorings. All that stuff is awesome, yes, but what I really love is that the guy who runs it is totally hot. And, and that brew builder software is awesome. Oh, yeah. Brewmaster's Warehouse brings you flat rate shipping on great equipment and ingredients to make beer, wine, cheese, and spirits at brewmasterswarehouse.com. And if you're in Georgia, stop by Brewmaster's Warehouse Monday through Saturday from 10 to 6. Visit brewmasterswarehouse.com today because it's totally hot. Oh, yeah. What's funny is Bruce will say, yeah, I don't brew to style. I'm brewing my own beer. And it's like a German Pilsner, but it's black. Yeah, it's a sports beer. Sports beer. The home of live beer radio. TheBrewingNetwork.com Because like beer, radio shouldn't suck. You're listening to The Session. the program thanks for hanging out with us we're talking to weasel boy brewing out of zanesville ohio uh but first let me let you know a little bit about beersmith home brewing software you can go to beersmith.com right now and download your free 21 day trial we're going to talk a little bit about recipe formulation and different beer recipes with our guests tonight and one of the great ways to get your beer recipes together all in one place and prepare yourself for brew day is to use brewing software and the best brewing software on the market is beersmith and i'm not a to say that because you get a free 21 day trial to go check it out so just go download it and uh give it a shot now you can also uh, get the app i think they have it for ipad and uh, android and iphone and uh, all the different platforms and then you can do your recipe formulation on the go you know just because you never know when inspiration is going to hit you know you you could be at a beer festival in one of those uh, public restrooms and you know you're just doing your business and then all of a sudden you're like oh i have the greatest idea for a beer recipe and you want to be able to open 
up your, your app and, and just do it all right there. And you can do that. I'm sure that Brad Smith is loving my endorsement right now. <laughs> do it in the bathroom. Uh, do it. That's his new slogan. I'm giving it to him. Beer Smith. Do it in the bathroom uh, with the new Beer Smith mobile. Check yeah. it out. No more waving your hand underneath the <laughs> stall door to find someone to do it with. Hey, do it yourself. Hey, anybody got a notepad? No, you do it right there on your uh, on your app. Yeah. Uh, what right. is it, 2012? You don't have the app yet? Come on. <laughs> Go check it out. Beersmith.com. Free 21-day trial. All right. Our guests tonight, we got Jay and Lori Wince from Weasel Boy Brewing. They're hanging out with us. We're about to try uh, another one of your beers we have in front of us. But I have to ask you about where the brewery name comes from. This this is Lori's favorite story. So Okay. Well, um, we have ferrets at home, and <laughs> probably a couple too many right now. And uh, <laughs> friends of ours have always called them our weasel boys. And so when Jay was brewing at home, he used to call his beers weasel boy beers. And um, the name, nice. wow, it's, uh, it generates a lot of interest, and we sell an awful lot of T-shirts because our logo is kind of crazy. We... We have just recently were named, what was it? 35th worst. 35th worst name, worst oh. brewery name. Oh, yay! <laughs> wow. So on one of the uh, on one of the beer blogs, I was disappointed that Dog of Shed was was the first worst name, and I thought, well, Crimey, we can do better than that. Yeah, I was going to say the only thing that I would be offended about is being so far down the list. Yeah, if you're yeah. going to be on the list, you should be the yeah, list, right? Yeah. yeah, it was it was a fun it was a fun list. The guy who did the blog, and I apologize, I can't remember what the blog was. He did the top fifty best and the top fifty worst, and beside every brewing name, he had the. Uh, had a nice explanation of why he thought the name was good or bad. Okay. And some of them were some of them were multiple sentences. Ours was just two words. It said just stupid. <laughs> so, wow. Which we're thinking about putting on the back I, of some t-shirts. I think that's so. marketing right there, yeah. <laughs> Thank you to that blogger. We appreciate it. <laughs> well, listen, it's now been reinforced because I said that your brewery was a stupid idea. And <laughs> yeah. this guy said that the name was stupid. You have to just... Uh, uh, Susie, can you go uh, take care of what's happening downstairs? You have to just uh, go with it and, yeah, make a marketing campaign. Make a triple IPA or, or something stupid. Yeah, or like with a, with, a, with a name like Weasel Boy, our beer must be good. Yeah. I actually have I have the list. You did? I found the blog. Have I have the list right in front of me. Give us a couple of the – who's the top five? Uh, well, they, uh, Dogfish Head is the first one. Second one, Pig Minds. Yeah, that's stupid. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, number three, Spider Bite. Okay. That's pretty dumb. Yeah, Four, Ass Clown. What? No, that's dumb. <laughs> ass Clown Brewing. Huh. Uh, five, Scars and Stripes. Oh, that's that's number one. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, there's there's worse ones than Dogfish Head. I mean, at least it's kind of catchy, but Butternuts. <laughs> I like that one. That's I would drink good, Butternuts. Right? Ass um, Clown. <laughs> yeah, Broken Tooth, uh, Weeping Radish, Wormtown. Oh, yeah, that's that's a that's a that's a good sounding one. Yeah, but that was number Listen, nineteen on the list. I am quickly moving you guys to the good list uh, after hearing this. <laughs> yeah. Actually, one is our very close personal friend Patrick Rue at the brewery. The, yeah, yeah, I don't know that name. Was that a bad name? Oh. I didn't get it. No, it's terrible. phenomenal beer. Hey, like I said, it was just this guy's opinion, and he made it very clear that this had nothing to do with the beer. He loved the beer from a lot of sure. places, but I thought it was hilarious, and I thought he did a great job compiling it. And I think a lot of people took it really personally. But right. We thought it was hilarious. We got. 
was great. Well, that's good. I don't think you should take it personally. I think it's a fun post. It is a fun, and, and actually, a, a lot of the ones on his 50 best are terrible names. <laughs> okay. They're terrible. Yeah. I don't right. know if I should mention them, but... Sierra Nevada. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Terminal Gravity. Gravity Brewing. Original Gravity. Zero Gravity. Like, these are your best? There's, there's no creativity there. No. Uh, maybe the guy likes physics, you know, gravity. <laughs> right. Our friend uh, uh, Sven, our friend Steve, is on there with Kinetic, number 49. Uh, one of the best? Yeah. That is a good brewery name. Yeah. I like so, that. there you go. All right. <laughs> well, I, I had to ask, uh, of course, as you probably yeah. get asked often. Uh, all right, but, uh, Moscow, what are we trying now? Uh, this is the Bitter Sable uh, Imperial Black IPA. Okay, now I tasted this at the break, and I'm going to be honest with the two of you. As soon as we heard that we got an Imperial Black IPA, oh boy, we all kind of went, oh, well, it's, all right, it's one of these. No, it's not. <laughs> no, it is not. It's not at all. It, I want a pint of this. I want two pints of this beer already, and it's probably the first Imperial Black anything I've ever had that I go, oh yeah, I'll take a couple of those. You're it's, actually really lucky that you got that one or two bottles because <laughs> I drank a full keg of that myself, and I've got a customer that comes in that was throwing, having a heart attack last week when we ran out. Oh, really? I can see why. This this is one of those beers that if you if you know anything about beer and, you, and you're seeing all the new things people are trying, uh, you, you, you're worried about the style, and this is one of those beers that changes your mind, I think. it It starts out... And, and I'll say similar to the first beer we had, only in the sense of it starts out with a, a big mouthful of, of sweet flavor, and boy, does that go away and turn into a nice... The, the flavor stays around, but there's no sweetness, there's no thickness, I don't taste the 8% alcohol. Uh, I'll tell you what what I taste is, is uh, you get the sweetness, <clears throat> but it's like, and I mean this in the best possible way, it's a candy sweetness. It's very sweet, and the sweetness has depth. It's not just sugar. I see. There's what like you mean. a there's yeah. like a deeper, flavorful, yeah, sweetness to it. Almost and the, like the, you get from some of the Belgian candy sugars. Yeah, where but, it's but even complex. more so. Yeah, it's very complex, very very complex sweetness. And then and then you're right. It, it goes away. It's still there, but the bitterness kind of cleans it up, and it does taste kind of dry. And uh, and it, it, it so you you get a balance at the end. It's not one or the other. The sweetness is not entirely gone for me anyway. It's still yep. kind of at the back of my of my tongue there, but it's in perfect balance with the bitterness on the sides. It's 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 phenomenal. Now, it's really well balanced. You just said my one of my key descriptors of hopefully about everything we make, and you said balance, and to me that's what it's about. Um, a lot of people are doing out of balance beers, and a lot of people really enjoy them. I'm not one of them. <laughs> right. Yeah, you know, so, right. You know, and and I like I like the I like the comment on the sweetness too because you said it was a depth, uh, a, a, almost a candy sweetness. I, I really what I think plays in there is is the malt bill has some you know a nice, you know it's got a nice malty character to it, but also the yeast strains that we use in the brewery aren't real dry finishers. We we like to to leave some residuals, and that I think that really helps and. I was I was really influenced on that beer by a beer that was available years ago from Founders up in Grand Rapids. They did a black rye. It was a pale ale, but it was it was short lived. They didn't have it a long time. It was one of the first black so called like IPAs or pale ales that I ever saw. Okay. And we were making we started making this beer before the craze hit. Um, we had heard of one or two, 
but when we made this, the style hadn't even you know come to light yet. And you know, I don't want to cut anybody's products down, but honestly, a lot of black IPAs are hoppy stouts. Yes. Yep. Yes. Yeah. Yep. And and I I think it should be an IPA that's black. I know that makes no sense, but that's weird. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think that that JP touched on on what. Makes this this beer balance, and I want to ask JP because I have the details in front of me yeah. before I, I go into it. How many IBUs do you think this beer has? Let me uh, just get you know. Yeah, let me let me let me take another. Spot. I mean, just because I'm curious, I'm hoping that you're surprised. Eighty. Okay. Not far off. Yeah, he's not far off, and he's not surprised. I would have guessed lower, but. But in reading the spec, it's a hundred yeah. IBU beer, mm-hmm. and when I read that, I go, "So that's what's helping me out in the finish." And especially now, Jay, as you mentioned, that your your yeast is leaving behind some residual sugar. It's not that you're looking to dry this out. It's the balance that a hundred IBU adds to a big sweet front end that makes it not taste sweet, and it also makes it not taste bitter. There's it, nothing yeah. bitter about this beer. That well, you know. The the double IPAs that are coming out now are are Lori loves them. Don't she's she's the bitter side of the of the equation here. Okay. All those awful names I keep getting called. <laughs> bitter and stupid. Yeah. It's terrible. Hey, she wears a shirt that says I'm a bitter woman, so I can't take that one back. You're allowed that um, one. But you know, the, the 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 double IPAs that really I can enjoy one of and not go, whoa, you know, sensory overload, are mostly Midwest in production, a couple more towards the East Coast. One that, you know, one that stood out originally to me is, is, is a double, whether you like it or hate it, and a lot of people don't like it because it is balanced and it's not over-the-top bitter, and that's 90 minutes. Yeah. I mean, 90 minutes got some balance to it. It's got a lot of sweetness on the front end. It finishes bitter, more bitter than ours and more hoppy, don't get me wrong, but it, it's more balanced for a double IPA, and, and at nine percent, sometimes it can be a little scary too. But yeah, uh, our, our yeast strain does hide the ethanol well; it leaves some residuals. So, I mean, I wanted a double IPA that was a double IPA, and I didn't really want a, what tasted like a hoppy barley wine. So, um, well, you nailed that. That's kind of what the, what the beer's all about. It's it's really. Uh, I'm just surprised. Like I think I'm I'm raving about it because of my surprise. <laughs> Reading the name, we just went. Oh, here yeah. we go. <laughs> and uh, telling you, it's so wonderful. I could easily drink. Uh, well, I'm with you, Lori. I want my own keg. <laughs> yeah. Well, sorry, I drank all the yeah. last of it. <laughs> oh, that's all right. So how how do you achieve that that depth of sweetness? Like if if I'm a home brewer and I want to. Well, I'm not really getting depth of sweetness. It just kind of tastes sugary. What what would I do different to achieve depth, as we have coined it? Well, I you know basically it's it's not a com- a complex beer as far as the malt bill, but it does have a good a good amount of Munich. We use aromatic in it, so I mean we're we're throwing some malty flavors in there to begin with, and then again I think our direct fire kettle gives us some of those reactions. That's a 60 minute boil on that beer, uh, so we develop some some caramel and some Maillards in there. And, um, it's, you know, that I think with, with just the slightly, you know, less attenuative yeast strain we use, I think it all just kind of creates a nice marriage of, of, uh, of sweetness that doesn't taste just sugary. Can we know a bit about your, if you, if we don't know exactly what your yeast strain is, is there a recommendation from a homebrew perspective that you could give us, uh, that you would use? We, we experimented a lot um, 
kind of in test batches before we started the brewery because we wanted something that was kind of a workhorse that, that did a number of things so we didn't have to keep a whole bunch of yeast strains, you know, yeah. active at all the time. So, uh, but we, I mean, American strains are out because they're too dry. Um, really pick one of the cleaner um, English strains that probably attenuate somewhere in that 70 to 73% range and, you know, will ferment a little on the cool side so you keep your ester profile down if you want to. Okay. Uh, and, you know, they leave those residuals and there are a few of those strains uh, I could, like I think twelve seventy five is a good one. I'm going to sorry go with Weiss numbers because that's what I've always used. That's okay. Um, I think of the twelve seventy five, which I believe is the Thames Valley, the thirteen eighteen, which is a London three. Uh, the the ten twenty eight is not bad, although it will it will accent I think your your hop side a little more. It tends to be a little drier and a little more mineral minerally profiled. Um, the nineteen sixty eight will work, but you got to watch that sucker because it's a diastole thrower and a uh, and it'll drop out of suspension if you look at it crooked. Um, <laughs> okay. But I mean, you know, I think I think those character English strains that aren't too fruity are, are the ones that really I think you can achieve that with. So there are a couple of American styles of beer that we do that we use an English strain for that I think comes off very well. Okay. Well, that's good information, and and boy, is this a, a great example. Can we talk about the the hop profile of this, and and what you're doing on the on the you know the sixty or the, the bittering edition, and and then the rest? Well, of Well, I think I think this is another thing that makes that beer come across as a little more malty, and and the bitterness is much smoother and more blended. As we have a lot of late edition in there, we got a big charge at the beginning. Uh, which is Summit, and I know some people are cringing and rolling over right now because they, they think garlic or onion or whatever else they tend to get out of that, which we have never gotten, I might add. Uh, but then we do a lot of middle and late editions with, with blends, uh, Summit, Amarillo, Centennial, Cascade. So, Okay. I like but the I blending think, of it, and I think that's... Yeah, the, the blending gives it a, a different character. You can't really pick a profile hop out of there, and at the same time, uh, the late edition factor, I think, really makes that bitterness much smoother. And so that's really just in, or even Whirlpool edition or five minutes. Uh... We've got, uh, if now if I'm remembering this beer right, I think we've got uh, a sixty, uh, thirty, and I'm, I'm, I'll, I might mix this up with my IPA. Uh, there is a later edition, like. 15 or something like that but then yeah we throw a whole craplet in the whirlpool so okay you know and in essence that would, people that aren't whirlpooling in a homebrew situation that's probably almost an almost a five or ten minute addition i would think that because you're going to pick up some ibus in the whirlpool right uh, but you also don't lose all those volatile oils with the flavor and the aroma so so from a recipe building standpoint i feel like the adding uh combinations of hops in in one addition is the more advanced and I'm going to say really pro brewing mm-hmm. difference. Yeah, uh, it's I, there's so many varieties of hops, and and there you can do some research and find that you know that the sea hops work together, and there and there's some easy stuff. But really knowing when to, the summit and the amarillo and the and the amounts of each to put in together, that's a recipe building thing. Is that just experience, Jay? I mean, I want some tips on how to figure out which hops to blend together. Well, I, I, I think there's some normal ones that you can associate, like you just said. Um, we've done a couple of strange little things, like uh, we, we cask a dry hop 
uh, or dry hop a cask of something and we mixed like you know amarillo and warrior and people were like cringing again they're thinking oh my god it must have tasted like a lawn and what huh. warrior can tend to be grassy on its own but when you blend it with something else it just makes other things happen so i think you really have to experiment but probably one of the oddest combinations of dry hopping we did was in a beer uh that we did recently we recreated a uh well, you know, this is kind of a new trend, too, this this hoppy wheat beer or wheat IPA or whatever you want to call it. Um, we just basically call ours a wheat IPA. It's, it's, it's a smaller version. It's a 5.5%. But we blended uh, Spalt Select with Cascade, and it created a really neat profile. Um, it didn't quite taste like Cascade, but it had some of those earthy qualities of that, of that German, almost noble-like hop. And it created a really cool finish in the beer. So I, I think you have to be open to experimentation. I think that's something you can do by maybe splitting batches into, you know, gallon-sized batches and just playing with different uh, dry hopping combinations. And I think at some point those could carry over into, you know, late edition blending and things like that too. Well, that's a good idea, yeah. the splitting up uh, just for the dry hop. It sounds like something I could do. Whenever people talk about sli- split batches and things, I feel like, oh, I don't know how to do that. I gotta I put it in. But if it's just the same wort and I and I've hopped yeah. it, I've, I've hopped it all the same in the kettle. Then I put it into different vessels and I and I mess with dry hopping combinations. Mm-hmm. Now that I can do, that makes sense. And you sense. can actually even ferment it out totally in bulk. But you know, as opposed to taking it all to one keg or taking it all to, you know, whatever you could you could you know, rack a, rack a gal a couple gallons into you know your bottling bucket or, or rack a couple gallons off of your I'm sorry I'm, I'm getting ahead of myself rack a couple gallons off of your your secondary fermenter into a you know into a dry hop vessel and or hell throw it throw it in a keg how how easy is that you know exactly get a, get a three gallon corny dry hop it in the keg and, and you're going to be rid of two gallons before it's going to have to you know worry too much and sure. Well, that's an excellent point. Ferment, do the whole brew just like I normally would. It's just when I'm ready to transfer it out of there, I transfer it into different vessels for dry hopping. I like that. These are things I can handle, Jay. You're speaking my language. (laughs) You can do those things. (laughs) I feel, I just, things to me, they feel like, I'm being serious, they feel like they get complicated so quickly, and they they take the fun out of it for me. But something simple like that where I can experiment with with different ingredients is perfect. Well, yeah, and, and they can get out of control real fast, but if you, I think if you have the process down which you're starting to get back again because yeah. you're brewing a lot more, yeah. it's a lot less daunting because you've done it before. And it really, it's just a slight tweak on what you're doing anyway. Yeah. Instead of one vessel, it's two. Right. You put it in two kegs anyway, dry hop both kegs with yeah. different hops, and it's the same exact steps. I like it. Yeah, I like and it. you could do that with a five-gallon batch and two small kegs or a 10-gallon batch and two five-gallon kegs or, you know, however you want to do it. Yeah. But, you know, on that same kind of note, we have a, you know, we have a lot of home brewers and, and enthusiasts that will bring in their home brews for us to sample, you know, say, hey, can you try some? Let me know what you think. And, you know, we have a lot of people using a lot of hops that, you know, I'm just not familiar with, uh, you know, throughout some of those brand, you know, those big new hops that people are using. Um, you know, one that comes to mind that I've heard some people talking about is Mosaic and things like that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, I don't know anything about these new hops. I'm kind of resting on my laurels right now, and, you know, I'm, I'm afraid I'm going to get passed up, so I need to kind of start doing some playing around, but... <laughs> Right. You know, a lot of the a lot of the new hops these guys are bringing in, they're obviously just throwing things in sight unseen without testing them because some of them are really coarse and some are really good. So you know, there's there's a lot of investigation to do, and the more and more varieties we get, it just makes that much more complex to pick and choose what you want to use. Uh, we don't feel like we have to have you know thirty hops in our freezer, so 
you know, we've got seven or eight or nine varieties that we use for just about everything, and it works out well. But you know, it's 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 daunting when you see all the new varieties and things. You know, I agree with you that you don't have to necessarily stay cutting edge. I think that you're right in the way you're looking at it. Well, I I maybe need to know what's going on and what's out there. I don't want to miss out on on making a great beer, but. You're making great beer with ingredients that have been around, and heck, some of them aren't even that old. You know, Amarillo, things like that. So, uh, yeah, don't don't fix what's not what's not broken. Also, yeah, that's, yeah, that's kind of the, the point, I guess. Yeah. Hey, Lori, I just want to point out since we were making fun of the name a little earlier too, uh, your logo is awesome. I love the Weasel Boy logo. I'm looking at it on the glassware. Uh, I do like it, and uh, I think it looks great. Who who drew it for you? We, we had a, a friend of ours in Columbus. He's an architect, and he kind of draws a little bit on the side. And uh, he gave us two versions, actually, that one and then a kind of a more serious version. And obviously, we picked the goofy one. And uh, it's, <laughs> Good. Uh, it's actually been, been great. Folks um, really take well to the merchandise yeah. because of the logo, I believe. And uh, one of our slogans on the back of some of our shirts is "Wet your whistle with a weasel," and nice. that certainly brings some humor into it too. So, yeah, we were very pleased with that. Thank you for saying that. No, I do. I really like the logo, and it's also making me think about the name too. It, you know, it's a hell of a lot better than Ferret Boy <laughs> because yeah. Ferret Boy is what you get called in high school when you're like the smelly kid with big teeth, right? Really? <laughs> yeah, sure. You're like, ah, oh, a ferret boy. Is that just like uh, local to SoCal? No, no, I don't. I'm not saying specifically. I've heard it, but it it, there's something degrading. nice about it. It's yeah. a degrading. Who but, are these but people weasel... that called you Weasel Boy? Who is it? I want to know. It would have been no, ferret, ferret Boy. boy. Yeah. Ferret Boy. But Weasel Boy, it's it's so much better than Ferret Boy. It is cute. And, uh, it is a, like a um, an endearing name. Endearing name. And the logo oh, makes stupid, it more so. You know. Yeah. It's, it's <laughs> just stupid. That's, that is endearing to JP. <laughs> yeah. All right. Now, listen, the moment I've been waiting for, I, I have your uh, Anastasia Russian Imperial Stout in front of me. Uh, it's a big beer. Uh, eight, uh, well, not bigger than the last one. It's 8%. For a Russian, it's the smallest, yeah. Really. Is, what is the average Russian Imperial Stout? Well, most doggons give you like an eight to twelve, or you know, eight to twelve really is the normal range. Okay, uh, that, that I've seen on most homebrewing guidelines or even BA guidelines for JBF. That's that's the, kind of the normal range. Typically, the English styles were lower, and the American styles are higher. Okay, thank you for staying lower. Just uh, per, uh, per, from the Brewing Network to you, thank you. Well, that's kind of our that's kind of our uh, mantra. Clear across the style, clear across our product line. We we like to stay. On the on the in the modest side of the alcohol ranges, I think it makes for a better drinking and a smoother beer. And obviously, you can enjoy a couple more too. So we well, agree. sure. And eight percent, it's plenty. <laughs> it's really plenty. Yeah, you have three of those and yeah. haven't had a lot to eat, and you're going, "Oh my god!" You know, right? I would have three of these. This <laughs> beer's ridiculous. I, I have had three of them. Yeah. I need to- <laughs> I right. probably had more than that, but I haven't been going anywhere. So uh, good. That's fine. Then you're good. Now, and I haven't tasted it yet, but uh, my notes tell me that this is this is a recipe from when you were a home brewer. Yeah, that recipe was probably written in 2000. Yeah, well, that was actually, the first first all grain recipe that I actually ever put together. Yeah. Wow. And and is it really this this pretty much the same recipe or exactly the same recipe now? There is uh, one minor difference. Uh, the original homebrew recipe, God knows why, I put wheat in it. 
um, just a small amount, probably for head retention, which is a lot of, you know, what we do, a lot of home brewers do that, just, you know, to kind of help with head retention because of the proteins. But uh, when we went into the commercial um, setting, we decided to, to drop the wheat out. We slightly altered our, our dark roasted grain percentages, but not significantly, just really kind of just to kind of round off in full bags, quite honestly. Okay. Now, that makes sense. We've heard about that on the show, too. In fact, one of our shows, Can You Brew It? I would always say, the brewers who came on, they're like, yeah, we don't measure ounces, man. It's a bag of something. Exactly. So, okay. Uh, and this won the gold medal in 2012 at the Great American Beer Festival, as well as the bronze medal in 2010. Yes. And it's the first homebrew recipe, uh, full recipe that you made. And yeah, yeah. Uh, you won a couple of competitions nationally with uh, this recipe as a homebrewer too as well, right? It won a lot of homebrew competitions and then it took a bronze medal twice in the national homebrew competition. Okay. And once again, now I've tasted it, you have balanced the hell out of this beer. It's awesome. And now, the parts that shouldn't be balanced, which in my opinion, they're, uh, you go for a Russian Imperial Stout because it's got some some big chocolate and some, uh, not necessarily big roast in, the, in an accurate sense, but it's got some roasty notes. It's got some big unbalanced part to it. But w- again, with the high alcohol and the sweetness, it's balanced with the bitterness. Uh, it's dessert without being overly sweet. This needs to be uh, 10 r- degrees warm. Throw some vanilla ice cream in it, then it'll be dessert. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's exactly what I was thinking when I was giving the description. I I just didn't want to sound like a big sissy, like I want to have a, a float. But it would be perfect. I have a float. The brewery. You, sorry, you do? We do. We sell a lot of those in the brewery. We've got a great little um, ice cream place in Zanesville, Ohio, that was named top one of the top ten places in the nation to buy ice cream. And we use their vanilla. It's great. It's called it Dryers. Would, it would be pre- <laughs> No, it's not. It's called Tom's. Tom, oh, there you oh, go. Well. <laughs> Uh, um, warm, warm it up. Plug, plug, plug. I am. I'm, yeah. I'm working on that. I tried a cold sip first, and now I'm, I'm warming it up. But I love the the cold. It it has, you know, you've got a nice house flavor, too. And I think that house flavor, it, you described it best, Jay, it, by saying that you're you're not drying it out too much. You're, you're leaving some of those residuals. But you're, the way you're compensating for that is, is with that balance. And every one of these beers has had it. Well, that's been the goal. And, and that's that really is the goal in every style we make. Um, it sounds kind of stupid sometimes to say a balanced IPA, but you know there's there's a difference between an unbalanced American IPA and say something like Two Hearted or or, or Alpha King or something like that. Um, those to me those are really great balanced American IPAs. There are some that have absolutely no malt at all. It's just like a mouthful of bitterness, and they're not pleasant to drink. Yeah. So I think no matter what your style is, there's a, there's an achievable balance there, uh, and that's kind of what we strive to do. You know, we're not going for the biggest alcohol. We're not going for, you know, um, in your face flavors. Whether it's an imperial stout or a summer fruit beer, you know, the fruit's going to be balanced with with the beer as well. So, you know, that's just kind of been our approach from the beginning. We just feel that it's 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 easier to come in and enjoy a few beers without just getting fatigued you know as far as palate fatigue or feeling too full or feeling like your mouth's ready to blow up or whatever sure i i think one of the reasons i'm making such a big deal about your particular brand of balance is that lately and and, and i the last year or so my mantra has been that if people dry out their beers enough if it ferments low enough then then we can deal with these big flavors and i think there's a lot of good examples about that 
But you're changing my mind a little bit in the sense that I've always said, yeah, it's when they leave all that residual sugar behind that I just, I don't want another pint. It might taste, that first sip is wonderful and everyone thereafter isn't. And you're, you're changing my opinion about the, you, if you're good at it, you can still leave the re, some of that residual sugar and not just have to dry it out to no end. Yeah, I agree. This this just this past year um, at Great American Beer Festival, the silver medalist was a, a brand new imperial stout from uh, Sierra Nevada, okay. um, which was which was unnamed at the time, and then became a what did it become? Norwal. Norwal. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Norwal. Yeah. And it was really fun because <laughs> we got to taste that right there, and I thought, well, this is amazing, you know? Yeah. It was noticeably higher alcoholers. I think theirs was just a hair over ten, but it was amazing, and we just. So happened somehow to have set up an event in Cleveland, Ohio, in October, two weeks after GABF. It was scheduled in August. And we were teaming up with Sierra Nevada at a beer tasting for a, a week-long thing in Cleveland called Cleveland Beer Week. And it was at this really great um, kind of beer-centric restaurant um, in, in just south of downtown. And, and it was us in Sierra Nevada, which was kind of like David and Goliath. I mean, you know, they're huge. But they invited us. You know, they, they wanted to team with Ohio Brewery every year. So it just so happened that two weeks after the festival at the same event, we had the gold and silver medal winning a Russian Imperial Stout. And it was, it was, nice. just a, real, it was a real treasure to go try them again side by side two weeks later in a different setting. And they paired us up with a dessert food truck, and we tasted them with like these awesome chocolate caramel cupcakes. And they were just wow. great. That is great. That is a, 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 For you, that's got to be just an awesome experience, too, yeah. because this is a beer near and dear to your heart, too. You know. Yeah, that's kind of you know that's it's always great when that one is is kind of singled out and uh, appreciated. Uh, that's you know that's probably you know I never say I have a favorite beer, but that's definitely close to my heart for sure. Yeah, is there coffee of any form in this beer? No, that's a three grain beer, and that's all it is. Hmm. It's it's pale roast and chocolate, and I think it comes from the types of roast and chocolate we use in in the combinations. Um, we did some. You know, a lot of research there. The, well, I love stouts, so I played with different types of roasted barley and chocolate malts and black malt. And I and just me to my palate, there's no such thing as black patent malt in my brewery. It doesn't exist in my brewery. Okay, Our thank you, sick. thank yeah. you very much. And, and black malt has a great presence in specific situations, but I think black malt can really take over a beer and, and give you a harsh edge. Um, Chris England, um, BJCP former education director, did a great series years back in in uh, brew your own on on the different roasted malts chocolate black and and roasted barley mm-hmm. or yeah yeah i just said that i think so and it was fun to see his perspective on it, it was very similar to mine uh but black malt's got its place but i didn't think it belonged in an imperial style or any style really uh, any of our styles they're all chocolate and roast and then i use varying degrees of color from different maltsters, depending on what kind of a stout it is, whether it's you know more of a smooth American stout or whether it's a foreign extra or whether it's a Russian imperial. So, but even the chocolate malts can be difficult to use, I think, and and lend to some off flavors in in too much quantity. You can use I too think, much. Yeah. I think they can. There, there's about ten percent chocolate malt in that beer right there, and wow. about ten percent roasted barley. So it's uh, about twenty percent of the total grain bill, uh, but there again, like I say, I think choosing the right one for what you're doing. I think the more you use, the more you got to be careful with with how strong that malt flavor is. It is it is it a really you know bold roasty chocolate malt or roasted barley, or is it a little smoother, more chocolatey, uh, have a more rounded flavor to it? 
and that that comes from experimenting i think with with the malts when you're when you're playing with stouts and things like that is um you know the because i've seen let's just say from a breeze at like 300 and maybe 55 or something or possibly a little darker to a hugh baird which is almost 580 Mm. you know in in roasted barley and you you know now if a recipe just generically says roasted barley you're going to have two seriously different beers if one of them's breeze and one of them's hugh baird good point so so, I mean, that's something you really have to watch when you're doing that, uh, I think, playing with dark roasted grains. Okay. And that's something that we've really, I think, paid attention to. and, and to, But yet, at the same time, to get that big, thick, chewy, you know, absolutely black, opaque beer with plenty of roasted character and plenty of flavor without it taking over, you know. Uh, if we'd used, I think, Hubert in that, at that percentage, it would be much more harsh, possibly coming on a stringent and acrid, so... Well, that's an excellent tip, folks at home. Make sure you know what your local homebrew shop or whoever you're ordering from, uh, like our sponsor, More Beer, uh, that you know which chocolate malt they have, which brand, yeah. It makes a difference. Which maltster they have, Uh, because that's a good point. I mean, uh, Jake gives us a whole recipe for this, and if you use the the different chocolate malt, it's going to be a different beer. You might go, Justin, was what's what's he talking about? He's insane. <laughs> that, that beer's undrinkable. <laughs> I, I've taken black roasted barley out of my stout, my oatmeal stout. I took it out. Okay, took it out. Because Why you weren't able to just get that right? No, because I don't. I don't want it. Okay, because I'd rather use the patent and the uh, and the other dark malts to kind of give a little, you know, acrid note, but not too much because you can't. You can overdo it. And I've had I've had so many stouts that have overdone it. it I just I'm over it. Okay. You really think that ter- uh, make a different kind of chocolate malt could render this beer undrinkable? Like uh, it would make that big of a difference? No. Well, actually, yes, I do, and be- that's part of why I'm raving about Jay's beers. Is that especially the last two, this this Russian Imperial Stout and the the double uh, or the Imperial Black IPA, is yeah. that they're they're two styles where the the ingredient that you're kind of pushing the envelope ingredients that you're pushing the envelope with. Can easily just turn into an undrinkable beer. You might have a couple sips that taste really nice because it's a big flavor, but as soon as you're over that, the rest of the pint becomes undrinkable. It's too thick. It's too this. It's too bitter. It's too like it's too like uh, coffee that sat on the on the burner for too long. Oh. Uh, so yeah, I do think that with a beer like this, with what Jay was just mentioning, but the, a roast between three hundred or five something. Could change everything. Yeah. Jay, did you ever mess with this recipe when you were a home brewer? Like, did you tweak it and go, now nah, the original was the best? Uh, the original one was the best. Um, I did I did try a couple different things. In, in, in a couple of versions, I tried, you know, substituting a little bit of Munich in. I tried a couple of different yeast strains. Uh, but, you know, really the original kind of was the best. It was just so simple, mm. uh, you know, Try to get the right balance of what of the ingredients and let the yeast do the work. I mean, that was kind of it's kind of what happens in that beer. So uh, if I actually, could... you know, Gordon Strong just did a, a. You guys have probably seen it in the latest Zymergy. Um, that basically that recipe is in the latest Zymergy. So there oh, you go. perfect. Well, I was just going to kind of go down, go through what you've given us here to to narrow it in for listeners too, in case they don't have it. But you, you pretty much narrow some of this down. The the OG of this is a a ten eighty three beer. IBUs are. Uh, 68, and we could talk specifically about that, but it looks like it's Centennial Hops. Uh, ends up at 8%, and so far, Jay has told us that it's it's three hops, and that it's just 20% of them is the... the three, three grains. Uh, th- sorry, three grains. That's what yeah, I meant to say. Yeah. Three grains. And 20% is the chocolate. Uh, 10% is chocolate, and 10% is the roast, right? So Roughly, uh, yeah. Probably in the homebrew recipe, it comes out somewhere around 
eight and a half or nine percent, I think, uh, of each. Okay. Somewhere around there. It's, it's probably 18 to 19 percent um, of the total grain bill. Uh, ours, because rounding to full bags sometimes, I think ours is a little closer to 20. It's like 19 point something. But, got it. Uh, oh. But yeah, I mean, he's got, Gordon's got that written down pretty explicitly about, you know, how we ferment it out, uh, which appalls people as well, because we do ferment the beer warm. Uh, so it, it's kind of a, yeah, it's kind of a different. You know, we have a little different approach on it. Uh, water's kind of important in the respect that you don't want water that's too hard. Okay. Uh, you, you really want uh, a softer water profile for the beer because that really, again, ro- rolls off all that harshness from the dark roasted grains. Um, if the water were too hard, there again, those might come across as really kind of hard and, yeah. and unpleasant. So It'll dial up that's that another, bitterness. That's another important, important thing in, in that beer. I realize I meant to, I meant to say patent. There's no, I have roasted barley in my in my stuff, but I've you taken take the patent, patent out. I was but confused same, yeah. by that because you applauded him for not having patent, right, and then right. said you don't use truck. But I thought, well, I don't know. I I'll leave the- him alone. <laughs> <laughs> you should have called me on it. I get those two confused in my head sometimes. Okay. Yeah. But, we were just but, being polite. We thought you'd been drinking too much beer. <laughs> <laughs> right. I hate yeast. I'm glad you never... I don't use yeast in my beer. Uh, yeah, right. it's the patent. that it, it gets way too astringent and, and almost charcoal-y if you, if you like briquette, charcoal briquette, if you have too much of it yeah anyway that was my okay you just said patent i'm like or you said roasted barley i was like shit it's the other okay all right yeah all right well and also tying into what jay was just saying about the water profile yeah that charcoal briquette and chalk and other things are, are are what i don't like about some of these beers and i think that's what you mean by the the harder the water the more that stuff's going to accentuate too yeah it definitely will yeah you need a softer one here um soft is good yeah and uh you know, it's not a low amount of IBUs, maybe compared to what we've had tonight, but 68. It? I was going to say 45. And, uh, yeah, it's 68 on this. And again, That's firm. there's nothing bitter about this beer. And yeah. I love that. Yeah. I love hop character, but there's nothing bitter about it. So, well done. Yeah, and, and I think even I think in the recipe, too, that Gordon's got in, uh, in, the, in the magazine, it, it basically says bittering hop of your choice because it, it honestly in that beer it just wouldn't matter unless you were using something that just doesn't go away okay um, and but in, in the finishing house it's always been centennial but it doesn't have a strong presence but if i think if you change that it would definitely change the beer but uh the bittering addition I mean, you could use anything you could use warrior you could probably use columbus you could use newport you could use summit you know as far as we're concerned in our brewery but um, I think typically what we've been using uh, Galena or Newport, but uh, you know, in the past it was Warrior. At home, it was whatever I had, uh, but it was always a Centennial Final Editions. So okay, and is the yeast in this beer the same as the other beers we've tried tonight? Yeah, a nice, a ni- and that one's probably a little more forgiving. But yeah, I think a nice English yeast uh, really works the best in that because it, it kind of gives you it lends to that bittersweet thing. I think you leave some residuals in there, and you know mostly they're dextrins. They're not unfermented sugars, but they're just dextrins. You know, and, and your mash temperature all plays in. But you, know, you just want I think you just want a nice balanced wort to go in there that doesn't come out too dry or too sweet either way, uh, or it just throws everything out of balance. So uh, yeah, that's yeah that's a beer we you know we've been brewing for a long time and. We kind of know what it's going to do, so it's it's been real consistent for the most part. Well, I have liked everything about this interview and this experience, <laughs> except for the fact that uh, we're we're almost out of beer. Uh, yeah, what a wonderful sampling you sent us! I really appreciate that. Well, you're very welcome. Um, you knew when I talked to you, I didn't want to do it, but I did. 
Yeah, Scott. <laughs> well, Scott did tell me that he said because, but uh, you just were worried about the condition of the beer, right? Well, hand bottling is not one of my favorite things to do either. So okay, I got you know. I mean, I don't use counter pressure or anything like that. I got a secret. I got a secret. Uh, uh, she just Lori just went. To him. <laughs> I thought I we heard that. Yeah, we you definitely hear that, heard guys? it. Yeah. Oh yeah, <laughs> secret process. So yeah, yeah. I heard you cross your arms too while you did it. Yeah, <laughs> the secret process. Stick this under the tap, honey, and cap it. <laughs> Not quite that crude, but almost. <laughs> well, you know, and maybe your concerns are valid if a beer is going to hang out over time. But this traveled very well, and uh, there are no off flavors, and uh, you know. This would have been a much quieter interview if they weren't genuinely great, great beers. They're they're fantastic. Thank you very much. We really appreciate that. You're very welcome. Let me get through some listener questions if you don't mind before we got to wrap it up here. Sure. Um, well, Lori mentioned the ice cream floats, and somebody else asked about pizza. So I suppose I should ask you guys before I get to the question: Are are you a brew pub? Yes, we are. We're a brew pub. So we're a uh, you know, brewery pizza shop, basically. Yeah. Okay. So, Spider Wrangler in the chat room had written in. He said, uh, Weasel Boy makes some really good beer-infused pizza. So, uh, bringing the beer back to the baking, do they have plans on adding uh, to what their kitchen offers, or are you just going to stick with the pizza? Pretty much, we're a pizza, yeah, we're a pizza shop. It's, uh, it's simple. It's easy. You know, you have an oven. You don't have fryers. You don't have an extensive uh, selection of ingredients uh to have to get through it it's just more efficient i i think it's uh i should say we think we talked about this a lot when we went into this part of the business and it was uh you know simple equal good do something and try to do it as good as you can and try not to do 30 things so it, it just seemed to fit in our philosophy again okay and, uh, when he says beer infused we actually use part stout part water with wheat flour in our crust that's where that comes from and we do have salads with fresh local greens and different things as well oh, you guys are making me very hungry in this middle of this interview yeah and that that question came from spider wrangler who is the uh guy who turned me on to you so thanks for oh that. well he has more questions for you oh. uh <laughs> He also, well, he knows this. Why is he asking? All? He just wants to get famous here. <laughs> <laughs> Could be. Well, this one is definitely an insider question. He says, "What's your shoe size?" <laughs> he says, "There's uh, there's been a recent push to increase Ohio's ABV limit from 12 to 21 percent." And he says, "Not that Jay is necessarily against it, but he has a definite opinion on what direction Ohio legislation should be moving first to help small brewers." What's he talking about, Jay? Um, well, we're we're members of the Ohio Craft Brewers Association, and, and as an association, we don't have an official stance on this uh, alcohol raising limit. So I want to make that very clear right now. Okay. But from our personal standpoint, as as Weasel Boy Brewing Company, and as nothing else, it's uh, it's just it's just a non important issue right now. Uh, I mean, there are a lot of beer consumers out there that are really pushing for it. You know, they want to see, uh, whatever, 120 minute worldwide stout, a lot of those big beers, bourbon County stout, things that we can't get in Ohio with the 12% limit. I don't have an issue with that. Um, you know, those are fun beers to enjoy and share. It's not a beer we're ever going to brew. It's not a beer. Probably 90% of the, of the breweries in Ohio are ever going to brew. Um, so I think me as an, as a brewer in a, in a, in a state like Ohio that really, has an up-and-coming beer scene, I think the legislature is going to be 
less friendly to something like that. Uh, you know, there are some, you know, not really super vocal, but there are some neo-prohibitionist type people out there that will start screaming, you know, blood and death if, if we have <laughs> higher alcohol percentages. Right. Uh, at the same time, those people don't understand that just the cost prohibition is not going to let people do that. I mean, those beers are extremely expensive to purchase and produce, so you're not going to go out and buy a 12-pack of 20% beer and, you know, kill yourself. Yeah. But, but you know, I think I think as an Ohio brewer, you know, I think it's more important for us to, you know, to monitor what our legislature is doing as far as, you know, are they going to look for our industry as more of a revenue stream? You know, are they going to think about taxing us? Are they going to think about, you know, in any way prohibiting any type of um, sales as far as, you know, are they going to watch like, growler carry out things? Are they going to do the self-distribution thing? We're allowed to self-distribute in Ohio as a small brewer. You know, those are the type, type of things, you know, we're more concerned about. We want to keep an open business climate for the, for the small brewer to succeed. So I don't feel that it's, you know, in my best interest to, to go into the state house and push an agenda that really doesn't do anything but raise skepticism about well, what's the point of this. So yeah. it's not that I'm against it in the long run, but right now I don't think it's something that I feel that we should be focusing on as as an issue. I think there are more important things to worry about that, that won't draw negative criticism to us and that will, you know, increase our our uh, appearance positively and as a great, you know, uh, industry in the state, as a revenue producer, as a tax dollar producer. Sure. So those things that I, I think we're we're more worried about than worrying about raising the alcohol limit or something sure. like that. You know, because that could happen down the road. Alcohol limit, and obviously it's not a problem. So I think we'll get to that point, but I don't think it's right. something we should push in our kind of infancy of, of really a blooming uh, industry. That's a very well-reasoned argument, and I feel the same way about some of the things that homebrewers bring up about homebrewing laws in different states is don't put the cart before the horse. Uh, there's a dozen cliches that match up to this, one step at a time, and I think you're right. You're not saying you're against uh, raising the alcohol level, but Dynamite. You, you might shoot yourself realm. in the foot uh, by going for big alcohol when what you really mean to do is... Yeah. Build a nice environment, a welcoming environment, a well-proven environment that craft beer and craft beer drinkers, we're not looking for 21% beer to get hammered. We're just looking to be able to experiment and, and make it a popular... Exactly. Right. Know. Don't so. cut your nose off to spite your face <laughs> oh, that, or you. throw it the baby with the bathwater, but it's, you know, it's, I think, uh, Jay for Senate. That's what I think. <laughs> right. Yeah. All right. Uh, let's see. Did I have another one? Um... No, I think that's about it uh, for you guys on the listener questions here. Uh, oh, wait. No, here we go. I missed this one. Do you still make homebrew size pilot batches when you're experimenting? Uh, no. Okay. We, uh, we did that probably within our first year. But pretty much now when we want to make something we haven't made before, um, unless it's something really obscure, then we'll actually talk to other people and and talk about, you know, maybe dosing rates for specific ingredients that we've never used. Like if you're making something with a fruit or with some sort of an additive, like say if you're going to do a coffee beer, which we have not done, but something along that line, you know, I think we would, you know, maybe think about it, but we might just enlist a home brewer to, you know, assist us with it. Um, we, you know, once we got the mechanics of our system, the intricacies of our system, and its little quirks and things, 
and we got to know the grains that we're using and we know our hop efficiencies and things like that, it really didn't, you know, seem necessary to do it any longer. You pretty much knew what was going to be the result. Uh, so we would formulate the recipe with, you know, a cup full of caution to make sure it didn't become too bitter for what we're looking for or not bitter enough for what we're looking for. So, you know, to try to achieve that balance, we, you know, we, we would, you know, just shoot for a target and then we can tweak slightly if we needed to. But for the most part, the system's pretty predictable in what we can make it do. And we don't branch out and use different malts all the time. We have a, a, a core of, of base malts that we use, and the specialty grains we use are always, you know, something that we have on hand or we've, we've used before, so we know what to expect out of them. And like I say, we're not experimenting with brand-new hops or anything like that right now. So Got it. So you got it all dialed in. You don't need that pilot system. Yeah, it hasn't been necessary. If we were doing something totally off the ball, it would. Okay. Well, you guys have been wonderful. I, I, um, we're about out of time. We, we got a ticket giveaway to do. Um, but, Loria, I want to point out now that after all this time and listening to both of you speak, we know that you're really the smart one. Oh, yeah, right. <laughs> we can tell. I'm still bitter, though. <laughs> we can tell where the wheels of this operation lie. <laughs> yeah, I will point out, though, that we we are a team. We are a brewing team. A lot of people mistakenly say I'm the brewer and, uh, you know, just kind of leave her out. But, right. you know, Brew Day is a, a 50-50 team effort. So it's it's not, you know, me or her. It's both. So it's uh, it's it's important to have that. Yeah, and I have to say I've learned a lot from him <laughs> in these six years. Well, I, I wish you two luck. You sound like a hardworking family. I know that you still have your other job, Lori, and I. Uh, unless you absolutely love it, I, I wish you enough success that you can get out of that one, too. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> You're welcome. And thank you both. Uh, I think you shared some good information, and, and thanks so much for sharing the beer because... We would not have gotten the whole Weasel Boy story without trying this beer. You're, you're really doing something exceptional. So Absolutely. Thanks for that. Well, thank you. We really appreciate it being on, and we you know, appreciate being asked. So um, we look forward to seeing you guys around. Yeah, you know, we'll probably look for you at GABF now. There we'll we be go. going straight to the Weasel Boy table now. But we'll definitely be there again, unless, you know, I fall off a cliff or something. <laughs> right. I don't wish that upon you. Thanks so much, guys. <laughs> I appreciate your time, and good luck to you. Thanks a lot. Cheers. Bye, Lori. Thanks. See ya. There you go. That's uh, awesome. Jay and Lori wince, and I love it when we have a, a brewery on here that I don't know about that just blows my mind uh, with their beer. I, it's the most fun kind of tasting experience for me. Yeah. Uh, because I, I, the expectations aren't there. You know, I, you get a, you know, you get one of these breweries that I'm a fanboy of. You get a Firestone in here, and I'm already expecting to love it. And it's so nice to get these ones that just blow my mind. Yeah, I have no idea boy. who they are. Yeah, it's, it, it gives me hope for the craft beer movement. Yeah. That not everything has to be over the top or out of balance and extreme West Coast style, you know, <laughs> a monster of a thing. It, some things can be balanced and super delicious. It was good stuff. Yeah, I love it. All right, let me get us to break. When we come back, we're giving away Firestone Walker tickets. Get ready. 888-401-BEER. You need to call in and tell us, what are you willing to let us do to you to get tickets to the Firestone Walker Beer Festival? We'll be back after this break. You're listening to the Brewcasters on the Brewing Network. 
Have you ever been stuck with a last-minute brewing question? Maybe on a new piece of equipment or a recipe kit you haven't tried before. The Brewmeister knows how that feels and is here for you. The Brewmeister prides themselves on personal service and advice to all of their customers, whether in-store or online. The Brewmeister is a full-fledged home brew store, too, with all the ingredients and gear you need to make great beer and wine. You'll be glad you visited shopbrewmeister.com or one of their stores in Roseville or Folsom when you need to pick up the phone and get your brewing questions answered fast. Visit shopbrewmeister.com right now and see the personal difference the great team at the Brewmeister have to offer. If you visit today, use coupon code B-N-A-R-M-Y and get 10% off your first order. Some conditions apply. The Brewmeister, personal service and advice with exceptional quality. Shopbrewmeister.com know the three most important rules in brewing? Sanitation, sanitation, and sanitation. And no one does it better than Five Star Chemicals. Five Star knows sanitation. You can only sanitize clean equipment. And Five Star knows how to clean, too. For craft brewers and home brewers, Five Star has what you need to keep your fermenters, serving tanks, kegs and draft lines sparkling and free of any beer-spoiling bacteria. PBW, caustic, acid cleaners, star sand, sanitation, clean lubricants and defoamers ph stabilizers and more five star chemicals has cleaning supplies safety supplies heat exchangers pumps hoses and valves and five star is proud to offer eco-friendly products that exceed customer expectations if you have a cleaning problem you need the five star solution visit fivestarchemicals.com or call 800-782-7019 800-782-7019 and get the five star treatment today that's it i've had it i am never putting hops in my beer again what why it's just too ridiculous insane prices stupid contract high shipping costs crappy selection dude you need nico brew nico brew will rock your face right the off your skull five dollars shipping to all 50 states plus fantastic international rates get you low prices on nico brew's great selection of hops and more. Whether you're a home brewer, a pro brewer, or a home brew shop owner, Nico Brew can get you the hops you need in increments big and small, single orders, spot buys, or full contracts. And there's only one place to join the uber special secret elite bare bones club where you'll get the best deals anywhere. Holy f***ing shit! NicoBrew.com N-I-K-O-B-R-E-W Nico Brew, your bare bones buddy in the brewing business. Tonight is the night. We bring the creature to life, Dr. Blitzenstein? Yes, J.P. Lord. Everything is perfect for my next fermented creation. My doctor, the storm is too far away. We'll never have enough power to isomerize the creatures out of the <laughs> Yes, J.P. Lord. We will. For I have in my possession the Tower of Power! Glickman's new Tower of Power is the evolution of automation. Control hot liquor, sparge, and mash temps like a pro. The Tower of Power is a high-quality gas-fired rim system that works with your current brewing setup. With ultra-precision, the tower can hold your mash to one-half of a degree Fahrenheit. Precision and repeatability. The Tower of Power is the answer to automatic, fast ramp times. See more at BlickmanEngineering.com. Bring your next creation to life with the Tower of Power. Dr. Blickman, with the Tower of Power, you can probably give me an afternoon at the pub to enjoy a pint. Don't be silly, J.P. Gore. We have beer to brew. 
BN Army Top Tech has a great discount waiting for you. Do you often find it difficult to find specific specialty ingredients for your homebrew recipes? Well, listen to this. Hop Tech stocks 59 different grains to choose from, 39 varieties of pellet hops, and 8 kinds of holy pops. And Hop Tech not only carries Y yeast and White Labs yeast for you, but also Fermentus, 04, 5, 6, 23, 33, and T58 Belgian yeast, plus Cooper's Nottingham and Windsor yeasts. Got your recipe ready to go? Pick up some great brew gear like new long and short sleeve shirts, games, and more. HopTech's new website is being updated every day with new items. If you don't see it, call the shop. They're open six days a week. BN Army and AHA members get a 10% discount, and active military personnel get 15% off. Visit HopTech.com today for great selection, great service, and a great discount. HopTech.com. Mix me your 100-grain amber recipe, and I'm going to eat it. And then it can ferment in my gut. It totally works. The beer is almost identical to the grain sandwich. Your colon won't know what hit it. <laughs> the, the home of live beer radio. The Brewing Network.com. Because like beer, radio shouldn't suck. You're listening to The Session.
Have you touched me with your warmness? Or have I wet myself again? Are you drinking with me, Jesus? I can't see you very clear. If you're drinking with me, Jesus, won't you buy a friend a beer? Or does your head pound with the masses? Hands hung over, you do rise. Tell me what does heaven look like, Jesus? Seen through holy bloodshot eyes. Or should we take a taxi home, Jesus? Or should we simply hope it from here? I know you can walk on the water, but can you walk on this much beer? Are you drinking? I can't see you very clear If you're drinking with me, Jesus Would you buy a friend a beer? Are you drinking with me, Jesus? I can't see you very clear If you're drinking with me, Jesus Would you buy a friend a beer? God damn it, won't you buy a friend a beer? Thank you for sticking with us, and welcome back to the program. A special thanks to Weasel Boy Brewing once again. Uh, Jay and Lori Wince for being on the program and uh, spreading the information about uh, wonderful uh, balanced craft beer. That was a good time, and uh, they did a good job, I think, of, of talking beer with us. But right now, it's Firestone Ticket Giveaway. 888-401-BEER. Call in right now. I see we got a call on there already. 888-401-BEER. What you're doing is uh, letting us know... What will you allow us to do to you the day of the festival to earn those tickets? You might have to walk away around all day branded or or something else. What are your ideas? We've got two tickets to the Firestone Walker Invitational. Matt Brindleson, uh, the brewer, is on the phone right now. Hey, Matt. How you doing, buddy? Good. Good evening. How are you? I'm doing great. And I have, a, I have an interesting story for you that I think you're going to like, Matt. Oh, no. Well... <laughs> A couple. What did I do now? <laughs> you didn't do anything. It oh, turns out. I, I so I went to the Southern California Homebrew Festival a couple weeks ago, and, and on our way back, like I'll always do when I'm traveling 101, I stopped at the brewery, and I had lunch over at the. There's a new uh, restaurant bar, which is badass, by the way. Yeah. And then Thanks. leaving, uh, Kate the Great and I went to to grab some growlers and some cases of the 805 beer that you make, which I want to talk to you about too. But uh, as we're walking in, I see this chick with uh, um, a a baby car carrier thing, a baby in one hand, car seat, and and two growlers in the other hand. <laughs> 
And from across the street, I'm like... Or, that's, a, that's how we roll in Paso. Yeah. And I'm like, that chick's a badass right there. Yeah. And Kate the Great goes, um, that chick is Allison Brinelson. <laughs> <laughs> and Allison was there with new baby Brinelson uh, trying to get in the door with two growlers in one hand and a baby in the other. Yeah. She's she's a badass. Well, you, you can't go to like a you know a mommy party without some growlers. <laughs> yeah, not when you're not when you're the wife of Firestone, right? Yeah, we, we got an image to keep up around here, even if I'm out of town. <laughs> I tell you, I had no idea. My only thought was, uh, I love this woman. She's a badass. And then we realized it was Allison. What's going to happen when she's eventually double fisting babies? How's she going to carry growlers? Hey, we, I don't know that that's going to happen. You know, I think we had the perfect baby. He, he looks like he's going to be a brewer. Right. He's got all his digits. I think we're done. In other news, the baby is already taller than Matt. <laughs> And has a bigger beard. <laughs> yeah. Or actually, you know, like the, the little guy was born without a beard, so I started like questioning whether you know the milkman is involved. <laughs> yeah, you're like, wait a second. <laughs> no, but I did. I had no idea. I just thought it was so fitting. It just makes me even more of a fan of the brewery to find to find out that it was Alice, and I thought it was cool. Uh, so, before we get into the Beer Fest, and 888 beer if you want a chance to win two tickets to the Firestone Walker Invitational. We're going to be there. Um, it's the best uh, fest on the West Coast. Uh, you know, probably after Winterfest that, that we do. But uh, oh, Easily. I mean, it's yeah. such a great festival. Before we talk about that, one of the reasons I always stop into the brewery now to come back is to pick up uh, 805. God love that beer. By Firestone, which it's only available in your 805 area code. Is that right, Matt? Yeah, I think that over the course of the next year or two, we're going to push it out into the Central Valley. So it will leave the 805 eventually, but right now it's just available in Ventura, Santa Barbara, and Slow County. And, you know, that it's actually a style or it's a, it's a beer that we've been playing around with for more than 10 years, so we're super comfortable brewing it. And it's, I mean, if you were going to try to pin it, in a style on it, it's a it's a blonde ale or a golden ale. Okay. Um, we use we use a fair amount of Gambrinus honey malt. Is the secret oh. weapon? I shouldn't be saying that. I suppose. Ah. Okay. And it's um. So there's a very small malt house up in just over the border in Canada uh, called Gambrinus, <clears throat> and uh, they, it's a it's a German maltster who uh, for some reasons in Canada I'm not really sure what the story is there. But <laughs> right. He makes he makes this malt that they call honey malt, and it literally has honey essence, um, and it's a malt that we played around with for a while, so that's kind of the signature note, and then it uses 100% uh, Willamette grown, uh, I'm sorry, Willamette Valley grown Willamette hops, and uh, so it's it's relatively simple, um, but it's a really nice take to the beach kind of beer, and we've got a new graphic design guy who joined our company, um, Andy, who put together this 805 label we kind of threw it out there and it just took off like a rocket ship oh yeah and uh, but it's been fun it's it's cool to you know I, I feel as though it's it's a beer that plays to folks that might not otherwise try a craft beer and has led a lot of folks to firestone and create a lot of excitement locally and yeah it's a lot of fun i'll tell you what i don't like about it yeah, is that Bakersfield? I can't stand Bakersfield getting a beer before us. <laughs> that, there's something you know, wrong about that. I see. You no, know, but you know what? The, what's funny is like the the 41 and the 46 are the highways that lead east west from the Central Valley into Paso Robles, and so those folks that live out there, 
this is their vacation land. They come over here to taste wine, or they go to the beach, they go down to Pismo. Oh, yeah. And so this is the playland for the Central Valley, and there's got to be, I think, three or four million people that live just, you know, a Frisbee toss over the hill there from right. us that drink a lot of Firestone. And it's hot over there, man, so these type of styles of beers work well. Um, That's a good point. Yeah. It's such an awesome beer. The label, all your labeling is awesome now. I, I know he's doing adjustments on on a few things, and all your branding looks great. Have, from have you? Um, we we just released actually this last week something I'm super stoked about right now is the Pilsner Pivo Pills. Yeah, dude. I love yeah, and we we, we we well we, we've had it out on draft for a little bit on um, testing the market. We just did our first bottle release, and the packaging for that is outstanding. We've got glassware for it. I mean. I probably said this before, but Firestone is one of those breweries that every time we kind of take a leap forward in growth, rather than simplify our portfolio or start dumbing everything down, we do really zany things with our profits, like brew Pilsner, which <laughs> doesn't make a lot of logical sense for a large brewery because it ties up tanks forever. And then on top of that, we're dry hopping that Pilsner. So, wow. you know, we just made a simple style, or I shouldn't say a simple style, a, a difficult, simple beer, much more difficult. Right. Make. Um, and then the other thing that was born this year, um, out of kind of, you know, a need to make our lives more difficult was Barrel Works down in Beelton. So we started the whole sour beer program down there. And, uh, so there's a lot of crazy stuff going on right now. I can't wait for the, for the sour program to get its legs. Yeah, Nate and I stopped there on the way back from Southern California Homebrew Festival. Oh, yeah. Checked it out. Yeah, it was. It had just opened. It was like 11.04 a.m., so there wasn't anybody there, but it's brand new and beautiful. I had forgotten about it, like an idiot. We were just so focused on the prize of getting to the Firestone <laughs> Brewery for lunch. We were hungover, and we just wanted a beer and lunch that I forgot about the, the barrel. I didn't even know about it. Yeah. That's yeah, good. I mean, we've kind of quietly opened that. Um, we had or we have a 7,000-square-foot space in Buellton that was originally built to be a brewery, and later it became a bonded wine storage area with temperature control. So it's a perfect place to do secondary fermentation of barrel-aged beers there, and it's far enough away from Paso that it cannot wreak any havoc, I don't think, (laughs) unless the wind is blowing really strongly on our beers. The only problem is that um, our quality manager, Jim Crooks, whose, you know, last 12 years, his life has been to protect our beers from Botanomyces, Diococcus, <laughs> and Lactobacillus, right. has now been turned to the sour side, and now his complete 100% focus is on barrel work. So I, I lost my quality manager to sour beer, but uh, I think in the end it'll all work out just fine. Yeah, that'll happen. You should probably offer uh, psychological evaluations to the poor guy. He's got it beaten <laughs> oh, into him, you know. Jim Cook is certifiably, like, <laughs> sour already. It's no problem. It's, it's already been done. Perfect. Well, all everything you guys are doing, I am such a fan all the time. And this 805 is just one that I really like. It's it, it, a lot of people talking about session beers now. I know JP's happy about that. Um, uh, it, I, this is akin to to me. Um, I've always liked this uh, uh, session from Full Sail, but uh-huh. this, yep. but this is like session for. Better people for better for real right. for ho- people who like hops and people it's who session like for California people yeah rather than Be- session for better yeah, people right. that's what I said right, right. Yeah. and I mean it's not so far different they're not apples and oranges but eight oh five is just dialed in on the the hop crispness and it's got a, I think to me just a slightly better malt flavor all while being a four point seven percent beer I'll tell you what I what I think the difference is the eight oh five is focused. 
Okay. I, I'm not really a big fan of the session beer because yeah. it's it, it seems a little too complex. The malt, the, the too many malt kind of things going on. But this is just focused. It's you got the malt and you got the hops and it's easy drinking. And there you go. And it's under five percent. Yep, which I love. It's good stuff. Yeah, it was. It was. Um, you know, we used a lot of uh, you know high power science and technology to try to formulate a beer that you will drink a six pack before you even think you've cracked a single bottle. <laughs> I love that. Sounds awesome. This is the way our science and technology should be spent. You know, forget about cancer, everybody. Yeah, we don't need to go to Mars. Who wants to live <laughs> underground on Mars? I want to drink good beer. Right. <laughs> All right, let's do this. We're giving away two tickets to the Firestone Invitational. We'll have Matt tell us about it. But first, I got a couple people on the phone. So, Matt, what we've devised is that, uh, as always, we, we prefer to humiliate people. Uh, <laughs> humiliate our fans. Before we reward yeah. them. And so we, we thought the way to win two tickets to the sold-out Firestone Walker Invitational is that the listeners have to tell us what they're willing to let us do to them on that day. And I don't think people realize how much these tickets are worth. I mean, I literally had to tell my mom she can't go because the tickets are so sold out. So sold out. Oh, no. That's just mean. Yeah. So the callers who are calling in, you better have some good ideas. Uh, they, they, they wouldn't let your mother go? Well, meanwhile, Matt needed a babysitter that day. Right. Oh, how you can come to town, uh, but... <laughs> you figured me out. <laughs> right. So, 888-401-BEER. Uh, listen, we're fair and honest here. You know, we're not going to break any laws. Uh, no, we're, we just might cut a digit off. You never know. <laughs> but we would like to know what you're willing to let us do to you to win two tickets to the Firestone Walker Invitational. Let's go first to uh, Casey. Casey, what's happening, man? Uh, just listening to the session. All right, turn that radio down in the back for me. And uh, you're available and looking to go to the Firestone Walker Invitational? I am. But by available, you mean... To the to the thing, right? Not to, not that other stuff. <laughs> well, like I said, we won't do anything illegal, and ah, uh, oh, damn. Most of us have significant others, so <laughs> yeah. you, if, it, if it hurts you, this will hurt you on the outside, not the inside, like that other thing will. <laughs> oh no! Yeah. So don't worry about that. So Casey, tell us, what are you willing to let us? What's your idea? What can we do to you to, for these tickets? My idea is. To let you guys read the most embarrassing of my Facebook page, uh, uh, posts uh, to the people in line and at the uh, at the event to them. I like this idea. If in fact your Facebook posts are are pretty embarrassing, well, but also and, yeah, go ahead, Jimmy. Oh, uh, I think Scott and I are on the same track. Sandwich board. He needs to wear the sandwich board <laughs> with his most embarrassing post for everyone to read. Otherwise, who's going to follow him around like a friggin' town crier? Yes, and, and yeah. we get to decide what the most embarrassing posts are. Yes, this way uh, yeah. you don't yeah. have to actually do the reading. Casey will display it. Right. Yes. <laughs> Susie? Okay, yeah, yeah. If it's I'll not embarrassing it. at all, can we write him the most embarrassing Facebook status? Yes. I was going to say, you just make one up. I don't know. I've done a pretty good job. <laughs> yes. I, I feel like we should be able, we should have access to his, like, Facebook chat messages and pull the most embarrassing. Because, you know, there's there's inevitably a girl and who, who doesn't call him enough. No, that's like not going to work out. I don't, I don't know about the chat thing. Uh... <laughs> oh, we found the one that's valuable. Uh, listen, uh... the ones we make up could be worse than your chat. <laughs> I'm okay with the made-up ones, though. That's, that's, yeah. 
Okay. That's not bad. I All like right. it. We see what you're willing I, to do. I do have one. Yep. I have one thing to say to Matt, though. Go ahead. Parabola is fucking awesome. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> Give him the ticket. Give him the ticket. <laughs> right. Well, That's Matt, it. you're easy. <laughs> Your son's going to walk got, all over I got four easy. of those okay. in my fridge, dude. That, that shit is awesome. <laughs> uh, thanks, man. I have four propping up my couch. So. All right, Casey, you're now in the running. Let's see what the other listeners are uh, willing to do. Uh, let's go to Joe. Uh, trying why, don't, to... why don't we get a tattoo artist over there? I think that, that that would be really a simple way to... Oh, man. See, Matt gets it. See, I'm into that, too. If someone comes on and says we're willing to get a hop grenade or Matt Brinelson's face uh, tattooed <laughs> right. across the middle of their back... I'm in. <laughs> what if what if they get a tattoo of Allison carrying a baby in a growler? <laughs> that's a violation. What if the baby's carrying growlers? <laughs> yeah, let's, Matt, let's stick with the half grenade idiot. <laughs> I don't need some guy hunting me down 10 years from now because he's got this ugly face of mine on his back. Right. I want it to be a tramp stamp, too. It's got to be down in the... Oh, no. It's got to be down at the... If someone's going to do the half grenade, it has to be a half grenade tramp stamp. All right, let's go to Joe. Uh, Joe, what are you willing to do for tickets to Firestone, man? What can uh, we do to you? Well, I've, uh, it's, I think it's what I can do for you guys. We can uh, buy you all the beers you guys want to want to drink. You'll That's buy us. Lame. You'll buy us beers. I can't think of much I want you guys do to me. <laughs> That's a good point. Well, listen. Uh, yeah, it's a little pretty scary. The the we have all of the best beers in the country available to us for free at the Firestone Walker Beer Festival. I'm not sure yeah, I'm, I'm not sure you can compete with that. I, I don't think I can at all, but it's worth a shot. I couldn't come up with much else. So no no hop grenade tramp stamp tattoo for you? Uh, probably not. No. Uh, any other ideas? Can uh, can JP write on your forehead? I'm JP's bitch. No, uh, probably not. No. I don't think you want to go to this well, festival. I don't think he does that. either. Oh, okay. <laughs> Joe, you're, 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 uh, you're too nice for us jerks, Joe. Yeah, yeah, I probably am. But I, you guys are corrupting me, so it's good. <laughs> right, slow. Yeah, call back in two years. He'll be ready for anything. He's like, yeah, yeah just yeah. set me on fire. <laughs> <laughs> you can kill me. <laughs> All right, Joe, thanks for calling, buddy. You guys, all right. Uh, I feel bad not giving it to nice people. Yeah, I kind of do, too. But, but. Uh, whatever. Uh, 888-401-BEER. I do believe so far Casey's in the lead because at least we get to embarrass him by making him wear a sandwich board with our Facebook <laughs> posts on it. We don't even have to make them up. We can just take all of JP's posts and put them on there. Hey, my posts are gold, and you know it. <laughs> I suppose they're not embarrassing. You just would come off as the angry guy. That's true. That's true. <laughs> 888-401-BEER. We'll give it a couple more minutes. So tell us about the fest uh, this year, Matt. Uh, so you were there last year. You got a kind of feel for it. We um, last year had a, a little over 30 different breweries, all hand-picked, uh, predominantly good friends of mine or, or, or brewers who we were you know, really excited about and, and, and being innovative and people we felt really um, kind of upheld the, the craft brewing feel and vibe. And we had kind of a unanimous response to our in, invites. We had breweries from all over the country and a few internationals. We had Three Floyds pouring Dark Lord and, and uh, Zombie Dust. We had Bells showing up with some of their rare beers. We had Boulevard. We had 
um, the Keller coming over from uh, Denmark. So you get a feel for it. And this year, uh, we invited a few others. We have Brewery de la Seine, which is one of the great craft breweries from Brussels coming. Uh, Avon Debates is a brewer who has spent time at Cantillon and some others, and he's just a, a really good guy. He's coming wow. over. Um, Agostino from Birificio Italiano, which is one of my favorite Italian brewers. He makes a beer called Tippo Pills, and that was the inspiration for uh, Peeble Pills, actually. Oh, nice. So he's coming all the way over to pour some Tippo Pills for us. Um, Surly Brewing from Minnesota signed on. Um, we're really excited about them coming. And then, uh, you know, the, the same cast of characters from last year, so we still have three Floyds. We have Revolution from Chicago. We've got... Um, you know, kind of the who's who's of brewing. So, you know, we're really honored to host all these guys and have them come and pour their beers. And we kept the ticket sales low again. Um, it was it's only three thousand folks allowed into the Pastorals Event Center. Wow. We have uh, more chefs added on, so more than a dozen chefs cooking food that's beer friendly. That's uh, part of the price of admission. And we've got I think three different bands that are going to be playing during the day, including Hot Buttered Rum. Um, and a couple others. So it's all my favorite things, good food, good music, good beer, and good people. Did you ask anybody that was like, nah, we'll pass? <laughs> right. No, although, you know, and I don't really want to call him out, but two years in a row we asked Garrett Oliver from <laughs> uh, Brooklyn. Never heard yeah. of him. Yeah. Yeah, never heard of him. But, uh, th- you know, he's traveling, so, you know, his schedule, you've got to get on a schedule like five years in advance. And <laughs> the, rules, the rules for engagement are that you can't send a sales rep or, you know, one of your lackeys or something like that, we need the brewer to come and pour their beer. So that's part of the deal. So if he can't come and pour his beer, then, then he's going to have to wait, I guess. Right. So in, uh, in 2022... <laughs> and I, love, I love Garrett to death, so I'll invite him again like next year. <laughs> yeah. Right. One of these years. So in 2022, he'll be wearing a space suit. Because uh, he loves suits. <laughs> Embroidered. And, and he will show up to the Firestone Invitational. He'll show up when we invent, like, teleporting, and he can just be <laughs> everywhere all the time. Yeah. That is pretty ruthless. Like, if Garrett Oliver can't make it, can't get in, like, even his brewery can't get in. That's, <laughs> if he that's, can't show up, he can't be there. I, I love, love the adhering to the rule. The rule is a good yeah. rule. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> we don't have, I mean, I think that's, that makes the fest what it is. Right. I mean, you get to meet, you know, all these, these, these brewers, you get to ask the questions, and the brewers are just totally into it because they get to meet all their you know it's another networking experience and so it's pretty cool sure well uh, it really was an awesome fest uh, you know I, I spent most of my time in the, in the stage area but the weather is perfect and the location is perfect and we got to camp there uh, with the brewers that was very nice of you guys and uh, and you know what the crowd was awesome at a lot of these events that we go to um, you, especially if we're doing kind of brewer interviews over in the corner we get a really small percentage of, of the beer nerds to come over but at the Firestone Fest there's so many good beer people we got a bunch of that festival coming over to listen to interviews with the brewers that we did i mean our seating area was full the whole time and so i just mean that even the caliber of guests that are going to your fest is they make it more fun because everybody there they're really beer people it's uh i mean they're it's a coveted ticket for beer folks so i love it uh so we'll be there uh we're not getting other phone calls people don't want to do crazy shit for us so casey might have gotten off easy with a little facebook uh, yeah. uh sandwich board well i think it, i think if he's the default winner then then we can make up stuff for him besides the sure. sandwich board the oh, chat can make up do. stuff for him if he's the winner he we i think we should be able to to pull it off better than him I, 
well, if you mean what we write on the sandwich board, I'm with you. But I don't think it's fair to just make up things. He's the guy. He had yeah. an idea. It's the, the Joe called in and, and didn't have a, a good crazy idea. I say we. Oh give, no, he had a. What do you mean? He, <laughs> he offered to buy you a pint. Yeah, right. I say we give it to Casey, but he's got to honor it. And the deal is, if he chickens out in the next week or so, we're going to do this. Uh, we're just going to do caller number whatever yeah. uh, until uh, it, we'll just give it away easy. Because we already have changed it. He wanted us to read his Facebook post. Now we're making him wear a sandwich board with our made-up Facebook post. But he agreed to that. Yeah. So Can he at least be in Nutter's? Like stuff like that. Like can we at least have nutters in like a like a like he a, could he could like come back and argue like wig. nobody else called for the ticket except for Joe and you want to put me in nutters yeah but he won't we are getting other calls in right now actually uh, I kind of liked Joe oh uh, I'll buy you a beer all the beer uh, you no, can drink we already will have plenty of beer all right well I gotta go <laughs> all the beer you can drink at a beer fest that you're getting into because you're working it and I'll get into because I'm free so I can buy you free beer is what he really said. All right, let's go to Riggs on line two. Riggs, what's Spill happening? Yo, hello, who's this? Who's this? <laughs> uh, what, are you, uh, what are you willing to let us do to you? <laughs> what? Well, it's what I can do for you guys. So um, I'm just thinking maybe I could just learn how to do the Carlton Bang stance and make a fool of myself. Hmm. Would I you be know. willing to do it in nutters and a... Uh, Speedo. A tied up hot grenade shirt, you know, like in the eighties when they used to tie the bottoms. They show the belly, and we cut off the sleeves. And um, so you're in full BN regalia, but you look like a douchebag. Can we do that? Uh, I don't know about that. How about oh, you, got all, you don't even have to wear it all day. You just have to Wait. get up on. St- oh, he said he already, he already has, tickets. has tickets. He's trying to get two more for his homie. You just have to do it on stage, like quickly. At know. least do the truffle shuffle. Well, if you already got tickets, why are you wasting my time? Get out of here. Yeah. All right, let's go to uh, Casey. Uh, the Stu is on line three. Uh, Stu, what are you willing to do, buddy? Uh, whatever it takes. I can't believe people aren't uh, now we're to talking. put it out there You hear that? See, now we're talking. Yeah. See, Stu gets it. How about we should get a, uh, one of those airbrushers, you know, that they do like the swimsuits on the ladies or whatever? Yeah, painted on swimsuits. Yeah, but he could do like airbrush design on the back or the belly. Because, you know, he, what's this guy's name? Stu. He has a big belly. You know it. <laughs> right? Uh, it, it's not a huge belly, but yeah. Okay, got, it might not be idea. a boulder, but it, it's no six-pack. You know what I mean? Now Can we, have we to airbrush hide. a cat on it? Oh, yeah. There's a six-pack under there somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> now we have to hire an airbrusher. Uh, well, I could do it. Well, I would need to borrow airbrush equipment. Can't we just, why like... Why don't you just make uh, a cutout and bring a can of spray paint and you just spray right. it? Right. See, that's what I'm talking about. We just paint him. Uh, just tag him. Here's what I want. Oh, I want a hop, I want a hop grenade on one side, and I love Matt Brennelson on the other side. Oh man, you're gonna take up three lines for his last name. <laughs> that goes all the way around. Yeah. <laughs> Stu, are you willing to walk around all day like that? I'd be willing to do that. So, see, now we need to make I'd, up. <laughs> I'd do, I'd do that. I'd do a uh, hop grenade. You do what? Sorry. A hop grenade tattoo. Will you do it as Ooh. a tramp stamp? Yeah. Wow. Done. There like a go. permanent tattoo? If you, wait, wait, wait. If you tell me you'll get a permanent tramp stamp of the hop grenade, I will give you two tickets right now. I will absolutely do that. I just hope the tattoo artist has some electric clippers. Well, <laughs> dude, I love it. It's even better. Oh, my God. I'll tell you what. Have a happy trail. 
All right. Oh, he can cut a hole in his sweater that is his here's, lower back hair. Here's the deal. Here's what you have to do. <laughs> Wiping his butt must be terrible. You have to choose your own, go choose your own tattoo artist. And just before the fest, you know, before enough so that the hair doesn't grow back. And you have to show up with the tramp stamp, and then we will hand you your tickets. Two tickets to the Firestone Fest. Okay. This is a man right here. Nice. Okay, hang on one second. Let me just, uh, I want you to stay on the line because Casey was back on four. I got to give him the chance to outdo you. Uh, Casey, you, you hear what's going down here? No, Casey. Did Casey drop? He's like, F that. I'm I think he gave him a heart attack. <laughs> he's like, these guys are weird. Yeah. Guess we lost. Yeah. Yeah, you win. He's like, fuck it. Back hair can have it. <laughs> should Should we give other people a chance to beat that? Yeah, of course we should. Yeah. Uh, we got another. Is this a different Matt on line two, Suze? Uh, let's go to. Yes. Matt on line two. Uh, what are you willing to do? We got a tramp stamp going on here. Can you beat it? I can beat that. Ooh, wow. Confidence. <laughs> My nipples got hard. <laughs> yeah. I hope so. All right, go ahead and put the lotion in the basket, please. <laughs> uh, I won't. What do you think? What are you willing to do? I will let you paint anything you want on me. I will walk around shirtless, pantsless, whatever. Well, we don't want anyone to lose all this good food when yeah. they see you. You know, if we can't violate the fest, uh, <laughs> yeah. I, it's that, not really an idea. It's just like I'm a I'm a, a blank canvas, man. Well, listen, I can walk around my thumb up my ass. That would <laughs> that would have worked two phone calls ago right. <laughs> because right. we'd have been great. We'll paint all sorts of things, but. Just imagine a big hairy back walking around with one tiny cutout near his rear end with a hop grenade on it. It's, I, I, I never pounds, said right? my entire back is hairy. It's just the, the area directly above the ass. Well, that's hairy. even better. Wow. <laughs> it's just a little tramp stamp. We're not making it too much, are we? Yeah, yeah. It's just exactly. It's just a little a permanent. Just a little permanence. Yeah. 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 So, so Matt, it's you be covered up in two days. You want to walk around with paint on you, but this man will be. Permanently scarred for life. Right. I will let you brand me with the BN logo. Oh, right a there. Brand? You mean like the the real hot iron brand? Yeah, like cattle. You know what? I would do it. Matt, we... I tell you why Matt is a fucking genius. Because there's no way in hell that we, as the Brewing Network, could ever get our shit together enough to have someone make us a brand in that short amount of time. I don't know. I'm sure I'm semi motivated right now. I know. There's no way. We're too lazy. We'll, go, we'll do it tomorrow. So the way that would have to go down is <laughs> Just I, painfully. I would want it to happen on stage. I want everyone yes. to enjoy oh, yeah. the moment with us. Oh, see come the on, power. Man, I don't have insurance for this. <laughs> see the power that we have. I just want everyone to know. Matt, think of the publicity for your festival. Oh, yeah. I don't care, man. I'll do it. How about scarring? Oh, it's a great idea, but I think Matt's right. We can't do it there. But not doing it there... Means to do it there. Um, well, it's just not as fun. Because then he just shows up. Well, yeah. We would need to have some sort of EMT nearby in case he goes into some sort of weird shock. Well, we can't do it there anyway. He's got to do it on his own. Well, we could do it, like, you know, around right the corner. Back. Yeah. It's out back. <laughs> yeah. Let's, we'll just go to Matt's yard and do it. Yeah, let's go to Matt's oh, house, no. man. <laughs> it, it would be one of a kind, wouldn't it? No one no one has a brand, a hop grenade brand, as far as I know. I hope not. Yeah, but also nobody has a tramp stamp that's a dude. Right. Or a chick, for that matter. Right. Bebo's is Bebo. about 
Yeah. You know, 12 inches too high for a tramp stamp. Maybe yeah. she just has a really high ass crack. <laughs> she does. <laughs> His name's Sam. I'm a thin guy, man. I got to think about this one because it's intense to get a brand. I mean, <laughs> and you know from... Why is just it... think about it. No, you ever yeah. been burned? Yeah. Why is it different than a tattoo, though? Really? It, it, you're burning a thing <laughs> well, a, ta- a tattoo isn't exactly a pleasant experience either. No, but it's... Uh, I'd much rather do the tattoo than a brand. Really? Yeah. It's over instantly, though, the brand. The tattoo takes 45 uh, freaking it's minutes. Not, have you burned yourself water and stop hurting instantly? Yeah, nothing stops instantly. Yeah, after pulsating, dull pain that you can't get away from. And, and then it, everyone's going to poke it all blisters, day. Blisters, and it's all yeah. gnarly. Where are you willing to... We can do it anywhere? Anywhere. <laughs> on your cheek like the beast? <laughs> what about on your neck? <laughs> Go yeah, it, we'll just we'll it's just like, cauterize your your artery what are you here, and then you'll prison? die. He's, right now, he's calling us from county. He's like, "Yeah, I don't give a sh- go for it." Yeah, there's no an way, incoming man. collect call yeah. from an inmate Cal- in a California <laughs> state penitentiary. <laughs> <laughs> Matt, where do you live right now? <laughs> Block I'm not giving D. you my address for this. Are you talking to me? No, not the other. The Matt who's willing to get branded, not the <laughs> Matt, not the Matt who's a respectable U.S. citizen. <laughs> uh, where do you live right now, branding Matt? I live. I live in New York, but I'm going to be out in San Francisco. So, how many brands do you have already? None. How many piercing? How many holes in your body do you have? None. Just a high tolerance for pain. Wow, and he sounds all creepy Which too. Which is like why I, he's going to San Francisco. I feel like he's going to get branded, and then he's going to cut off that part of skin and mail it to me. <laughs> in like a I crushed velvet it. wrapping, some velour. Well. You know, hardcore-wise, your idea is better, but logistically, I don't know how to make it happen. So a tattoo would be cool, but a brand would not, as far as doing it at the fest. Is that right? No, no. Think about how far I'm willing to go. Well, but you have to go that far. I mean, just telling me you're willing. I mean, it's like JP telling me he's going to get on a plane. I'm going to get on a plane. It may happen. It also probably won't. Put a stick in my mouth and I'll do it. <laughs> I don't understand. So he wants he wants something to bite on while it's happening. Yes. Yeah. Thank you, Moscow. He's like I've been to the same S and M club. Don't and worry. That's what you do. I, I speak fluent retard. Oh boy. Well, I see. Really want to see him get branded. I do too. Here's what's going to happen. If I choose you, you got to go get the branding done yourself because unfortunately we can't do it at the fest because Matt's a pussy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so. You got to if so you sh- find the nearest cattle farm. Yeah, and then you got to show up with it. And if you don't have it when you get there, I'm not going to be nice and go. Oh well, here's your tickets anyway. Well, so. actually, let me think about this for a second because the event it, it goes to the Pioneer Association. All of the proceeds, which uh-huh. is a local organization that is all about Paso's history, which is all about cattle ranching. Right. I'm pretty sure I can find a cowboy to brand this guy. Oh, now we're talking. You see, now we are talking. But it can't happen at the fest. Okay, that's okay. That's okay. It's got to happen off campus somewhere. If it could happen off campus, as long as he showed up with it and I can put him on stage and show the world, and uh-huh. he also has to be able to walk around, you know, showing it off all day, then I think he's our winner. Yeah. But we need to confirm, Matt. So, I don't know how the hell we can do this legally. Well, people get branded all the time. I don't know. Oh, okay. I sure. think. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's satisfied now. <laughs> Why don't we do this? We're gonna we're gonna get a little uh, get some legs out of this contest. Matt and Stu are both in the running for these tickets. Stu, as of this moment, you're the runner up. Uh, if 
if we can figure out how to get Matt branded outside of the fest and then he walks around in the fest with his big hop grenade brand all day, then he's going to win it. I'm just being honest. But Good luck with that. But there's still a chance for you. I am willing to name you our official runner-up right now. You will be the winner, but you got to do the tat. Like I said, you got to show up with it with your little patch of disgusting hair all shaved off and your and your hop grenade tramp stamp right there. And you got to walk around all day showing it. Uh, well, absolutely, dude. How uh, how big do you want this tramp stamp to be? A uh, cantaloupe. <laughs> no, I'll be, you know, uh, about the size of a fist, maybe a little smaller. It can't be the size of a dime, all right? The size uh, of an actual grenade. Yeah, 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 perfect. All right. I'm not talking henna here, buddy. <laughs> I don't know. No, real deal. Okay. Matt uh, Brinelson, you and I are going to have to talk offline about this and see what we can work out over the next week. And when we come back on the show next Tuesday, we'll have an answer of who our winner is. But but Firestone Walker Fest goers, you're either going to see a brand or a tattoo <laughs> or a tramp stamp on on old hairy ass over here. And uh, I think we just enhanced your festival tenfold, Matt. Yeah, I'm, I'm real excited. <laughs> right. Think of all the good press we're going to get. Uh, I'm so glad I don't ever run these ideas by the people we work with before we execute them. I'm trying uh, to find a like place. It's like the drunk show. It's reminiscent of the junk, drunk show. <laughs> yeah, it's just like a recurring nightmare for you, Matt, every time you come on here. Uh, all right, that's the deal. Uh, uh, brand Matt and Tramp Stamp um, uh, Stew. You guys are are in the running, and uh, we'll get back to you during next week's show. Awesome! Looking forward to it. Well done, gentlemen. This is you really brought strong here, and I appreciate your efforts. Thank you. Oh, <laughs> uh, nothing but respect for these people. He, since he's going to be in San Francisco, anyways, I'm trying to yeah. find a branding place, place here, in San so then we can get video of it and everything. We could play a whole. We could play oh, man, it. That'd be awesome. Yeah, because really we good. could play the video at the fest, right, man? That's no big deal. Yeah, no, that's no problem. That's no problem. <laughs> yeah, that's fine. Oh, I love it. See, your fe- your festival just to gain some real street cred. Wow. People are willing to do some gnarly shit to get those I'm tickets. Thinking next year, we get we just we park a tattoo artist at your booth. <laughs> yeah, and anybody who's willing to get a hop grenade tattoo, we do something like we get. At least give him one ticket. Get him in there. Let's do it, man. I'm I'm for this. We did something like this once before at another brewery, and I think we did five tattoos that night. Yeah. Uh, and uh, and one regret. <laughs> yeah. And at least one of them. <laughs> was really, really, yeah. Uh, all right. The great Matt Brindleson from Firestone Walker. Get ready for the festival. It's coming up June 1st down in Paso. We're going to be there. We're going to do a bunch of uh, uh, interviews uh, with Matt and with a bunch of other brewers. And then we'll post them all on our YouTube page right away. We can't do them live at the particular event. Um, but it's an awesome location, and it's going to be a good time. Matt, I'm looking forward to it, man. I'm glad you guys are going to be there. It's going to be awesome. It'll be a good time. Thanks for spending time with us, and uh, I'll talk to you tomorrow, uh, you and, and Jamie. We'll, we'll figure out this branding situation. Okay. Sounds good. <laughs> Later, Matt. Thanks, buddy. Bye. Great. Right, good night. There you go. There you go. See? Our <coughs> listeners never let us down often. Laboratory testing has shown that bacteria, microbacteria, fungi, and viruses are present in prioritized smoke. Researchers have recovered DNA of... Uh, HIV, HBV, and HPV from surgical smoke and were able to isolate intact viruses. The presence of intact viral DNA suggests that transmission through surgical smoke is a possibility. Get to the point. 
um, that a lot of places don't do branding because you can spread disease through the inhaling the smoke. Yeah, but cattle ranchers in Paso Robles do. <laughs> I don't care. <laughs> well, listen, that's what Stu's hoping for, that all he has to do is a, your normal old tramp stamp <laughs> and not an actual brand. But uh, you think you- that guy's going to go through with it, the brand? I mean, that's insane. That guy sounded like he wasn't messing around. He's not messing around. He's going to totally do it. But once his meds wore off, he was super like, whatever, I don't even know I have feet right now. The only thing that lent me a a shadow of doubt was his statement, well, but it's what I'm willing to do. And that's when I went, "Eh, that's not the contest here. You got to execute it. Or I'm not handy. That's why nobody's getting mailed tickets. You show up with your situation and then you get your tickets. So that's the only line he said that made me doubt his craziness. But he kind of sounds like he's given up. And so he's like, hey, what's a brand? I, I'm wearing sweatpants right now at the supermarket. I've, I've given up. <laughs> I am the supermarket. You know, I'm, I'm one of those photos you see in uh, people at Walmart, okay? I, I've got an ass crack out and a ball dragging on the ground. It's fine. I don't even care. I don't even care anymore. <laughs> yeah. All right. I love it. Kids came through. Let's take a quick break here. When we come back, we'll do a little bit of feedback. If you want to call in for Drunk of the Week on this fine Sunday night, you can do that too. 888-401-BEER. Oh, listeners. I love you guys. I love you. We'll be right back. You're listening to The Brewcasters. The Brewcasters on The Brewing Network. Where do you go for all the stuff you need to brew? Homebrewstuff.com, of course. In their Boise, Idaho storefront and warehouse, they have more than 750 craft beers and 8,000 square feet of homebrew products in stock. The staff at Homebrew Stuff are homebrewers themselves. They try out just about everything, including the beer, so they can answer your questions knowledgeably and correctly about brewing, kegging, and anything else you might need to ask. Don't live near the Homebrew Stuff store? Visit homebrewstuff.com online and take advantage of their $7.95 domestic shipping available on most orders. Homebrewstuff.com is a proud sponsor of the AHA, NHC, GABF, and countless other acronyms. So if you're a homebrewer looking for great people, a great selection, and great deals, head to homebrewstuff.com online or in person. Visit their YouTube channel for loads of free how-to and product videos. All of the stuff you need to brew. Homebrewstuff.com When I order a beer, I want my server to know more about it than I do. I want someone who enjoys good beer and loves helping others enjoy it, too. I want someone who knows how to pour a perfect pint for any beer style. I want a Cicerone. The Cicerone certification program is creating the type of people who help you enjoy great beer. Home brewers and craft beer lovers know beer is more flavorful and complex than ever, and it takes some serious knowledge to store and serve beer right. Cicerones, no beer. There are three levels in the Cicerone program. Certified Beer Server, Certified Cicerone, and Master Cicerone. Cicerones are truly the sommeliers of beer. The best beer locations have a certified Cicerone on staff. Relaxed and unpretentious, Cicerones are tested on storing and serving beer, beer styles, flavor and tasting, the brewing process and ingredients, and pairing food with beer. Learn more about your next beer guide at Cicerone.org. Certified Cicerone, because it takes top talent to present a perfect pint. 
Soft caramel made with real craft brew and coated in chocolate. And hop drops, hard candies made with real hop oil. Introducing Beer Candy from BeerCandy.com. Beer Candy's amazing caramels come in four mouth-watering flavors. IPA, bitter gold wrapped in smooth white chocolate. Lager, made with a familiar beer from Boston and coated in milk chocolate. Lambic, soury Belgian goodness full of fresh raspberry and dipped in dark chocolate. And Stout, roasty cocoa chocolate insanity. Hop drops are made with Fuggles or Cascade hops and are known as the candy that bites you back. Choose from sampler and full sizes of both and make your mouth jump to life. All at BeerCandy.com. Hop drops and beer caramels. Satisfy your sweet tooth as only a beer lover could with Beer Candy. Visit BeerCandy.com today. All right, BN Army, it's trivia time. What's the only homebrew shop with over 1,000 recipe kits, $4.99 shipping on orders over 100 bucks, and is also home of the Wolf Shirt? The one and only answer is Austin Homebrew Supply. For over 20 years, they've specialized in creating recipes such as the best-selling Texas Blonde Ale, Apocalypso, Hot Bomb 2.0, and Double Chocolate Stout. And they just recently unveiled their small grain kits that produce one gallon of beer. Visit Austin.
AnderersonHomebrew.com to browse their extensive catalog of equipment and ingredients. They also have many clone recipes of your favorite commercial beers. They're the exclusive retailer of BrewVent Yeast Fuel as well, Yeast Nutrient, and the all-new Bodybuilder. Follow Austin Homebrew Supply on Google Plus to participate in video hangouts on popular brewing topics. So visit AustinHomebrew.com today and make sure you sign up for their weekly email with news and specials. Austin Homebrew Supply, AustinHomebrew.com. Wait till you can pour it out of your own kegerator. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, your friends will look at you with awe. And, and it's stuff. just hot. It is? It's so super hot. <laughs> the, the home of live beer radio. Because like beer, radio shouldn't suck. You're listening to The Session. You're listening to The Brewing Network. Because like beer, radio shouldn't suck. Hey, don't forget, if you're looking to spice things up in the wherever you are, I don't care where it is. I am. Go to adamandeve.com right now and use coupon code BNARMY. You'll get 50% off just about any one item. Uh, plus, you'll get your choice of three free DVDs from all sorts of different categories. Uh, you know. Different, Such as? <laughs> different ones. Uh, Such as Asian, I'm going amateur. through them all in my head. Shh, shh. I was just going through them all in my head real quick. <laughs> Thinking about, I try to I'd make a little picture of each category before I do it. I want to see. I, actually, I forget all the ones that they have. So Is milky a category? Like a, <laughs> milky? Yeah, like pasty white skin. Like uh, redhead. Ah, uh, thank you. Yeah, is that there? Mm-hmm. Uh, good. Good. Um, Hang on, let me picture it. Okay, next. W- would you like? Would you like some of the like more gnarly ones? Yeah, cream pie. That's a. Uh, w- <laughs> yeah, go on. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> <laughs> um, black. <laughs> that's one that of gnarly? the. Why is that a gnarly one? Well, I didn't mean that. That's a gnarly one. I meant like. I meant like that. The other one I said was was the most gnarly. Then okay. I'm just going through the ones we never hit. Oh, I, oh, I see. Um, big butts. We don't really talk celebrity sex. Which apparently there was a Sarah Palin lookalike. Vi- uh, porn. Oh yeah, I would watch that <laughs> just for fun or because yeah. you're into it for fun. Okay, yeah. just checking. <clears throat> um, <laughs> Obama lookalike. I'm into it. Parodies. Parody. I've seen a few parodies. They're never... Well, if it's your thing, whatever. No, they're uh, never good. You can say it. <laughs> Avoid that category. All these other categories. How to? Uh, oh, I need that, I think. Do you want to look and see what... Or features. Which one do you want to investigate further? Let's go how to. Right. How to is when the mom comes in. It's like, oh, you're doing that wrong. Yeah. Oh, really? It's yeah. like, always like, oh... Let me you're doing this you. in your stepdad, and you're my husband's house. I'm your new stepmom. Let me show you how it's done. Those are the and how-to videos. And she grabs a little boy, yeah. and then little boy pulls him out of the crib. And I'll tell you, I would be very disappointed in my order if I ordered a how-to DVD, and all of a sudden my mother's teaching me something. <laughs> Especially if it's your mom. It's very mis. Leading, yeah. Wouldn't that be great if it's your your literal mother? <laughs> Actually, a video of my mom. <laughs> you what? can hardly move. Oh, you want me to autograph that for you? <laughs> uh, Doctor Ava's guide to anal sex for women. Okay, so that's a how-to, which really should be for the men. 
because the men are the one doing the, the insert. <laughs> yeah. You know, the women yeah. don't need to lay still. Yeah. Um, Nina Hartley's Guide to Female Ejaculation. Okay, that's enough. Uh, all sorts of uh, different categories. Go to adamandeve.com right now. You get... Uh, you get I keep going. 50% off just about any one item. You get three free uh, adult DVDs. You get free shipping. And you get uh, an extra special gift that's very sensual. Uh, all by using coupon code BNARMY over at adamandeve.com. Thank you. BNARMY. Thank you. You're welcome. Let me just mark that off of my... A list of things I've done today, which is not many. I, no. Uh, what did you do today? You're building a pond, a waterless pond. A pondless pond. It's not a waterless pond. It's, it's a pondless waterfall. It's water not a waterless feature. pond. You're building a water feature in your backyard. I am building a water. There, there. I had an existing water feature that when we inherited when we bought the house that is a mess. Yeah. And it's been a hole in my ground. And I don't want a pond because you have to breeds disease, and you have to clean it. It's a mess. And I, let's face it, I'm not going to have fish because I barely keep myself alive. Right. Well, and you probably have raccoons running around and yeah. eating all your koi. By the way, have you ever looked into how much a uh, fucking koi fish is? Yeah, they're really expensive. It's ridiculous. It's what, like twenty what? bucks. Twenty bucks. No, a no, fish? no, 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 no. I'm kidding. It's like three to eight hundred dollars for these things. Well, I think wow. depending on how really? big you get it, it and the and the right? br- and the breed, I guess uh, it does depend on that. Mm. But a small one mm-hmm. from a reputable breed is three hundred something dollars. Really? And then the big, the full grown ones, are like eight hundred bucks. Get chickens. It's a it's a big goldfish. It is a big gold, but it, they look cool. Mm. They have all the spots. Anyway, I'm not doing all that. I'm doing a no. pondless waterfall, and uh, it's a lot of work right now. But it, it, in the end, I, I'm going to feel so zen-like. I'll probably be able to quit therapy as soon as I turn it on. Well, well he lets you. <laughs> yeah, He won't let me. I'm, I'm sure. Like, I, listen, guy, I got a waterfall now. Yeah, I can't wait to start doing yoga in front of it, I think. <laughs> I can't wait for you to do that also. Have you ever tried like the sounds of nature, like orcas? You yeah. Know, or, like tweeting birds? Those they just work. make me angry. Yeah, because I'm like, you're so stupid sounding. You don't even have speech. What's wrong with you? How do you? How does anybody even understand you? It's like listening to Doc. <laughs> like a weird sound, and you know, you, you think they're magnificent, but yeah, they're they're we like them because they're big and we think they're majestic, but they're too dumb to be anything but large and in the way. Like that's all that you know. They're they're not smart enough to go. Maybe I shouldn't go doing this all the time. They can't even stay in one spot. They're dumb. <laughs> they don't even know how to stay in a spot. No, they have no idea. They're stupid. All right. Uh, well, we've bashed orcas. We've bashed people with piercings and tattoos. You said bashed, you said black people said were black. gnarly. I said I bashed. Apparently, I bashed the black genre of DVDs. I think I I called Susie a Buddhist just because she's Asian. That's also very true. But she wasn't drinking tapioca drink so that's pretty much like you know yeah putting a yen on your forehead i agree that's uh, what we do <laughs> all right let's do feedback feedback's do feedback. brought to you today by adventures in homebrewing you remember those guys uh, good friends of ours adventures in homebrewing you can yeah. go to homebrewing.org uh a wonderful site wonderful people uh really supporting this program oh my God. you've got mail kick ass All right. Nick in St. Louis writes in, I've been listening to the podcast for a little over eight months now, and I decided to finally give homebrewing a shot. Yeah. That's good. 
I can't believe how often this goes on. Yeah, I, I don't know why you listen. I guess maybe it's true. Maybe we don't talk about homebrewing very much. <laughs> you can listen to this program and not be a homebrewer. Uh, last weekend, I took home a silver in American Brown at the St. Louis Microfest. It was my first homebrew ever. Wow. That's pretty good. Uh, the part that confused me the most on the score sheet... Um, well, let's see. He says, my second one didn't fare that well in the judging. He says, I think I entered it in the wrong category. But he said, the part that confused me the most on the score sheet was notes about lagering in ale. The beer is a red ale that I placed in the Irish uh, red category. Listening to the Challenge podcast, I realized it should have fallen into the American amber category. But the notes stated I should have lager fermented rather than fermenting at typical ale temps. Mm. Is that right? He asks. Well, let me say one thing. Because I don't know where the judge is coming from. But there is a bit of a definition problem here. You know, lagering actually means to age cold. Now, there is a lager beer that you also ferment cold. But you could say to somebody, you should lager that ale for a while. And by definition, you'd be saying, you should age it cold and, and things will happen to it that will that will make it good. That's the traditional, at least German, definition of lagering is to store cold. So... If they meant that you should age the beer, that's one thing. But I don't guess that that's what the judge would have written. They would have written it that way because that's a yeah. it can be it can be confusing if that's what they meant. So to tell you that your ale, unless it was in a lager category, should have been lager fermented, that sounds weird. The other problem with that, and again, I'm not without the full notes in front of us. I'm just going by what I've heard uh, some of our own BJCP judges say before, and and that is that judges should steer a little bit clear about process comments um, because they don't really know what your process was. Uh, they don't know how, what temperature you fermented that beer at, and to assume they do is is probably going down a path of, of error. There are things that they could point out if it has an infection uh, that you could maybe watch out for that sort of thing uh they could point out if it's too hoppy for the style uh, but these aren't processed things that they can't know about so i would find it odd jp you're the only bjcp judge in the room but correct me if i'm wrong i would find it odd if in an ale category a note was written about how you should lager fermented this uh that's correct i would like to see the notes because you're, you're probably right they probably meant age it but I would, if I had to guess, it'd be a, a kind of a newer judge trying to show off, and so they use the proper term "logger." Ah, I see. Um, and so they probably meant it's too young and it needs to age a little bit more. Okay. That'd be my only guess. There's no way in an ale category they would ever use the term "logger," and so it is very confusing. Um, and you're right; when you're judging beers, you don't say what could have been better; you say what you taste. That's what you write down. This is what I taste, and if it's to style or if it's not to style. Mm-hmm. Then overall comments, you can say, it's a great beer, try aging it a little more. Or, this is a great beer, uh, you know, maybe work on your yeast a little bit, because, and you can bring up some points. or something like that, but sure. never should you comment on the actual process, because you're absolutely right, you have no idea. Okay. Uh, thanks for writing in, Nick. That's a good question, though, by the way. Uh, all right, Steve writes in, uh, Is it possible for Doc to not talk out of his ass for one show? <laughs> Listening to him talk about the Whitbeer recipe made me want to cry. Uh, that's from Steve. Now, Steve, in some cases, I 
Well, I would. I could agree with you. Right. However, without you giving me specifics, I would have to disagree with you about the Whitbeer episode that we did last week. Right. I knew that it was a style that was very much in Doc's wheelhouse. Yes. And I feel like he gave some excellent pointers. And I'm not sure where he was talking out of his ass. I don't. I don't recall. I, I tried to remember back to the episode, and I, I couldn't think about anything he was talking out of his ass about. Yeah. But the whole comment made me laugh. The it comment is funny, funny because yeah. there are shows. Sure, baby. Doc's a little, uh, little on the drunk side. Yeah. And that's the doc that we know and love. And you're welcome to that criticism. Yeah, I just, without you giving me specifics about the wit beer, I can't say I agree with you. I yeah. think he did a nice job I of uh, summing it up for us. Yeah, if you're going to make a charge, you've got to have an example. Right. That's the Moscow way. <laughs> Either it happened or it didn't. It's branded onto his ass. <laughs> right. Tattooed. I know <laughs> right, ab- right above it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, so anybody you, knows. If you're going to make a charge, <laughs> you better have an example. All right. Uh, homebrew Haha writes in, did JP murder Sean Paxton? Uh I assume he's uh, referring to the missing uh, homebrew chef. Yeah, I'm going to show. I'm going to sous vide him later (laughs) on. It'll be great. I have mentioned on the podcast several times now uh, on the show here that uh, we have had a hard time doing new. uh, um, What's it called? Homebrew chef. Homebrew chef show. (laughs) And by hard time, I mean it's been over a year. Uh, I have, you know, we're we're working on solutions for Paxton to be able to go on with the show uh, that doesn't require my presence uh, because that's been some of the difficulty. I'm trying to fix a lot of things about the BN and, and, and improve some things that we're doing and I don't have time uh, to do extra shows so we're working on it Paxton also doesn't have a whole lot of time and I don't know we'll get it we'll get the show back just hang in there uh, Ellis Texas in the chat says Sean has been making nachos since 2007 <laughs> There. They'll probably be really good when they're done. They'll probably though. be great. <laughs> Kidding me? My world-famous six-year nacho. <laughs> First grow your corn. <laughs> uh, anyway, I, I do apologize that the show's not up. Uh, recently, I, I don't know what to tell you. We don't have the resources to make all of a, all of them happen right now. But it is not gone from the map. We're working on it. Uh, Coon Sloppy writes in. <laughs> Uh, I, look, I don't name these people. Like I want to, I want to feel like that's an offensive name, but I don't know what it means. No, I just I don't even. It sounds offensive, but maybe it's not. Maybe that's like a nice dish in the bayou. I don't know. Hey, give me someone that have a Mama, you make the best coon slap I ever had. Sounds like bootling. That weird <laughs> yeah, language in Anderson Valley. I just don't know what it is. Wichita, because that coon slappy mm. means like your car looks nice. <laughs> yeah, right? exactly. Ever seen a coon slap like that? It's a great depression. <laughs> what? Yeah. Yeah. He writes in. Sloppy Joe. I love the brewcasters brew off the informal conversations that you have uh, about brewing beer. Um, and, and the beers are great. And they have a lot of knowledge. I currently brew five-gallon all-grain beers. And I use basic brewing equipment. My wife just gave me the approval to spend money on new equipment, and I want to act. Uh, I want to act fast before she realizes what she's done. So, what's the one piece of equipment that I could start with? I love the show. Keep the good work. Thanks from Coon Sloppy. Uh, again, uh, there's not a lot of information in this email. We we don't know what your basic setup consists of, and uh, I do like to reference that most of the answers I give are based on what I've heard in this show, not on what I've done. That's how we learn. But temperature-controlled fermentation. If you already have basic brewing equipment, like you mentioned, and you're you're doing basic processes that don't require equip- much equipment like yeast starters and things like that, the 
first up well that's that the one first upgrade I guess I've heard before that is to go to a full boil kettle. Mm-hmm. If you're mm-hmm. so if you still have a small kettle and you're doing partial boils, then your your equipment should be a full boil kettle. But since your wife is giving you the go ahead, that's rather on the cheaper side. You can you can do that on your own. Just sneak it in there, you know. Uh I'd go for the slightly more expensive, or at least more laborious, if you're going to build it, uh, laborious, mm-hmm. uh, uh, temperature control fermentation. JP, okay. are you with me on that? Uh, I am not. Okay. And I'll tell you why. Number one, his wife's giving him the okay, the, the go-ahead, but probably the go-ahead to spend his own money on it. Yeah. That's <laughs> so, what I was going to say. Right? Is why, are, why are people asking? Wow. Tell. You tell. You don't say, can I get a brewing thing? You say, I am going to get a brewing thing. Can it if work you're in making our the money, oh, dear. But it's in our budget, you know? so that's fine. I, 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 don't, I don't. I don't. Yeah. Maybe he's he not is. making the money. Maybe he's not. Yeah. Maybe so not. I would say, if you don't have a full boil kettle, get a full boil kettle. The second okay. thing I would say, wart chiller. Oh, okay. 100%. Get a wart chiller. Third thing, yeast starter kit. Then I would go temperature control. Okay. That's JP's and, steps to be a better brewer. And those are all fantastic. Thank you and for again, your time. without having the information about right. what his current system is. Absolutely. Uh, so if you have the first three. Then get a temperature controller. Absolutely. That, that's the top four shit you should do. And it, it, by the way, that means, you know, either some sort of chamber that you can put the, the fermenter like in. Like a dungeon that or you a can sex pot temp- place. Sure, that'll yeah. work. I mean, if yeah. you can keep it controlled. Well, you know, you got to hose it down with the drain in the center. <laughs> then it'd be fine. Yeah, the kill floor is nice and yeah. sloped. I got to get back to Dexter, by the way. I haven't watched oh, the latest season. It starts in season. July or late June, No, no, June, I mean I the think. last season. I, I know, uh, but I'm saying it starts in June already, or July. Well, it's the last season. Sorry, kill floor sent me off on yeah. a killing tangent. Uh, okay, there you go. Temp controlled and uh, everything JP said. Uh, okay, sent from my iPhone writes in, uh, F you, JP. Oh, hey. And then he says, no, just kidding. Love no. you guys. How come everybody writes in like a schizophrenic? <laughs> Hi. I love all of you, JP. All of you guys. I hate you. <laughs> I'm just joking. <laughs> I just get it. I love you. <laughs> oh, you idiots. Oh, I just get it. It's like one of those friends. Dude, your wife's totally dead, huh? I'm fucking with you. <laughs> get it. Got you again, stupid. Uh, you just did a lot of pain. Uh, I want to say, oh, uh, no. Uh, love you guys. I want to buy a warhead. I think uh, the BN war, the Growler warhead. Uh, yeah. But every time I go, I'm. By the way, I'm I'm filling in the blanks of his email and his <laughs> typing. It's terrible, right? Uh, every time I go to the store online, no picture. You guys have been talking up this thing, but I want to see it. Let's be honest. You don't have the best track record, he says. Uh, track record of what? Uh, post a picture so I can send you some of my hard-earned money. Uh, you have a picture of what I have to assume is one of JP's shitty-ass cats. Okay, first of all. Thanks for everything. My cats are fucking rad. <laughs> only one, only, well, two of them are kind of shitty. That, but the one in that picture is the best cat in the world. Second of all, there's a picture of the thing on the line. I've, t- I've taken it. I've seen it. I, I don't know what he's, time. I don't know what he's talking about either because I did <clears throat> when I read the email. I, I went to check out the site, and right. there's clearly a picture there. Uh, it's under the category BN glassware, and then there is a glassware picture that has one of JP's shitty cats in it. Let's not. Oh, sorry. Let's not go there. Great cats in Thank it. Thank you very much. Uh, and then, but that's not the item. That's glass. That's yeah. the Hopkins glass. And then one item down. Scroll down is the warhead. I will mention this when you click on the. You got to upload a smaller image when you click on the larger image. Yeah. It takes up Martinez. Oh, okay. Um, I'll do that. However, it's an image, and it's clear as day. Yeah, and it's up there, And it right? blows up in your face right. when you click it. Yes. So, I don't know what he's talking about. There's a picture there. I don't know. I don't see. I, I would like to say that maybe your, your, your 
browser somehow blocking photos, but if you're seeing one picture and not the other, I don't know how to help you. You're probably drunk. Or you might be doing it on your phone, and maybe there's some weird... Maybe it's too large to display on the phone. Ah, that could be might that. be it. Could but be so get off of your phone and use a computer. Maybe he doesn't have one, okay? Maybe he's in Ethiopia. Maybe, well, I don't think he has 4G in Ethiopia, idiot. Maybe that's more affordable than a than a desktop. I don't know. Because <laughs> they don't have a house. They just have a... You know, where are you going to put a desktop? I don't know. The iPad, crazy. you just carry around the bush. <laughs> it's a log. <laughs> Just put a, get a drag a log just, in the hut. Just put a mouse on the on a leaf. It's got to you know it's got to be on. Something. I don't understand. I got <laughs> I have the mouse. Why is he Indian? I don't know. Yeah. I have a mouse. I have a mouse pad. I, I don't get it. I have mouse in India. <laughs> it just squeaks in Ethiopia. I mean, <laughs> uh, that's what they call me, mouse. Uh yeah. I, whatever. It's there. The warhead's there, and it's badass. It is really really nice. Go buy it. You buy it. All right. Uh, feedback. Brought to you today by Adventures in Homebrewing. Go to homebrewing.org. Check it out. Uh, all right. What do we got, Sue? So I got a bunch of Drunk of the Week calls or what? You have three Drunk of the Week calls and one dude calling for feedback. Oh, well, let's calling wrap up. Feedback? Uh, which one's feedback? Tell me. Tell me. Tell me. Tell me. Line three. <laughs> Thank you. Tell me, tell me, tell me. What's his name? Force. Hey, Force. Force Sarah. What's happening? Hey, dude. Uh, yeah, so I just wanted to call and say thanks for for helping me with all my brewing shit that I learned from y'all. Uh, I entered my first competition uh, last weekend or this weekend. Took two golds, third in best of show, and first in best of show. Wow. wow. Nice work. What yeah. competition was it? The For Sarah uh, International. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, that's that's what it felt like. Uh, no, it was the uh, it was the war of war of the wart in uh, Mississippi. Oh, okay. so, I've heard of that uh, contest. Actually, that's, that's not bad. Yeah, yeah. And uh, actually, it was just got my BJCP certification, and that was the first contest I judged. Yeah, uh, boy. So, yeah, and that was that was a lot of fun. Got to judge with some national judges, and wow, oh, I learned a lot. So, yeah, you know, tasting with people who know what they're doing. It's like accelerating your learning tenfold. I mean, you just oh, for sure. don't you don't you think like you just hear so much that you wouldn't have put into words yourself. Yeah, you you hit the nail on the head, man. But yeah, you learn so much. So what was your best of but show no, beer? Uh, it was a Roush beer, classic Roush beer. Oh, uh, wow! So I think it I think it scored like forty two. I think. Uh, a smoke yeah. beer winning best of show. Yeah. yeah. That and of and of forty two points, that must have been one hell of a Roush beer. How yeah. many IPAs were in that I've, category? In the there were Infinity. One two, I think. Okay. Uh, there, were like, there were like hundred and seventy five entries in the whole competition. Wow. Well done, man. That's oh, a that's a big win. Yeah, that's so, yeah, pretty good, would, man. You know, let me. Well, you know, it only it only goes downhill from here. So. Yeah, you're going to become a shitty brewer. You peaked now. <laughs> you peaked too fast. But let me point something out that you're doing that's kind of important to the to Homebrew right now. You're, it's your first competition, and you already jumped in there as a judge. And you know, a lot of people complaining about how quick the uh, competitions are filling up, like the National Homebrewers Conference uh, competition. You know, a big part of that is that we don't have enough judges to open up new judging oh, yeah. centers and to judge more beers. And here's a guy. Here's for Sarah getting into it for the first time, and he's already judging. And uh, you need to do your part if you want to compete. And so I commend you for doing that too, man. You're you're helping people out just by getting in there and judging. 
Oh yeah, I mean that was that, talk about another learning experience. That was an awesome learning experience to get to go and you know take that test and have to sit there and critically think about beers. Uh, right. you know, like I remember when I remember when you were light loggers sitting there and critically analyzing a Bud Light. You know, <laughs> right? I've never done that before, and I don't ever want to do it again. <laughs> uh, sure, but you learned what you, you did learned it. a lot. Right? right? Yeah, you learned a lot. So yeah. Uh, well, well done, yeah, brother. So, Thanks for letting us know, man. Yeah, yeah. Like I said, just wanted to give a shout out and if I can give a shout out to my my local club because uh, I am from Alabama so I'm not a felon anymore ah awesome. oh, you're law abiding uh, good for you well yeah, I always say yeah. once a felon always a felon as long as you brew five yeah. gallons a well, month don't brew anymore well, or else you're yeah, a felon again. yeah well, I've already brewed ten gallons since we changed the law. Get his address. <laughs> Get his fucking yeah, address. I've got I've got five gallons that I left. So, but yeah, if I can give a shout out to the Carboy Junkies in Birmingham, that's my local club. So, do it, uh, Carboy Junkies. Yeah. yeah, I think we we sent fifteen beers and we got ten medals. So, wow, uh, well done, that's a badass little club. So, uh, but yeah, and I just wanted to call and thank you all for for all the info that y'all put on that I've kind of learned from i guess well you're very welcome thanks for the call brother i appreciate it very much and congrats on not being a felon that's uh that's that's kind of a big deal all right uh let's go to what do we got theo brew back on Uh we haven't heard from theo in a little while have we theo brew what's happening hey hi hey doing buddy hi hello hi 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 um, hi, I'm drunk. <laughs> Who is this? Is that new? Who is this? It's Theo Brew. Hello? Hello? <laughs> Hello, who is this? It's Theo Brew. You know that. I thought, you were, I thought you were giving up drinking, Theo. Or something. No, I didn't give up drinking. I gave up drunk of the week, except for I promised Susie that I'd call in the night that she was here. And hey. so she convinced me to open the Boris the oatmeal stout which sent me over the edge so in case people don't remember Theo uh, Gabriel yeah uh, oh, I'm sorry did I totally no Theo Brew but he's also uh, he's also working on becoming a priest or something right or a rabbi sort of we yeah, actually like that. Sully and I talked to him on the mixtape show we did last week and now yeah, he's Sully fixed me He's on the he's uh, he's on the fence. He might be going back to be an engineer, which I said wow. he should do. You guys talked him out of out of God's work. Yeah, well, well done. No, no, it's easy to sell people. On. JP tried to talk me out of it. No. Okay, now that's not the anyway. point. My point is, you're still a man who has studied theology. Yes. What do you make of this Facebook trend where everyone's talking to the dead on Facebook? No, you want to know? Yeah. Okay, I I, I, I texted this I to to both. Susie and to JP. Okay. Um, grieving is not for the dead. They're done. They don't. They don't care. Okay. Grieving is for the community that's left behind. So is it? So you're and saying it's, not, it's okay to talk in the first person to the dead person on Facebook instead no, of on your own? I'm saying that grieving is for it's for those who are left behind. And in modern days, Facebook is a way that communities gather, and so communities that want to grieve use Facebook as a tool. And I think it's a great tool that communities can use. They can post pictures. They can, you know, post a picture and talk about their favorite moment and memory with that person. It's it's an amazing tool to allow communities to grieve the loss of a loved one. I've experienced this in real life, and I think that it's it's a great tool uh, because grieving isn't for the dead person. If grieving were for the dead person, 
you're right, Jay, uh, Jay, that it would just be completely ridiculous. But grieving isn't for the dead person. They're gone. They're dead. Grieving is for the community that's left behind. Well, Theo, listen. Yes. I never thought I'd say this, but that's a rational thing that you just, that just came out of your stupid mouth. For once. For once. And I feel like you. I feel like you have an excellent point. I'm still not convinced that we should be speaking to the dead in the first person on the Facebook. However, that was a very well. Well, yeah, it might be, and it would be private, or, or even if it wasn't yeah, private, yeah. it would be okay, among okay, okay. it would be among the people who give a shit. It, and yeah. I'm not one of those people. I, I, I will agree. I will agree that, there, that 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 the negative side to social media is then that the things that should be kept private are made more public. Yeah. So there's a positive side and there's a negative side. And all things there's a yin and a yang, though. Yeah. Well, Theo's no dummy after all. It looks like. Who knew? Not me. You know. <laughs> that was a very was a very well thought out response. Yeah. Well, but uh, is he drunk of the week? <laughs> Yeah. I, mean, I think so. We've never heard him this drunk. He's making sense. It's clearly the thing he does when he's drunk. He makes sense. That's an interesting angle. Theology, theology cannot be discussed without a beer. That's what I say. All, all day long. Uh, yeah, give me that, too. However, it should not be discussed after two beers, though. I, I, texted, I texted a photo. If you want to see seriously how much I'm drinking tonight, I texted a photo to, to, to Susie. Okay. To see how much I'm drinking. I really, I'm, I'm, I'm up there. Uh, Susie, how much has he drank? Did? My Asian eyes can't see all the labels. <laughs> Just uh, go pry her eyes. Close open. one and lay on your side. Yeah, come over. <laughs> That way, her eyes will be up and down. Yeah, what? I don't know. Uh, he's got he's got uh, a twenty two, two twelves, and a can. Looks and like he's got a stout. He's got a and a glass of water. <laughs> got a Boulder beer. Yeah, uh, it's it's not a lot. He, he, and a box of wine. A slight buzz <laughs> is what I think. And a heroin spoon. <laughs> yeah, and and a dead hooker. Are less than eight percent. Okay. All right, Theo. I've heard you uh, drunkerer. But uh, but I will put you in the running for Drunk of the Week. But he drank it a lot. Right. Yeah. Thanks, brother. Uh, okay, let's get through these. Uh, Bitterology is online, too. What's happening, man? Bitterology. Or bitter. With an ology in parentheses. You there, buddy? I think he passed out. He was almost passing out the first time he... Hey. Oh. Hey, I'm, I'm here. Hey. Hello? Mom? <laughs> Who is this? Is that you? Mom? Yeah. Four great. years ago, what? What? you died. <laughs> and and s- I married my best friend. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fuck. I can't hear anything. Hang on a second. Uh, on this day, a fortnight ago. Hang on. Hey. Yeah. All right. There we go. Oh, I had to turn off the live feed. Oh. Hello? Hey. Uh. How drunk are you, man? Oh man, I've been uh, I've probably been drinking since about twelve o'clock Central Time. Okay, so last eleven hours. That's a lot of drinking. You've been doing that by yourself? Oh no, no, man! Uh, it was uh, somebody's birthday. My family had some beers four years ago. <laughs> I had my first uh, beer. Yeah. Um, you sound drunk. I'll I'll tell you that. Oh man, I'm just. 
Oh, such a long ass freaking week, and just having a couple of beers. Probably tell us about your week. Through. I mean, what happened? <clears throat> he sounds just tired. He's like, ah, oh, first I the coffee maker broke. <laughs> I've been setting my DVR oh, yeah, up all day for Leno, and I just I need to go to bed, man. <laughs> Did your DVR oh, break? Man, it- go ahead. Ain't that, ain't that DVR shit, man. I don't do that stuff. I'm straight no. VCR, motherfucker. I don't, I don't do that shit. I went to rehab. Circulate the tapes. I don't do that DVR shit. <laughs> oh, man, I'm all, I'm all Netflix. Screw screw real television, man. I'm, I'm all Netflix. I'm I canceled that cable. cable and stuff. Yeah, that's right. Not a boy. Well, but, you sound oh, drunk. Man. And, uh... So, so pretty much had me uh, nothing but uh, some blood orange hepatitis inside. Uh, I brewed about a month ago. Uh, only about five percent, but I probably had about twelve today. And uh, crap, yeah, I got home after that. Not I didn't drive myself. My, my wife drove me. But uh, I just want to take care yeah, of him. I, had- I just want to tuck him in. You're like, hey, buddy, it's all right. Tomorrow is a new day. Tomorrow's a new day. And it's going to be okay. you got a whole new week ahead of you. Why does the sun go to bed? So it can see you fresh in the morning. <laughs> yeah. I just, just want to pat you on the head and say, yeah. it's all right, buddy. We're still friends. Kiss his cowlick on his tummy's head. <laughs> yeah. Mommy will, mommy will flatten that right out. <laughs> uh, you're in the running for Drunk of the Week, man. You sound you sound good and drunk, dude. Oh, man, that- I had me a watermelon one too when I got home. Racist. Had me about, I guess about half that. The fuck, racist? What? What's a watermelon wine? Oh, it's a it's a it's country wine I made by the. I guess I made it about a year and a half ago. I've been sitting on about four seven fifty milliliter bottles since then. All right, I just feel too bad. I, you're in the running for drug of the week. I can't do it because I just I just want to hold them. <laughs> I just want to make it all go away. <laughs> it sounds so like he doesn't sound suicidal. He's yeah. not, it's not that I don't know how to distinguish it. He just sounds so down in the dumps, like uh, melancholy. <laughs> He's just like, well, yeah, you know, it's yeah. just a, been a long week, man. Like the kind that you don't talk it out. You just tell him it's all going to be okay. It's that I don't know. So I feel weird Buck having up. to say that to some person I've never met. But that's yeah. what it sounded like to me. Buck up, little trooper. <laughs> It's going to be fine. Yeah. All right. Uh, Take solace in the fact that a week is still the same amount of time. It's let's not go. longer or shorter than anyone else. <laughs> Captain Kirk is on the line from uh, North Carolina. Captain Kirk, what's happening? North Carolina. I'm doing pretty good. How are you guys doing? Doing, doing just fine. Are you, uh, you drunk? Uh, yeah. Yeah. I, I was mildly intoxicated. When I made the call, yeah, that I had been sitting on my ass. I, oh. I'm a full three, possibly four sheets to the wind. Wow. Uh, what did you do tonight? Uh, I got home from a long week worth of work. I had three PBRs, and I'm about to finish the fifth single hop Citra Imperial IPA from uh, Flying Dog. Three PBRs and then five Citra Imperial IPAs? Yeah, from Flying Dog. Yeah, that'll make a dude drunk right there. Yeah, it was kind of a... <laughs> it was a quick one. You by yourself? Two hours, I drank, yeah. You're saying Well, up. I got two dogs with me, so... 
wow. Uh, uh, you're not by yourself at all, then. It's, yeah. Just hanging out, drinking just with the dogs. A, yeah, having a grandy old time. All right. Well, I think you're in the running for Drunk of the Week. All right. Any other questions? No. <laughs> no. Hey, you know, Bevo's out in North Carolina right now. Yeah. Where oh. in North Carolina? I don't know. The shore. <laughs> the, the northern shore. part. Oh, that yeah. that really, that really, uh... She's actually, she's about to knock on your door right now. Yeah. Uh, yeah. She go answer. Uh, oh, oh, wait. Uh, no, the dogs aren't barking, so she's not here. Mm. He's Liar. Not. <laughs> I'm not that drunk, you oh. fool. Got you, fucker. Yeah. You're still sober. Later. <laughs> Set phasers to funny. <laughs> And finally, we'll go to... Uh, by the way, Captain Kirk, you are in the running for, for Drunk of the Week. Don't worry, dude. Uh, let's go to Casey. Well, Casey, you uh, definitely didn't get those tickets to Firestone, unfortunately. No, nah, man, those guys, they're hardcore. But I personally thought you should make them play Boner Chicken to, fill out, to find out who won. That would be funny to make him stand in line at the Firestone <laughs> Fest and play Boner Chicken. Well, I mean, yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh. uh, ladies and gentlemen, uh, the first ever live <laughs> Boner Chicken. Right here from the... What would that do to their brand image? So you calling in for Drive of the Week? You were overmodulated. Yes. How drunk are you compared to... You've called in much drunker than this. Yeah, I have. Yeah. I mean, that yeah, doesn't, mean you're not, doesn't mean you're not in the running, but you Do just, we know Casey? Uh, not personally, <laughs> but he's he's called in a few times, oh, and, uh, uh, and, and he's he's called in pretty damn drunk. Hmm. Um, and I heard the first Brewmeister commercial. Woo! That's right. Casey works at the Brewmeister up in oh, okay. uh, I was- Folsom. And tonight uh, was the start of your uh, wonderful sponsorship of the Brewing Network. Sucker. I was very excited. As was I. But nothing I'm doing now represents <laughs> the Brewmeister Company. Just, right. just as a FYI. Sure. This is uh, personal time. Well, I think that's a, <laughs> I think that's a good disclaimer to make. However, Casey, you know our listeners. You're only doing good. People will be like, "Yeah, I'll fucking yeah. shop there." That Casey's a badass. <laughs> So. I'm, I'm going to write a bad review on Yelp right now. <laughs> <laughs> All right. But uh, I really think that uh, you should put a deadline on those dudes and make them send in pictures and video. So if they do do it, you can post it on the Facebook. Because uh, I, I know this sounds negative or whatever. I don't think they're going to do it. Well, I'll tell you what, Casey, and I think you make a, a good point. You are our third runner-up, and I will make sure I will. I'll make sure I have evidence before the festival that whoever, whichever one of those guys wins, is actually going to do it or has done it. And and if they don't, I will default the tickets to you. But you still got to wear the Facebook sandwich board. Um, and so, but and I, if they're listening, these reservations should be motivation to get that fucking tattoo or. Brand. Burning thingy, right. the brand, yeah. The sun. I think that'd be badass. <laughs> stare into the sun. <laughs> I will stare into the sun for five minutes. <laughs> I will go blind for you. You know, I would do it. I'd be like, all right, do it. Yeah. But you got to do it in front oh, of me. Geez, I'm already blind. Fuck. There you go. All right, Casey, you're in the running for drug of the week, and uh, that's going to be it for tonight. Uh, like, I don't want to sound negative or nothing, <laughs> but negativity. <laughs> 
Okay, uh, let's do the Twitter game, and then we'll come back and uh, vote for Drunk of the Week. What was our Twitter game tonight? Our Twitter game was, what wrestler from the WWF would you like to have a beer with, and why? And what did we get? And uh, Riggs, or my close personal friend Riggs, says, the Million Dollar Man, Ted DiBiase, because he would always pick up the beer tab. Good call. I forgot about Ted DiBiase. Spoken like a true desert rat, I think. Yep. (laughs) Uh, Jack Smith says, Big Black Jack Mulligan, because fuck you, that's why. Mm. There you go. Uh, <laughs> Eli Lloyd says, uh, Andre the Giant, because he supposedly drank 156 beers in one sitting. And how did so we forget something. about Andre the Giant? You know, the people that we named were all kind of, even though we are fans of them as a kid, they were all kind of douchebags. But Andre the Giant... He wasn't a douchebag. He was a douchebag. You think so? Yeah, I know. Uh, yeah, I know. You know him personally? Uh, no, I don't know him personally, but uh, my up. friend is friends with one of his, like, <laughs> um, his bastard offspring, uh-huh. who he just he just basically banged a bunch of chicks and had kids and didn't care about any of his kids. Who or... didn't? It was the 80s. Come on. <sighs> a little cocaine, a little baby making. That's but what we did back that's... then. <laughs> we. That's, uh, <laughs> that, that's the rumors. He was actually a complete asshole. Okay. Yeah. But, you know, whatever. Hey, whatever. I don't know anything. Uh, Dave at Firetail Beer says, A panda, because they look pretty cool. Oh, wait, you meant World Wrestling or something or other. Because, you know, the WWF, World Wildlife Foundation. Oh. <clears throat> Outpost Larry says, uh, Elizabeth, so hot. Not an actual wrestler, but come on, seriously. You remember Miss Elizabeth? Oh, it's coming back to me. She got passed around between a couple of people, right? I think so. Like yeah. she was, uh, was she Randy Savage's lady? Yeah. But then she was stolen away for a little while. I, I want to say by the Ultimate Warrior because they yeah. had a whole thing, but oh. I don't know because Ultimate mm. Warrior didn't really talk as much. She so. was she was Macho Man Savage's manager. Yeah. But but she left him for, <laughs> but then ended up back with him. I think. Oh, Miss Elizabeth. <laughs> she died as a result of a drug and alcohol overdose in 2003 oh. in the home she shared with wrestler Lex Luger. Oh, mm. he's after my time. I think. Oh, there you go. Yeah, I don't know Lex Luger. <laughs> Clap for her drug addiction. Fucking <laughs> <Like an> idiot. <laughs> not her. I no. mean, not me. Her. Wait, what? Uh, Dave Malone says none of them because I'm not a redneck, nor do I think steroids and beer are a good combination. Okay. I say clearly you've never heard a baseball game. <laughs> um, Touche. Tuski Brewski says Hacksaw Jim Duggan because he always had a firm mm. grasp on his wood. He did. And then uh, Kevin says Jake the Snake. Have you seen the size of that guy's python? Oh, good old Jake the Snake Roberts. Yeah. I forgot about Jake the Snake. Do you remember what happened to his python? No. You don't remember what happened? I think it was either in a Royal Rumble yeah. or the, the cage match or, whatever, yeah, or some yeah. shit. The earthquake. Oh! Remember the earthquake? Yeah, I remember the earthquake. Fucking sat on his snake. <laughs> drug the snake bag in the center of the ring and just leg drop. Oh, yeah. wow. And that was it. I don't know who to vote for. I don't here. know either. They're all winners. But I don't want to mail out eight packages. So, Well, I'm into... Well, take out Big Black Jack Mulligan because really... Take out Elizabeth. Take out the panda. Take yeah. out the... Yeah. Well, maybe we shouldn't be taking out Elizabeth. That's the only one spoken like a real dude who, like, isn't still eight years old. Like, the rest of us are thinking, like, we're still eight. We want to have a beer with these dudes. Well, uh, technically, she's not a wrestler. Uh, so he actually basically called it out and said, I am I shouldn't win, but I'm telling you my answer anyway. Plus, she's dead. Well, yeah. Does she have a Facebook page? Andre the Giant is dead. Because <laughs> I can... Yeah, Andre the Ten years ago today... <laughs> 
I loved you on WWF. <laughs> I'm into uh, the, the, the Hacksaw Jim Dugan dude and the Jake the Snake Roberts dude. I think those were both pretty good. Yeah, so we'll take out the steroids and beer. Yeah, All he right. makes a nice comment, but it's it wasn't funny. No. Uh, tell Ted DiBiase, it's a good point. He would always pick up the beer. Ted, maybe not because you don't you don't stay a millionaire by spending money, hmm. as any Moskowitz will tell you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't like to. I, who wants to have a beer with that guy? Not me. Yeah, he he, he was actually that guy would be a pretty tool yeah. guy. So, oh, I still did like Andre the Giant though. Um, After 156 beers, you'd be a complete and utter bastard. Yeah. I'll, I'll, my vote is Jake the Snake. I'm in for it. Mosky? Yeah, I'll go with it. And Suze? Everybody's Jake the Snake. That's our Twitter game right, winner Kevin. for tonight. JP will send you a prize. Uh, send him an email, jp at thebrewingnetwork.com. you got to give me your address. And, and uh, shirt size. He will send you something lovely. Yeah. Uh, all right, let's do Drunk of the Week. First, we had Theo Brew uh, on the line. Um, unless you consider that when he's drunk, uh, he uh, you know, is a good voice of reason, then I would say he's not very drunk tonight because he was a nice voice of reason. Uh, then we had uh, Bitterology on, who I think was, was really very drunk. Yeah. <laughs> the first time he called in was before we played the game. Okay. And he was so drunk he didn't know his name. And didn't he, wasn't he asleep when I first answered? I think so. Yeah. Okay. And then we had Captain Kirk, North Carolina. He was, he had a lot of beer. He did, you know, he had five paps and then five or six double IPAs. The man was drunk. And then finally we had Casey, who, the only thing I have against that call is that I've heard him much drunker. That's all. That's true. So, raise your hand if it's Theo. Raise your hand if it's Bitterology. Yeah, all right. That's everybody. It's unanimous. Bitterology, you sad man. Buck up, little friend. JP's <laughs> going to send you a nice little prize. You're going to open it in the mail, and you'll and your day will brighten instantly. <laughs> it, it'll be like seeing a little puppy playing with a ball. It, it'll have the same effect on your psyche, you poor little bastard. He had a wife, even. He said, didn't he say, like, his wife? Ah, she had to take, care, take me home. <laughs> and I was like, ugh. Pretty sure your wife's a nurse. <laughs> she used to take, says to take care of you all That's the time. <laughs> all right. Convalescent home, <laughs> All right. Wonderful show. I want to thank our guests uh, from Weasel Boy uh, Brewing Company. Uh, excellent beer. Just really wonderful beer. Jay and Lori Wentz were on the show with us, and they're just fantastic. Go check them out over at Weasel Boy Brewing. Uh, we also have Matt Brennelson from Firestone to give us away our two tickets. We'll follow up uh, on that show uh, next week. Don't forget, our, our show next week is on a Tuesday because of Memorial Day weekend, and it was either that or we canceled the show. So I don't really want to hear any you know bitching about it. We're bringing you a show. And we will tell you, either the branding dude or tattoo dude has won the tickets to the Firestone Walker Invitational. If you're going to the Firestone Fest, we will be there as well. So... Come check us out. Am I missing anything, Noskovitz? No. All right. JP, you ready to get us out of here? I think I'm ready. Are you ready? I'm ready. Hey, Suze, thanks for showing up today. No problem. That made one of you. These that guys made ha- one of me? Well, these like- guys have to show up. Man. They have no choice. Well, but look how loyal we are. But, uh, yeah. <laughs> but Suze, she's like, oh, I'll I'm be loyal, there. too. L- L- Suze's awesome. Yeah. Very, very awesomeness. I think we should uh, thank Virtual Tasty as well. It was His presence was enlightening. It was the yeah. same as Tasty. Yeah. 
Yeah. Although less, te- less text messages went out today. <laughs> the 4G network was able to function today. All right. Yeah. 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 Thank you to our show sponsor, More Beer. You can get absolutely everything you need to make great beer at home by going to morebeer.com. Follow JP on Twitter at Major Jip so he doesn't have to hide you or add you as a friend on Facebook and then hide you and ruin his jokes. Scott is on Twitter when he feels like it. Follow him at Moscow Paints. For some good beer insight and homebrew info, follow Nathan Smith at Nathan Homebrew and Mike McDowell at Tasty McDee. If you want the best growler that your hard-earned money can buy, head on over to the BN store and check out The Warhead. The Sunday Session has been produced by Scott Moskowitz. Our production director today was Pushy Jack. Everything Funny was written by JP. Your call screener and lovely lady has been Susie Q and your host, as always, Mr. Justin Crosley. Be sure to find The Brain Network on Facebook and Twitter. Yeah. Sky and wind.